Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. This trade period. Hello and welcome to Deadline Day. Sarah Ollie here with Cal Toomey and Riley Beveridge for the next two hours. Guys, happy Deadline Day. <laughs> it all comes down to this final, frenetic, frantic four and a half hours. Looking forward to it, Sarah. So many deals left to drop. Big ones as well, Riles, Dunkley, Henry, Lobb, O'Meara. Mm. Expecting a trade to happen pretty soon as well. So we'll get some details on that one soon. But looking forward to the next four and a half hours. The drama, the deadlocks, the hold-offs. <laughs> <laughs> Who blinks? 25 players traded already throughout this year's mm. Continental Tires AFL trade period. We'll see how many more get done in the next four and a half hours. Now, if you are listening at home or watching at home, I just want to set the scene a little bit because... You can see us, but you can't see what we're looking at. We're at Marvel Stadium. There's cameras here. There's a heap of journalists out the back. And, Cal, clubs are beginning to sift through. They are. We caught the lift up with Andrew Mackey, the list boss at the Cats. (laughs) So he was looking forward to a a big day. He's got Ollie Henry to get done, potentially Osava Radaglia. So we see what those two pan out. But there's been clubs following through. Sydney just came through, the list boss there. Kenny Beetson. We've seen David Walls, the list boss at Fremantle. He's got a busy afternoon alongside the general manager of footy at the Dockers, Peter Bell. We've seen St Kilda come through as well. They're going yes. to be pretty quiet, I'd imagine. It'd be a surprise for them to get involved, but you never can be sure over the next little bit. No. James Gallagher's here. Brisbane Lions, they've been holed up in their desk. Dom Ambrosio, the list boss there, as they work through this Josh Dunkley deal, which could unlock a whole suite of options as that unfolds. As we see through coming here, uh, Port Adelaide's list boss, Jason Crisp, Cripps, sorry, and also Jeff Parker, the recruiting manager at the Power. They've had a busy week. They're keen to get Masava Radaglia over the line in the final few hours as well. It's going to be an interesting deal just to see how that one gets done. Obviously, they've got pick 33, not much else to play with at the moment given the activity they had already in getting Jason Horn francis and Junior Rioli to the football club. So it's going to be fascinating to see if Port Adelaide's able to engineer a move there, they've long been after key position depth in their back line and they've identified Asafa Radaglia as being a player that could provide that in the years to come. Now, there's been an embargo all day. No <laughs> trades are officially allowed to go through until about, well, two minutes ago. It's now 3.02. And, Cal, you think that we could see one pretty shortly? We could see one pretty shortly. There's every chance that it could involve Sam Wiedemann's move to the Bombers. They've targeted him late. That's come up late, of course. Uh, they've obviously been looking at key position players at both ends of the ground. That could be one that goes through pretty soon. That's involved a couple of other clubs as well. We know the yep. Bombers clearly. Melbourne and the Swans too have been trying to engineer that one to get through Aaron Francis. Mm-hmm. There's been some negotiations over the last couple of days, and that's included... Uh, the Wiedemann deal, so that could go through pretty shortly. We expect something to happen there. But look, 
that's a couple of clubs hoping to get the best out of yep. top 10 players who previously haven't managed to probably eke out as much of their ability as we've known previously. And I'd expect a move for Sam Wiedemann to Essendon to open up the door for Josh Shackey to do- join the Demons as well. Melbourne's been after a bit of key position depth in their forward line throughout the trade period. We report on AFL.com today they had a little nibble at Josh Corbett before he chose Fremantle and opted to go <laughs> over to Western Australia. So they've been after someone that can uh, provide a bit of depth in their forward line going forward. And Josh Shackey's a player that can do that. Yeah, and that's right. You need someone who can be able to play that role mm. and, and pinch it. And they've had Mitch Brown being able to do that in the past as well yep. at the Demons. So mm-hmm. he could be a fill-in for that too. Been out without a contract, of course, at the Bulldogs. Yes. And we are hoping to speak to Colin Young soon. But coming up on the show, we'll speak to Craig Cameron, the Gold Coast GM of Player Talent and Strategy, and Tim Lamb, Melbourne's recruiting officer, as well as new Collingwood recruit Billy Frampton. We'll also be uh, crossing to our reporter, Josh Gablich, who'll have some of those special guests throughout the stream. The clubs continue to... They are. In Some now. are later than others, Cal. Some are later than others. Yeah. We see Justin Reid here, there, the, the list boss at the Crows. He's got most of his work done, of course, with <laughs> Isaac Rankin joining the club earlier this week. So, so much happening and everyone's back in the same room, which is fantastic. Yes. You mentioned Wiedemann off the top there along with perhaps Aaron Francis, perhaps Shaki. The dominoes are going to start falling. Just a state of play though, Cal. The deals that are still sitting on the shelf. What are we looking at? Clearly... Josh Dunkley's move and proposed move and desired move to Brisbane is a big, big one in this all. And the roller, there's news coming through already. Yeah, Aaron Francis has been traded to Sydney. So that's a deal that sees Essendon involved. Obviously, the Swans' future fourth-round selection and a swap of picks 37 and 42 as well. So Francis joining the Swans, which, as we've already mentioned, would open the door for Sam Wiedemann to join the Bombers, mm. potentially Josh Shackey, which is will be independent. They'll all be done independently, but Josh Shackey then to join the Melbourne Football Club. And we've heard from Kinnear Bateson, the list boss at the Swans, about his potential impact yeah. and mm. what they see from Aaron Francis. And he's been played as a half-back. He's been played as a half-forward at different stages throughout his time at the Bombers. He was, of course, pick six in mm. the 2015 draft seven years ago. So uh, undoubtedly has that ability, but just hasn't managed to get going in terms of his consistency and, and application probably as well. But his last six weeks of the season playing in the VFL as a defender clearly has appealed to the Swans who see him you know, fitting in alongside the McCartan brothers yeah. and Dane Rampey and adding something a little bit different to him. You know how good he is in the air. The Swans do need that kind of player in the back line, don't they? they it was kind of exposed a little bit in the grand final particularly. Yeah, I mean, they've got the McCartan brothers back there as well, but that would be after some depth. And it's a, it's a bit of a flyer. Like it, it's a, a swap of later picks and a future fourth as well. So if it goes well for them, then uh, you've virtually paid nothing for, to get it across the line. So it's a bit of a free hit for them. Get him up out of the Victorian bubble for a little bit and see how he can, how he can progress up at the Swans. The Swans are usually good at that. So Aaron Francis off to the Swans. But Cal, you were just talking about Josh Dunkley. This is a deal that we think could be going down to the wire. Yeah, and I don't think too much has changed across today either. Look, the, the Lions have been keen to put forward that um, pick 21 and a future first round pick, but also get something back alongside Josh Dunkley as well, one of those picks in the 30s. To this stage, uh, the Bulldogs have not been willing to, to throw a pick back to them. They have been searching for two first-rounders for Josh Dunkley or as close to as possible. They've raised players as part of this discussion. Brisbane hasn't wanted to include players as part of this, so uh, it's going to come down to picks. And that's where uh, the potential move now of Jagro Mira to Fremantle mm. could unlock a whole stream of things because we know that, of course... Uh, the Rory Lobb situation mm. could well be tied into this as well. 
as we said, the Giants come through now. They're recruiting manager Adrian Caruso, who's got the number one pick in this year's draft now after a couple of deals that have gone down. You mentioned Jay Gromira. We spoke before about how it's rare that players get into the final day of the trade period, not yet having determined a preferred home. I think this, speaking to clubs just before, there's probably a general feel that he will go back to WA and nominate Fremantle as his preferred home. So we'll have to see how that plays out and we'll wait for confirmation on that. But how that deal progresses, whether or not it involves a Lloyd Meek, who's keen, as you've reported about a month ago now, Cal, to get to Hawthorne. It's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out in the next four hours or so. I think Lloyd Meek would have to be involved if he does want to go to Fremantle, Jago Mira, because Mm. uh, Meek wants to get to the Hawks to be their main guy in the ruck and and for more opportunity. To this point, Hawthorne has offered up a future third-round pick to get that deal done. Meanwhile... Fremantle has wanted a future second round pick to get that deal done. Whichever way Amira goes, this has clearly got salary components to it. Yes. Um, and Hawthorne would be still in for a lot of that, that salary. So it's almost a reverse salary dump where money is paid, but a pick comes back the other way. And if you are watching the live stream, you can see we've got exclusive pictures there. That's where the deals are getting done. So make sure you keep tuning in to the live stream because we've got the AFL deal room exclusively for you to watch. And Riles, a lot's going to be going down in there. There will be a lot <laughs> going down. A few more clubs filtering through now. So Carlton, Lisbos, Nick there's Austin the and Mickey there's been Brisbane room as well. Dom Ambrosio there. Yes. And there's the Bulldogs room as well. So we've got both cameras in that room I wonder who well. makes the first move there, Cal. Who knocks on the door first of Brisbane or the Western Bulldogs? Well, Brisbane are the buyer. So in the end, it comes down to the lines, you'd imagine. They don't want this to stream into the pre-season draft and to get to that point. You mentioned before as well about Lloyd Make and Fremantle wanting a second round pick as part of that deal. I, I guess that has a flow on effect as well in terms of what happens with Jeremy Sharp, who Gold Coast throughout the trade period haven't been keen to lose. They've been keen to retain Jeremy Sharp throughout this period. And I think it's going to take a big price for them to eventually part ways with Jeremy Sharp. I'd expect that to be a second round pick or a future second round pick if that is the case. So that could be why Fremantle's holding out for a bit more in terms of deals for Lloyd Meek. We'll see how that plays out. Gold Coast keen to retain, not part of their salary cap reallocation plans as we've spoken about throughout the entirety of the trade period. He's a player they want to keep at 20 years of age. And the other part about the Jago Mira decision, and if it does go the way of Fremantle, it does really trigger a, a potential landslide of deals involving Rory Lobb, which didn't look unlikely previously because mm. all of a sudden the Dockers might be more... Uh, keen to accrue that pick from the Bulldogs than they previously were as part of this decision to have an interest in Jay Gromiera, who yep. will, would add to what is one-off, if not the one-off, the best midfields in it with Fremantle, with Andrew Brayshaw, and yep. we know what impact Nat Fife should have when he comes back as well to full fitness. Well, it's a young midfield as well. You mentioned Caleb mm. Sarong and, and Andrew Brayshaw. They're younger players, and they've lost the experience of David Mundy in there. So maybe they are after that mature body just to replace someone like a Mundy as opposed to going in there full-time where Mundy was sort of rotating in and out throughout the year. They want someone that maybe can just pinch hit when they need to. Now, Fife played a lot forward when he was fit this year, so we'll see how that develops over the next couple of years. But a few interesting machinations there for the Dockers. And if you are joining the live stream for the first time, Sarah Ollie Kaltumi and Riley Beveridge coming to you live from Marvel. Of course, it is deadline day. Still so many deals to be done. And the first official one going through just after 3pm, Aaron Francis to the Swans and Riles. We expect that to lo- unlock, I should say, a few more deals. Yes, yeah, we've mentioned already, we think that'll unlock Sam Wiedemann's move to Essendon, which in turn would... I mean, that Josh Shackey can get to Melbourne. It's a bit of a 
sort of a rotating set piece <laughs> of players there that are moving clubs and all filling similar roles, but just seeing if a new start and a fresh start can give them uh, a reinvigorated sort of lease of life in terms of their careers. We've seen players like Peter Wright, who was in this position a couple of years ago, um, move to Essendon for a future fourth-round draft pick and then goes on to win a best and fairest this year. So that's what all clubs will be hoping for when they execute trades like this. And we are seeing clubs still filtering through here at Marvel Stadium. Do we expect any surprises, Cal? Or do you think we have a pretty clear idea of what will happen and perhaps the deals that may be left on the shelf? Well, Collingwood just walked through. That was uh, football boss Graham Wright and recruiting boss Derek Hine. So they've got the cards in their hands on, on a lot of fronts. <laughs> do they accept an offer for Ollie Henry, which is going to be a massive talking point, as Josh Gablich reported on afl.com.au overnight, he doesn't want to go back to Collingwood, so he's intent to get to Geelong if it takes going to the draft, that's the way he'll do it, but the offer there from Geelong is pick 25, will in the end that be better than nothing, or do we see a compromise reached at some point? And we spoke earlier today, if they are able to get pick 33 as part of a move for a Sava Radicalia, and whether or not that would be enough to move the needle for Collingwood. I wouldn't expect it to be. If they're not accept, accepting pick 25, I wouldn't expect, expect them to, to accept 25 and 33. I don't really think it does much for them. They've been adamant throughout this entire trade period. They want a first-round pick for him. Can't see how Geelong gets one now to execute that deal and whether or not the preseason draft does loan for Ollie Henry. Gut feel. Does that deal with Ollie Henry to Geelong get done by 7.30pm tonight? Oh, my gut says it's more unlikely than likely. Yeah. I just think that they're pretty far apart in terms of what's been offered and what's been expected. Yep. But people blink. Mm. I'm in the same boat. I, I think there's 14 or 15 names that are still in the mix today. I think I had that one penciled in earlier today as one that I just couldn't see how resolutions reach between the two clubs. I think they've both been pretty steadfast in what they want. I think Geelong obviously can't offer more than pick 25 at the moment and Collingwood want a first-round pick for him. So I, I just, oh, at the moment, as things change, as Cal said, things can change, but I just can't see a way in which that deal is done. The other one in the sights, of course, of Collingwood is Tom Mitchell, mm. and mm-hmm. there are also salary cap considerations with that too. How much is Hawthorne willing to pay, and yep. what does that mean then for what sort of pick comes back the other way for for the Hawks. So there's 27 there. Collingwood don't want to part with that. And there's 41. That might be yeah. something that more likely gets that de- deal done, depending on, again, how much uh, Hawthorne could throw into that contract. Prior to the trade period starting, we thought perhaps this might be a record trade period, that we might see the most trades ever. It's probably just going to, to miss that record. It'll fall just short. So 44 yeah, is the okay. record of the amount of players that have moved as part of the trade period in free agency. That was in 2015 and 2018, I think. So I've got 25 at the moment. As we mentioned before, there's 14 names still in the mix unless something pops up out of nowhere, which we're not, not expecting in the last four hours. But what, you reckon 10, 11 of them maybe get done? Well, let's Richard go through Mann. the names. Ollie Henry? <laughs> That's still a no for me. Josh Dunkley? Yep. Jago Amira? Yep. Tom Mitchell? Yep. That's three. Rory Lobb? Yep. Jeremy Sharp? No. Aaron Francis is a tick. Uh, Lloyd Meek. Yep. Uh, Sava Radigalia. Yep. Paddy Dow. No. Sam Wiedemann. Yes. Josh Shackey. Yes. Cooper Stevens. Yes. So that's 10 more, so that'd be 35. Yep. Tipping 35. Might be a couple of other ones there. 35's not too bad. And just looking (laughs) at these exclusive shots in the deal room, what do we reckon's going on in there? Well, the the TPP team of the AFL are going through the deals and that's what takes to make sure this is all above board Mm -hmm. and all these um, deals come through 
the AFL system, there's an online meeting that's created and of course the uh, list manager or a club representative will make sure that that's all um, by the by. And then of course uh, Ned Guy who's obviously formerly list manager at Collingwood, former player agent as well. Mm-hmm into his first AFL season trade period, this one, in, in this role and the head of the player movement pathway. So he'll um, oversee that. Uh, we also can see on the screen that Adrian Dodoro was in the meeting room. So that might have been something, a bit of uh, a sign potentially either through the Aaron Francis deal yeah. or maybe the next one coming up. But uh, that's how this one plays out here at Marvel Stadium and that's how it'll go throughout the night as well. The papers will be lodged. They'll then go and have their meeting and... This issue as well, there's an extra layer of questions around bidding collusion that's yes. been added. So <laughs> they are asked questions, are this deal, um, are these deals connected to one another? Is there something else? Has there been an agreement or a wink-wink, nudge-nudge that's been <laughs> offered not to bid on players? But it's probably not as much of a, a priority this year apart from a couple of players within the first round and Will Ashcroft, we know, is one of them. Stick with us on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Still to come, Colin Young, Craig Cameron, Tim Lamb and Billy Frampton. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. For them in 2023 and beyond, obviously contracted Hawthorne for another season. So we'll see how that deal plays out throughout the day, whether or not it involves a, a Lloyd Meek, whether or not it helps unlock some deals elsewhere for the Dockers. But yeah, Jay Romero has told the football club that he wants to play for Fremantle. Let's bring in our reporter, Josh Gabalich, for more when it comes to Jager O'Meara. Josh, welcome to you on deadline day. Just take us into the machinations of Jager's mind and how he's come to this decision. You're quite close to the story. Yes, Sarah, really fascinating one, this one. Start of the trade period, Jay Gromira is committed to being a Hawthorne player, even as recently as the weekend. He has a contract for Hawthorne for 2023. He was expecting to play his football at Waverley Park, but things changed on Monday when Jason McCartney picked up the phone and spoke to Mark McKenzie and the Hawthorne Football Club around his availability. Set in stone, a little bit of motion in terms of Jay Gromira and where he would play his football going forward. Obviously, Hawthorne... They want to bring in picks to accelerate this rebuild, and it's brought Fremantle into conversations. That happened on Tuesday, and now it appears that Jay Gromira is going to get to the Fremantle Dockers by 7.30 tonight. All right, thanks to Josh Gablich there, and we'll be crossing to him throughout the next couple of hours on deadline day. It does make sense, doesn't it, that he's nominated Fremantle in one sense because he is a WA boy, but he's spent so much time on the Eastern Seaboard now, Jay Gromira. Yeah, he has. Look... There's multiple elements to it, as Josh said. There's a year to go on his contract. This is going to be an interesting decision Mm. from how much Hawthorne's willing to pay of that deal, and it's a lucrative last year of that deal as well. Mm. And when you look at what the Giants were willing to do as well in terms of their pick that they were willing to put up, that that pick 19, had he gone that way, um, and that be available to Hawthorne Mm. if the, the salary was obviously well compensated from the Hawks' side of things. So this is where... We're at a new part of the list management game and, and salary cap space becomes such a big deal. And we just saw Rob McCartney, the football boss at the Hawks, walk in as well. So he'll be across what's happening there in a different couple of elements with Tom Mitchell and Jay Graham. We're really interested to see what their thoughts are as well. Having this popped up a little bit later in yeah. proceedings, look, there was questions about Jay Graham last week mm. and, and they were flatly denied, um, but also... As things progress, and that's the beauty of trade period, things can uh, open up as well and opportunities can open up too for, for clubs to look at a player of his ilk. So, look, I don't think from a draft pick point of view it's going to be that costly from 
the Dockers side of yeah. things, but Lloyd Meek's likely to be involved, you'd imagine, now to, to facilitate that move. And you spoke to Jason McCartney this morning. When you did, was the gut feel from that that he wouldn't really be ending up at the Giants? Because he said that the Hawks would have to stump up a fair bit of that deal. Yeah. Uh, they, you never know until you know, and there was a bit of a delay. Obviously, he's back in Perth, so uh, Jason McCartney in Time Sydney. Difference. Time difference. Time <laughs> difference, three hours there to, to make up. So, look, that means that he, he slept on it last night and was able to come to this call. The Hawks list management, what do you make of it, Riles? It's been much spoken about in the last 24, 48 hours. They've already lost so much experience through retirements and now they're losing two really experienced campaigners in the midfield. Yeah, you've got to be bold and they've been bold throughout this trade period. So they've lost Jack Gunston as well, who's another experienced player for them. It's an acceleration of a plan that's been spoken about for 12, 24 months now in regards to the Hawks with Sam Mitchell taking over at the helm. They want to go young. They're going to be one of, if not the youngest side in the competition next year, and that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. We expect them to bring in Cooper Stevens potentially later on today, which will give them another really young asset that they probably won't have to give up much for, no, but no. he's a player who was a first-round pick previously. First-round pick, big-body midfielder, and they clearly need that heading into next year. I think the other, the rival's view of what the Hawks have been doing over the last couple of days is they're going to be um, really young and inexperienced inside that midfield group. It might regenerate the, the prospects of James Warple within that midfield yes. group. We haven't seen as much of him um, in previous times through that midfield mix. They're probably, And we've seen this across this trade period as well. Sometimes clubs can only view um, the midfield group as having one of those players and one of those type of players who can be the inside player and they need the spreaders as well. Yep. So uh, Cooper Stevens has that ability to be the, their bigger bodied midfielder mm. and comes in a little bit untapped if it is, does go that way. And there's the likelihood that doesn't cost them too much. I know he's a first-round pick three years ago, hasn't played a lot of footy, been outside the, the best probably 30 players at Geelong across yeah. his, his first three seasons. So that could be as, as little as a future third or future fourth pick. And in the sum of the parts for Geelong across this trade period, I, yeah. I think that's... Uh, still going to be a significant win for them when they look at what they brought in with Pick 7 and Jack Bowes and, and Tanner Bruin. And that's part of the decision-making, surely, for Cooper Stevens as well. You, you're seeing these midfielders come into the group and thinking, well, I wasn't able to get a game towards the end of the season as it was. Yeah. And they've, they've promised midfield time, so publicly to Jack Bowes, Tanner Bruin's going to play in the midfield as well. Where do I fit in? The Hawks might be his spot. I don't mind the, the strategy of gambling on talent either, especially when you don't have to give up much draft capital to bring it into your football club. And we've seen a few clubs do that already today. I mean, Sam Wiedemann and Aaron Francis were both former top 10 picks. Cooper Stevens was a former top 20 pick. These are players that had potential in their junior years and for one reason or another hasn't worked out at the club that they're at at the moment. But you never know if that isn't going to translate in new environments. I don't mind gambling on talent, especially when you don't have to pay too much for it. We've spoken about Peter Wright already, but that's the perfect example of it. And just on Hawthorne's list strategy, Josh Gablich and I were speaking, who are you winking at, Riley, uh, to David Noble this morning on Trade Radio, and he said he had no issue with the strategy at all. But the Hawks need to make sure the members and the supporters know the strategy, that they get massaged with the strategy, so it's not a big shock. Of course, mm. Hawthorne fans aren't used to uh, not being so successful because Hawthorne fans have been so spoiled, but it might be a short-term pain for long-term gain. Yeah, and that's sort of what rebuilding through the draft is. We've seen so many clubs go the opposite way throughout this year's trade period. I mean, we've seen Richmond go the opposite way where they've given up picks this year and next year for Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto. We've seen Geelong do it. We've seen a few more do it as well. So 
it's the opposite strategy, but sometimes you have to go through the draft. It's, it's necessitated by where you finish on the ladder. North Melbourne's done that over the last couple of years. I think they're another club that's starting to build a really strong base, even though they lose Jason Horn francis and Hawthorne will hope to do it again. They'd probably ideally like to get another first-round pick in. Hmm. It's just been hard for them to do that over the last couple of years. They did do that in attempts last year, yeah. didn't they, with Luke Bruce, as, as we mentioned before. Just saw Adrian Dodoro, the list manager at the Bombers, did give me a wink on the way through. So <laughs> I do think that uh, the Sam Wiedemann deal is imminent as well. We talked about that off the top, that uh, it's separate, but very linked. very linked to what the Aaron Francis deal as well is. You get one out, you get one in. And they've got points um, to, to worry about as well. The Bombers with Alwyn Davey a bit likely to come on him in the first 20 or so selections. And, of course, his brother, Jaden Davey, potentially a little bit later in the draft um, as the Davey twins head to the Bombers like their father, Alwyn. Do you have any code with these guys? One wink means this, two winks <laughs> means that. I'm sure you've been on the phones to all of them throughout the last weeks and months. <laughs> No, no code. There is some, some <laughs> agents in the building as well. The team from Connors Management has arrived as well. Robbie DeRazio, Paul Connors and Nick Geishan we saw before. The Hemisphere Management guys mm. in Dave Trotter, Alex McDonald and Julian Petrarca as well. So lots of big, big personalities mm. in the building wanting to get their players to where they want to be. All right, you're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period deal is it I think it's probably a good move for Sam to get a fresh start and perhaps just gets a club to throw their arms around him and be shown a bit of love yeah had a bit of uh, interest at different stages across the past couple of years had a year to go on his contract as well mm. at Melbourne so that's where it was a little bit different to the Aaron Francis deal who's out of contract not offered a new deal from the Bombers so look I think he adds some versatility to their forward line and yep. potentially as a defender as well both ends of the ground the Bombers had need some depth, to be honest, mm. and, and some reassurance that if a player goes down, you can call on somebody. So they lose Francis in that regard. Wiedemann could potentially play at both ends. Look, two, two years ago, who would have thought that Peter Wright mm. would yeah. deliver a best and fairest than a 50-plus goal season um, in just his second year at the Bombers? So they'll be hoping for a similar story with Sam Wiedemann. Played probably his best game of the year against the Bombers earlier this season when he came into the side. I think it was about round three, kick four goals three from about seven or eight marks and, and really dominated. I think it was on a Friday night, one of the first double headers on a Friday night for the year. So it was probably one of his best games for the season. Did really well. I wonder if that's what when he was put on Essendon's radars as a potential option. But it's a deal that I think Melbourne would have been reluctant to let happen had they not identified Josh Shackey as a potential player that was coming into the football club. Clubs always want to give themselves the exact right amount of depth that they want on their list. We've seen them have a bite at Josh Corbett. Now they're going after Josh Shackey and we think that deal will get done today. So it's one that you're happy to facilitate because you know you've got a backup option there just in case. He can pinch it in the ruck to Sam Wiedemann. Does he just need a little bit more mongrel rails, do you think? It's probably been the knock on his game for the last couple of seasons, just his physicality. But then, of course, the, the breakout campaign that he had, which came throughout Melbourne's 2018 finals series, when he had such a, a physical presence for them as they reached the preliminary final against the odds that season. So that was what he showed. That was probably his best period of footy uh, for the Melbourne Football Club for a long period of time. So, yeah, I think Essendon will be looking at that and hoping that they're able to get uh, get something similar to that type of output on a longer-term basis from Sam Wiedemann. Look like there's more action within the AFL's room there as we go to that shot. We see Ned Guy yeah. Sam Power from the Bulldogs, the list manager of the Bulldogs there, so another deal in the works. And this could be the Josh Shackey move, potentially. Um, obviously waiting for the other club, the partner club, to jump in the Zoom and work out what that is. But 
Uh, obviously, I don't think this is Josh Dunkley, so Lions supporters should, <laughs> should not be getting too excited. Dom Ambrosio in one of the other screens uh, doesn't look too um, animated from a Lions perspective that we can see. So, look, uh, they all look relaxed, is. don't they? It's very relaxed. There's <laughs> Dom Ambrosio there, the list boss of the Lions, Steve Canole, the recruiting boss, Shane Rogers there scout as well, their pro scout, and there's the Bulldogs room as well, getting to business. So, a couple of the biggest clubs, busiest um, in this final day. So, there's just shy of four hours to go this trade period, and there's Cal, Tim, more action. There's Tim Lamb as well from the, the Melbourne Football Club, so you'd anticipate that uh, Josh Shackey looks headed to Melbourne. And if you are just joining us on deadline day, Riles, do you just want to recap the action that has happened so far? Two trades going through. Yeah, Aaron Francis finding a new home at the Swans and Sam Wiedemann finding a home at the Bombers as well. So like-for-like like trades, and then we'll see Josh Shackey make his way to Melbourne in the coming minutes as we can see a deal getting done now. So everyone finding their key position depth from a rival club. Also, some more people coming through the building. Uh, Tom and Anthony McConville from Max Sports Promotions there. So their <laughs> client, Ollie Henry, keen to get to Geelong this afternoon. A bit of work to do They've this They've got harbor. a big job, don't they? Well, he's nominated them. He's keen to get there. He's not contracted. So he's made it pretty clear and, and he's adamant that he's going to get to Geelong way or, one way or another. And then the one way is the trade. The other is going through the draft, either national or pre-season draft. And putting a figure on your head potentially or, or not meeting clubs in the lead-up to the draft, that can always deter others from, from taking you. So there are opportunities there, but clearly um, the best result would be a trade from all parties. But Collingwood at this point isn't accepting pick 25. And it's not so much the go-home factor, but we have seen the go-home factor throughout this trade period. And you two had a really fascinating chat with Jason McCartney earlier today on Trade Radio. And he was saying that really they've got a different kind of draft pool. Can you just take the viewers and listeners into that conversation? Because mm. he was pretty straightforward and blunt with that. Well, it's a reality. It's a reality for them. It's a reality for a lot of clubs uh, outside of Victoria that you have to pose the question and probe a little bit harder around go-home factor and, and retention and, and what that looks like for players. So this year in the trade period, it's been the go-home trade period. We've seen <laughs> Isaac Rankin after four years from Gold Coast go back to South Australia and land at Adelaide. After three years, Luke Jackson leaves Melbourne and goes back to Perth and joins Fremantle. After two years, Tanner Bruin wants to leave the Giants and go back to Geelong. After two years, Ollie Henry wants to go down the highway from Collingwood to Geelong. And after one year, Jason Horn francis the, the biggest one of the lot, um, decides to up and go with a year to go on his contract and, and get back to South Australia. So it's real and, it, and it's genuine. And Jason McCartney spoke about the fact that the Giants have a draft order and that's mm -hmm. different to what everyone else's draft order is. And there's... And, clearly a level of inequity around that in terms of how the draft is playing out and we're seeing more and more prospects I'd say who are honest about their thoughts about moving states now is is that is that an issue if you're honest I'm not sure it is but still it gives the clubs more information to make those decisions and clearly decisions are being made from different clubs outside of Victoria around who's right to to make the move and who might be more of a flight risk Looks like it's going to be a future fourth-round pick that gets that deal for Josh Shackey done yep. heading to Melbourne. So, as we said, we're expecting that one to go through imminently.
Yeah, we've just been seeing some live exclusive shots from the deal room. So make sure you keep tuning in to deadline day because we've got those exclusive shots for you. So far, two trades done. Aaron Francis off to the Swans and Sam Wiedemann. Now a bomber, but we've still got so much to get through. If I was a club, I'd be getting a little bit antsy now, but I don't hmm. think Riles' clubs even get antsy until it's perhaps half an hour, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, we've seen them do that a little bit before but <laughs> I think it's a while now I think they're all still pretty relaxed as to what's to come in the next what is it now four hours just under four hours so yeah I think they're, they're pretty comfortable with where things sit we'll see how they're feeling in three and a half though we'll stick with us on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio up next we've got Gold Coast List Manager Craig Cameron you're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Suns, Craig, another very busy trade period for the Suns. You got Isaac Rankin done in the end. Are you happy to sort that out and move on with Isaac Rankin? Um, oh, we're happy with Selection 5 in the draft. When you lose a player of Isaac's uh, quality, you, you're never completely happy. Um, you spend a lot of time developing him. He was four years at the club. We watched him for a number of years before we selected him. So, look, we're happy with the outcome that we got from a trade perspective, but not happy to lose a player of that quality. Let's talk about the trade, because pick five was the crux of it. You lost, pick, you gained pick five. There was a swap of a third and a fourth round pick in the next in next year's draft, in this year's draft. How did the deal get done with Justin Reid and the Adelaide Crows? Uh, it, it, it went for a while. We wanted to make sure that we could maximise our points into next year. We'll, we've got some academy talent that mm. we need to, to have uh, points to select them with, so it was really important for us to get that on top of the five. Um, uh, you know, Isaac was taken at selection three, so we wanted a little bit more than what five was going to bring us. I'll send you back to Kel at the desk. Craig, what's the latest on Jeremy Sharp? Um, it's fair to say we're a fair way apart at the moment, Kel. Um, I think, I know Fremantle have got a fair few things on the go, so um, we'll wait and see where that, that um, goes to with them. But we've made clear what we're after from them. Um, and we'll just wait and see where it, where it comes to. Fair to say that's a future second round pick? It is, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it is a future second-round pick that we've, that we've asked for, but just not any future second-round pick, so okay. we'll wait and see. What's the likelihood, do you think, over the next couple of hours that that gets done? Oh, we're a fair way apart. I think if I say any, any more, then I'm, I'm, not, I'm not helping our negotiations. So. Yep. yep. So what, is the, what does the next three or four hours look like for you then? Are you just waiting for them to knock on your door, or how does that progress? Uh, well, Braden Fiorini will stay with us, so that, that, that's not in play. So Jeremy's the only thing we've got in play, so we're comfortable to wait as long as we need to wait. Your draft selections now, you start at the draft at pick five as after a deal with Isaac Rankin. What, what sort of players are you looking like for there in that pick going forward? Uh, I think there's a number of, um, of midfield players at the top of the draft that have got flexibility to play in other positions. So um, we'll be looking... Like We haven't finalised all of our... Um, you know, medicals and psychs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, it's Kel Boone's is cool, so I'm not, I'm not going to stand here and <laughs> steal Kel's thunder, but um, there's a number of midfield types at the top of the draft we like. What about the incomings, Craig? We've, we've talked about a couple of who are going, or one potentially going later tonight in Jeremy Sharp, but you, you picked up Thomas Berry and also Ben Long. What are you hoping for those two to add? Uh, we're looking for them to come in and be competitive, which they are. They're um, competitive players, physically competitive as well. Um, ben, we think, will play across half-back for us 
and help us. We've we lost a few soldiers in the middle of the year last year. That might, some of them won't come back till the middle of the year. So Ben gives us an immediate injection there. Uh, Tom will play forward. Uh, and put be a, he'll be a high-pressure forward for us. Keep the ball on our forward 50. The Jack Bowes deal was completed yesterday. A future third-round pick coming back. I, I know a lot of people will still look at that on the surface level and, and question what that actually means. We've tried to explain that over the past couple of weeks. You managed to, to move out that salary. Are you in a position now where your salary cap is, is comfortable? You're happy with where it sits now? So, so it'll now... I mean, we, we, we articulated our strategy uh, pretty early on in this process. I think the thing I want to say is one of the reasons the, that, that selection or that trade may look lopsided as it does is because we don't declare salary and we don't declare an amount of money to that selection. And I understand why we don't, and I don't believe that we should, but there should be an understanding that that is part of the process and part of that trade. Um, what it's going to allow us to do is our forecasting for our player payments showed that in the next two or three years we will have quite a large salary cap gap where we can go to the market. We wanted to do that earlier. Do you see salary dumps being in vogue as we move forward in the next couple of trade periods? Um, yeah, I do. I think once this has now gone through that there will be other clubs that will think of doing the same thing. And, and the truth is it's probably been happening under the with a bit of smoke and mirrors, if you like, in other trade periods. So. Well, what's a better way to talk about it? We heard Robbie DiRazio from Connor Sports today saying we need a new term. <laughs> I, I think he's right. I think salary dumps a little bit demeaning to the player that's attached to it. So, And we all use it, but it'd be nicer to use it as, I don't know, salary cap re reallocation or something like that. It doesn't have the same ring, does it? Salary cap no. relocation. <laughs> <laughs> well. Are you confident in the club's ability to be able to target ready-made ready-to-go, explosive, blue-chip players in the coming years? Uh, yes, I am, and that's also one of the reasons that we, we, we made this decision and took this action this year, because we're now, we're now finding uh, that there's some sort of top-level top players coming to us saying that they'd like to come and play for the Gold Coast. So we need to make sure we can access them. And is that a process that plays out over the next 12 to 24 months, do you think? Yeah, we just won't go and spend the money because we got it. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll target, be specific in terms of who we target. And Jason McCartney spoke with these two boys earlier this morning and he said being at the Giants, they're realistically not looking at the same number of players. When it does come to the draft, is that also a reality that you faced at Gold Coast? Is he saying that in relation to a go-home factor? Yeah, in terms of yeah. player retention, there's just not as many players on the board because we do have situations now where incoming draftees, they're honest and they say that perhaps they don't want to move into state. Yeah, look... We've seen a lot of players want to return home during this trade period, um, more than I can remember in one trade period before. Um, I know we like to make patterns of these things and maybe we're just going a year too early. We just wait and see how these things are going to unfold. But I think, I can't speak for GWS, but um, for, for us, I think it's always a consideration. Um, the player that we're going to select at the draft, it's always a consideration as to their attitude to moving. Thanks for coming on. Oh, Good no luck this afternoon. Thank you. <laughs> Craig Cameron there, the Gold Coast list manager. They have been rather busy, Cal, the Gold Coast Suns. Jack Bowes, of course, leaving with that pick seven down the highway to Geelong and salary dump. It's, it is a demeaning term, isn't it? And Craig was saying that we probably do need to come up with another phrase because it isn't nice for someone like Jack Bowes, who's, by the sounds of things, a great young kid, to have that associated with him. No, he is. Uh, not even by the sounds of things, he is. He, yeah. he is a, a top-quality character and he 
you know, in an ideal world, world, would have played out the rest of his career at the Suns. This might be good for his footy, though. He gets another opportunity at a different club. We know Geelong's such a successful club over a long period of time now. Um, they've promised him some midfield time. Obviously, that's going to be a level of challenge to that in terms of breaking into a premiership side, but there's always going to be rebuilding on the run for the Cats and, and targeting these guys who are in their mid-20s who can come in and play a role straight away. But for Jack Bowes and his decision in choosing Geelong, a lot of it was about who wants me versus mm. who wants the pick. And he found that a little bit difficult to separate at different points because everyone pitches well and mm-hmm. you have to separate the pitch from what's actually the reality sometimes. And, and I think throughout that process, he had to work through that part of it. Who wants me as a player? And the Cats showed interest from the start. And that's, as we've spoken about before, the best clubs do their Christmas shopping in July. Yep. Others are at Chatty <laughs> on Christmas Eve. And, and sounds like hell. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in particular in specific clubs in this case, but look... It, the clubs who do the work early and get their runs on the board know how to get in the face of these players because the trade period doesn't start in September. It doesn't start in August. It starts it a way back from that. And good clubs are recognising that Jack Bowes was out of the side. Why is that? What can we do with it? And, Riles, just from that conversation with Craig, what's the inkling you get when it comes to Jeremy Sharp? Well, I thought it was pretty poignant that he said it wasn't just any future second-round pick. I'd imagine that'd be the future second-round pick that's tied to North Melbourne, which, given their ladder position this year and the last couple of years, you'd expect it to be in that sort of 19 to 23 range next year, which is why they're after such a a lucrative draft pick for Jeremy Sharp. He's a contracted player. He wasn't part of the club's salary cap reallocation plans, as we've mentioned a couple of times already. (laughs) They want to keep him. He's a 20-year-old player. He's a NAB AFL Rising Star nominee, and he's had a couple of really good games out there on the wing for them. So he's a West Australian player. I think he has shown an interest in getting home. uh, Where We spoke to West Coast list boss Ryan O'Brien earlier in the week who said they were unlikely to be part of these conversations. So it looks like it's Fremantle or nothing for him, but it won't be a matter of him going to the Dockers unless they stump up that that North that pick the future second round pick that is tied to North Melbourne. So it is deadline day. We are seeing deals come through in this first hour after the embargo. Aaron Francis is off to the Sydney Swans. Sam Wiedemann now a bomber. And we were looking at the exclusive shots in the deal room before. Josh Shackey, Cal, officially off to the Demons. Officially off to the Demons, where he'll be able to be a depth key position player who's without a contract offer at the Western Bulldogs and he moves on from there the number two pick of course back in the 2015 draft so this will be his third club it's amazing how these Hmm. um, taller types can continue to rotate through clubs and we've seen three of them today three top ten picks across uh, that time who 2015 draft wasn't it Mm. there you go three top ten picks from the 2015 draft who've all swapped clubs today looking for that I guess that, that second or third opportunity to, to make their, their best shot at the AFL career. So was it Shaki was number two to Brisbane, Francis was number six to Essendon, and Wiedemann was number nine to Melbourne. So all three of those players moving clubs during this first 50 minutes of the final day. <laughs> and as we spoke about a couple of times on Trade Radio this week and in the past couple, it's, it's interesting in how these top picks, they're so sought after at the time, but can very quickly become second and, and third club players very quickly as well. Look mm. at the 2016 draft. Seven of the top ten players from that have already switched clubs and they're only all at 24 years of age. And we've seen a couple of them, of course, through this period in Bose and, and Griffin Logue as well and Tim Taranto. So 
Um, nothing's a given if, you, if you're an early pick these days. I guess it shows as soon as you walk through the door at the club, it doesn't matter what number you're taken with, right? Mm. And everyone says that to them. But then, of course, Collingwood wants more because Ollie Henry is a pick 17. <laughs> so it only works for them when it works for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stick with us on Continental Tyres. AFL Trade Radio. Plenty more to come on Deadline Day. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Trade period. It is Deadline Day. Sarah Ollie here with Cal Toomey and Riley Beveridge. Only three and a half hours to go. And Cal, we just saw the Richmond contingent walk in. We did. I think they've done most of their business. Yeah, not much left, do they? <laughs> Why are they here? <laughs> they've got no picks. They've got their players in. They're happy. They're here for the free feed, maybe. <laughs> It's decent. <laughs> right. Well, the de- uh, it is deadline day. So far, three deals have been done. Aaron Francis off to the Swans. Sam Wiedemann off to the Dons. And the latest is Josh Shackey off to the Ds. And speaking of Josh, we're going to cross to our very own Josh Gabalich because he's with Tim Lamb, the Melbourne recruiting officer. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, standing here with Tim Lamb. He's just walked out of a meeting that's just been done. Josh Shackey, the former top 10 pick, is now off to the Melbourne Football Club. Tim, take us through this deal, please. Um, yeah, Josh, it was basically um, revolved around Sam Wiedemann's desire to move to Essendon. And um, Sam actually came to us late last week, last Thursday, um, and said that he'd um, like to seek a trade for more opportunity. Um, so we had a strong discussion around that internally. And part of our strategy was that we would facilitate that for Sam as long as we could replace, um, replace Sam on the list with a similar type player. Um, Josh is someone, obviously, that we've known for a long time. They're in the same draft class. I think Josh was picked two and Sammy was picked nine, I think, that year. Um, so we were able to facilitate the Sam um, going to Essendon as long as um, we could get Josh across the line to come to us. And, yeah, that was able to happen for us. So we're pretty happy with that result. As you mentioned, Sam Wiedemann, the paperwork went through a little bit earlier in the day. You, you were happy to let him go to Essendon. He had a contract for next year. Tell us about that transaction. Um, yeah, again, it was driven by, by Sam, and you know, Sam's an outstanding young man, and we've known him a long time, obviously, and um, he was a bit frustrated at the lack of opportunity, and I think Essendon have um, given him a, a, a what he thinks is more of a chance to play senior footy, and as I said, if we were able to replace Sam, then we were going to be able to help facilitate, facilitate that for him, so we sort of had to wait till we had Josh um, on, on the line to, to make sure we could do that, but we were happy to, happy to do so. Let's go back to the desk. Cal Toomey. Tim, when did you first chat with Josh Shackey? Because you mentioned Sam Wiedemann come up late last week. Was that when the next couple of days played out that the Shackey became an option for you? Yep, that's exactly right, Sam. So we didn't. We spoke with Josh on Sunday. And he was pretty happy straight away to, to make the move. Obviously, he was without the contract at the Western Bulldogs. So what sort of role do you sort of see for him? Yeah, we see, you know, Josh is a player with great versatility. He's 200 centimetres. He's an elite runner. Uh, really well skilled, can play forward, ruck, back, so he's really versatile. Um, so we've also lost, you know, with Mitch Brown retiring and Magic Door retiring, we've lost a little bit of um, depth, I suppose, in our tools department. Um, so we're really, really, uh, we're really clear with Sam from the start that if we're able to do that, there was two things to that. We need to be able to replace him, and we wanted to improve our position in the draft. Um, so with being able to end up with pick 37, we're back in the second round of the draft this year. Uh, on the back of Sam leaving, so that, that's a great result for the club. Completed a couple of deals in the last 48 hours as well. You got Brody Grundy over the line yesterday. Talk us through negotiations there. Pick 27, you're ultimately parted with. 
Yeah, and that was uh, Graham Wright and I had been speaking for a little while around Brodie, and I think uh, when you when you talk about that, we had an agreement you know, from our first meeting that we'd both deal really respectfully and keep Brodie in mind, and that we'd actually work together to facilitate that. So there was never any, you know, argy bargy or you know we won't do this or we won't do that. So it was it was pretty simple. We had an idea of what Brodie was worth, and, and Collingwood did as well, and we were. We were able to get that done, so it was great to great to get him to the club. Yesterday, he said he's he's ready to chase the new dream. He's mm. had the, the previous dream. He's ready to chase the new dream. How did you sell him the dream? Because there was competition for him. It's not as if he just turned left on Olympic Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just up the road, so I don't even think he has to change car parks. But um, no, there was there was significant interest from multiple clubs in Brody. He, he didn't just meet with us. Um, he, he met with a number of others. Um, our philosophy was when we were, you know, we were starting to get quite concerned about uh, Luke um, so uh, we're really wedded to the to the two ruck option the coach and, and the footy department we think that's the way to go for us so when we when we met with Grody with Brody I've done it again Cal <laughs> yes <laughs> we've done it Brody Brody that's gonna that's gonna stick now isn't it? Um, so when we met with Brody um, our philosophy was not just dip the toe in the water let's let's have a proper crack um, so um, we rolled out the we rolled out the skipper as well. I think he was a fair bit more excited to meet him than me. Yeah, so. take us into that pitch that involved Max Gorn because it's for some people it is difficult to see the two of them in the same team. But I'm fascinated that it was the skipper who is the six-time All Australian ruckman leading the charge. Yeah, no, it's easy for us to see him in the same team, Sarah. It, it, we're actually really, really excited by it. Um, with something like this, you know, we're we're really um, cognizant of keeping our leaders leaders aware of what's going on. Um, we want them invested in their footy club. Um, so we didn't, just take, we didn't just say, hey, Max, we want to get Brodie. Like we had a, you know, some good discussions with Max about how it would look and, and he was really on board from the start. He was super excited and, and happy, to be, happy to be involved in it. So. You get two first-rounders back for Luke Jackson. Uh, how did you see that play up? Sorry. Had a bit of a technical difficulty there, Tim. We've got you. Can't, can't hear me. <laughs> maybe, maybe we might get back to Tim and a little bit. We may have lost Tim. We'll get back to Tim in a little bit because still a lot to unpack when it comes Sorry. to Melbourne. But I love, um, firstly, what was he calling him? Grody. 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 <laughs> Grody is catching on. But I'm so fascinated by Max Gorn leading that pitch. I guess if you're at Melbourne, you're not so fascinated by it because you know the character of the Ruckman and, and the Premiership captain. But... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it does work out well, with the two of them in the team roles. Does one of them play forward? Does one of them play back? How does it operate? I, lo- I love Max Gorn when he drifts into the, the sort of the key defensive hole and, and sits as the as the loose man behind the ball and does what what Jake Lever does. I think we might be able to get back to Tim. I was just saying, Tim, you got you got two first rounders ultimately for Luke Jackson. How did how did the negotiations play out there? Yeah, got a future second yeah. in that deal as well. So. Um, Look, it's really hard with someone like Luke who, you know, we invested an enormous amount taking him at pick three in 2019. Um, he developed so well over a three-year period and, you know, he, he's going to be a great player for Fremantle. Um, he'll always be a premiership player for mm. us, Luke, so uh, he's always welcome back at the club. I look, look forward to having a beer with him at a reunion in 10 years' time. But, um, yeah, so we were, you know, we really wanted to make sure we got more than just two first-rounders for Luke. Like, it's, it's really hard to get what you haven't got and... I think Freo worked diligently to, to try and try and satisfy us on that deal, and you know Dave Walls was terrific. Um, they, they know they knew what they were getting, um, yep. so 
to get two first rounders and a second round, I think it's not many. I don't think over history there's been many times where there's been two first rounders given and, and not a second go back. So to walk into next year's draft with two firsts and two seconds into what um, I think the industry and we certainly think is a really strong draft, we're, we're really thrilled with. And part of our strategy with Luke was um, we want to replace the position, which we did with Brody, and then we've got to try and replace the elite talent. So um, now you know, Jason Taylor and the boys are really excited about the hands we hold over the next two seasons at the draft. What about pick 13? Are you happy with what you see there? Yeah, yeah, no, Jason's pretty pumped with the sort of player we're going to get there. <laughs> He's ever the optimist, Jace, but. Um, no, nah, we're, we're really lucky. He's, he's the best in the business, so we'll, we'll get a good player there. But just before we let you go, any update with Lockie Hunter? There's been some suggestion around there. Yeah, there has been some suggestion, but that's, you know, really sitting in sort of a no-man's land at the minute. Um, there's been no commitment from us and no commitment from the Bulldogs, so, yeah, I think that's probably unlikely at the moment. Tim, thank you for joining us on Trade Radio. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right. Tim Lamb there, the Melbourne recruiting officer. Are we hearing... Everything when it comes to Lockie Hunter, do you think? Well, he's contracted, so mm. it's, it's a little bit of a different one on that front. They've done a lot of business across this, this week, haven't they? And, and Brody Grundy is a huge inclusion. If you're going to lose a player who's off that sort of quality in Luke Jackson, Melbourne's going to be better for him leaving next year, I think, in a way, in terms of what they bring in through Grundy versus what Jackson produced this year. Oh, yes, 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 sorry. Not long term. <laughs> Not long term. Because Grundy's got five years to go on his deal and Jackson's got a, yep. a decade. But in terms of the immediate impact, immediate impact yep. you'd expect that a fit Brody Grundy hits the ground even harder than yep. than what Jackson was able to do this year. But we know how special Luke Jackson is. He was picked three. There was clubs at the time three years ago trying to trade up the board to get him. And then, of course, uh, a couple of years later, both Western Australian clubs all over him. I think what we need to remember with Melbourne as well, because they've lost a couple of other players, Toby Bedford goes out, Jaden Hunt goes out, um, and, and Sam Wiedemann obviously has just left the club today. But they've drafted so well over the last couple of years. So Jake Bowie's going to come in and, and be that Jaden Hunt-type player for the next 10 years. Bailey Laurie's going to come in and be that Toby Bedford-type player for the next 10 years. Jacob Van Royen's going to come in and, and be what they'd hoped Sam Wiedemann would develop into. And he's had a really strong season at VFL level. So they've drafted so well over their period of success, really, from, from when they started coming back into the fold as a genuine contender again in 2018. From that period on, they've drafted really well. And even before that, when they built the, the foundation for their premiership list. So that's going to hold them in good stead, even though they have left, a couple of players have left during this year's trade period. The players that we haven't seen, uh, the players that they're really hopeful that will come along in the next couple of years, and they're the players that where they're going to build their improvement from in the next couple of years as well. What of Josh Shackey? Is he just depth at the moment? Because Tim was saying then he's so versatile. He can play forward, back, pinch hit in the ruck because he's so athletic. Mm. Where, do you, where do you expect him to be? I think forward, given the fact they've lost um, Sam Wiedemann now, they've lost Mitch Brown now, and they've lost Magic Door now. So I think it'll be forward where he starts his career, but clearly... He's a player that can play at either end, and they've got a couple of them. Like Adam Tomlinson's one that can play at either end that hasn't had much opportunity in the last couple of years. Jacob Van Royen played most of his VFL footy forward this year, but he has played in the back line throughout his junior career, as you would have seen, Cal. So they've got a couple of those players, and versatility is one of the greatest assets in footy, and they've, they've got a lot of versatile players. Stick with us on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Up next, we speak to Billy Frampton, one of Collingwood's new recruits. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. 
young, but Cal, I can see some wheeling and dealing going on. Exclusive shots from the trade room. And there's some lions and there's some bulldogs yes, doing this, their thing. Yes, this is the development everyone's looking for, isn't it? <laughs> Dom Ambrosio, the list boss at the Lions, and Sam Power, the list manager at the Western Bulldogs, clearly in discussions over what it's going to take to send Josh Dunkley to Brisbane. We see them there uh, negotiating some back and forth. This is what trade period's all about. It's the, it's, <laughs> it's the brinkmanship, it's the agreeing to disagree and then eventually coming back and potentially sorting out a deal. So we know where this one has stood until today. Brisbane has been willing to offer up pick 21 and a future first round pick for Josh Dunkley and pick 39. The Dogs don't want to give anything back. Now, I think if it gets to 21 and a future first by itself, I think they're in a much better position to get something done. But clearly they have a points consideration as well with Will Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher coming through. So... That is a development this afternoon with three hours to go until the deadline. Fascinating to see how this one plays out. Mm. And Colin Young, thanks for joining us on the desk. My pleasure. Good location, this. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a dog in that fight, though, because there is an interesting angle to this one in terms of Rory Lobb, because the Western Bulldogs are keen to get him. He's contracted at Fremantle. Where does it sit? Well, I think at the moment, these obviously Dom and, and Sam are having a chat, and also you know, Fremantle are involved. Obviously, with uh, the new uh, announcement about Jager uh, picking Fremantle, that may have uh, thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works and uh, there might be a bit more to it now. But um, yeah, at least they're talking at the moment, um, so we'll probably get an outcome when I, when I go back in there. But obviously, it'll probably be more like a three-way deal at the moment. It looks like, looks like that's heading that way. So a fortnight ago, Fremantle came out and said they wouldn't be trading mm -hmm. Rory Lobb. Mm -hmm. Do you sense now that there is more of a chance that he does move to the West Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know... You and I spoke, we all spoke about yeah. a month ago, but we're just, <laughs> if you remember what I was saying, we're looking for that little bit of an opportunity uh, and banking that there would something would pop up where they'd need to get Roy done. And it looks like, obviously, with Jager now, that's, that's the opening for the, for the three parties to, con to continue talking. Certainly talking today, but yesterday it was a lot stronger uh, towards trading Roy. So we think, we'll, you know, we hope to get a positive outcome today, especially if these three clubs can get together and get this, this done. What's it going to take from a pick point of view, do you think? Does Freo want a first-round pick either this year or would be this year, but a first-round pick to, to get it over the line, or would a pick in the early 20s suffice, do you believe? Well, it's changing by the minute. Okay. So we thought this morning that the 21 that that presumably currently have might be the key, and uh, we've sort of been thinking about that for a while, that on last Friday that if Fremantle do the job, they'll need that 21. And especially now with Jager popping up. And obviously there's also Sharp sitting behind that as well. Mm. So I think that's, that's the key for, for Lob at the moment. So we'll, we'll just keep and continue on and having some conversation about that. But I, I still think 21's the key. This is the second year in a row for, for Rory Lobb to be in this position on deadline day. How's he going? Have you spoken to him much across today? I spoke to him this morning because um, he hasn't, uh, unfortunately, got a bit of the flu the last three or four days. So he's been in bed, but uh, he's up and about today. Um, and I just spoke to him how positive it was, the conversation with David uh, last night and this morning. And then, you know, we we're working through last night. We got a bit of in, an intel that what David might want otherwise. So speaking to a few clubs last night and this morning, just in case it changes tact again in the next hour. Um, but no, we, we were a lot more confident last year. Obviously, we had COVID and no one was picking up the phones and <laughs> we were running into brick walls all the time. So it looks a lot more positive this time around. Do you get the sense this one could go the distance? I think this one's going to go the distance. <laughs> so, are you, are you yeah. worried that it could be down to what happens with Josh Dunkley? I think in the next hour or so, if, if it hopefully goes the right way with Josh, it looks like it's, it's the Josh Dunkley that's going to hold it up a little bit mm. with the club. So hopefully 
there is some movement, and if not, then obviously we'll have to start looking at other ways. I'm interested in the human side of this. Like, how often will you get in contact with Rory over the next three hours? Oh, we sort of had an agreement. Uh, I thought, look, I'd leave him alone. Um, and there's been some positive conversation from all parties, so it's obviously been a lot better than it was last Monday. So I just said, look, we'll get in there and have a few chats with all the clubs, and then I'll, I'll come back to him probably after an hour and a half, and then um, after that, getting a bit of feedback from where the clubs are at and where we think how confident we are, then I'll probably speak to him on the hour right through. This is your remaining deal. You, you managed to get most of your work done pretty early with Blake Akers heading to Carlton. Bobby Hill goes to Collingwood. Griffin Logue went to North Melbourne, which was a big deal, of course. And, of course, this week, Billy Frampton, who we're about to chat to on the show, getting to Collingwood. Um, you must be pretty pleased to yeah, it was been, all those are done. It's been great. Andrew and I have been working on it for 12 months. You know, not all these deals, but some of them. And so, obviously, Andrew and uh, myself met with uh, Reedy yesterday and uh, Andrew got that one with Graham done, I think it was late yesterday. So it's, it's been pleasing, you know, four out of four so far for the players themselves to get where they wanted to go. And, um, and also, hopefully, you know, we get, we get Roy on today. It'll be fantastic for everyone. Looks like they've retreated back to their quarters now. So oh, they have to. I'm sure they'll just uh, <laughs> be pondering over what was offered, what was said. They'll discuss that in the next few minutes and then hopefully, for, for your sake and for Rory's sake and for Josh's sake, come to a resolution. How do you go, Cole, on a day like today? Are you calm? Do you get more hey, nervous well, as it well, progresses? You, you promised two weeks ago you'd fire up if it wasn't done. <laughs> I haven't sensed I'm, that yet. I'm tiptoeing through the tulips right now. I'm, just, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, crashing and bashing. No, we've done everything we possibly could. We've spoken to all parties. Um, you know, the, you know, dialogue became a lot stronger, as I mentioned before, with Fremantle. Um, I've been talking to Dom and meeting with Dom and Sam quite... I think this week I've met with Dom you know, on the hour basically to have a chat to him where, where Dunkley sits. So we've put everything in place with everyone in regards to what we think will get done. So now we've just got to sit back and let it, let it ride for a while to see how it goes. So it's not much we can do at the moment. So we'll just see where it sits. Good luck. It could be a very intense three hours and nine minutes to my measure. We'll get you on back later, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> not far enough. Not far enough. Colin Young there, of course. Rory Lobb. It's a watch and wait for him to get to the Western Bulldogs scale. Yeah, clearly there's a lot of... Uh, what are links there to the Josh Dunkley deal and the Jay Graham deal now as well, which, um, as Colin said, is a, a spanner in the works, but also might free some things up in terms of Frio needing an extra selection in to, to get that done. So does that open the door for them to, to move Lob at the right price for a pick coming through? All right, we do have another guest, but this one is on the phone. It's Collingwood new recruit Billy Frampton. Billy, thank you for joining us on Trade Radio. Talk us through the pitch to join the Pies. Billy, have we got you there? All right, we might have a dodgy line there with Billy, but we will try got, to get him again. I can he's hear got something. Tim Lamb's mic on. Yeah, we're having a little bit of an issue with that in here, aren't we, today? Um, just on the Rory Lobb one, though, do we expect that to go down to perhaps the final 10 minutes? Well, I think the Dunkley one is the one that's mm. going to go down to pretty late. And, and look, the clubs that have their, their plans set up, if, if this happens, then are we all OK with to trade this? If this happens, if this happens, then the, the contingencies are going to be there so that if it does get to 727, 728, 729, you can fax through or, you know, the modern fax, the email, get that <laughs> through. Or, <laughs> the 90s now, Cal. I don't, I don't think I've ever even used the fax machine. But... Uh, yeah, they can get that through so it's actually ready to go. And that's the same through, you get to the draft as well later in the year and clubs have these pick swaps and deals ready to go 
depending on what happens. And, and so there's not just this little um, rush towards the end. So they'd be planned, they'd be prepared, they'd be ready for all the, the circumstances and, and different contingencies. But clearly there's one contingency in the mind of, of Colin Young and... Uh, in this case, the Bulldogs, and that's to get Rory Lobb across the line. And we can see, Ralphs, the Bulldogs in one room, the mm. Lions in another. What do you reckon's going on and going through their heads at the moment? Well, I wonder if anything's changed. Yeah. I wonder if they were reaffirming their positions or if they were changing, becoming more flexible, bending a little bit. It's going to be really fascinating to see how this plays out because this is the big one now, I think, heading into the last, what are we, close to three hours left of the trade period. So this is the one that a lot of deals will hinge on. There's a lot of repercussions as a result of it. I still have a gut feel that it goes through, um, but obviously a lot can change in the next three hours. I think that the Jager bomb of him going to... Oh, don't do Cal. Going to Fremantle or, or wanting to get to Fremantle... I only just got that. Has, nice. Has opened, up, has opened up an avenue to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, one trade that has already happened is Billy Frampton off to Collingwood. Billy, have we got you this time on Trade Radio? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Oh, nice to hear your voice. We do indeed. Talk us through the pitch from the Pikes. Yeah, yeah, so they've been talking pretty early in the year. Um, yeah, they sort of wanted a way to play back at goal, and they think they can sort of help with the way off the pitch. They like to roll off. I'm using my crap and crap and off-air. Yeah, it's been intriguing on me, What was the pitch for them? We talk about the position, and they've talked a little bit about how Jordan Roughhead departed at the midpoint of the season. Is that the type of role that you foresee yourself playing, Billy? Yeah, yeah, um, um, I do that's what I do after. Um, uh, I sort of, sort of a key back role and help Dark in um, and how and those boys sort of roll off a little bit. Um, that's what I want to be doing. So I think there's a spot for me and, um, yeah, hopefully I can take it. Obviously, it's not the, the first time you've moved clubs. You moved from Port to Adelaide, which must have been a, a big change for you. But now you come to Victoria. What's, what's the next few weeks looking like? Have you already moved? Are you starting to pack your bags? What does it look like for you? Um, yeah, it all happens pretty quickly. Um, but I'm, I was in Melbourne today, so just for a day trip, um, do a bit of media and um, that, see the club and do a tour and that sort of stuff, which was awesome. Um, the facility's unreal. So um, all that stuff was good. And then I'm, I'm heading back to Adelaide and I'm heading away for a week or so with my girlfriend. And then, uh, yeah, we're trying to iron out a house now for, um, for Melbourne. And once we get that, we'll be uh, looking to move over pretty quickly. I'm always intrigued by this, Billy. Where are you looking to live as someone who has been in <laughs> South Australia? Yeah, I mean, you don't yeah. have to give us the exact location, but where have you been looking? Yeah, I'm sort of looking around Richmond. I think that's what uh, everyone's been telling me is a good area, sort of in the mixer, um, close enough to the club and stuff. I think anywhere in those sort of suburbs, if it's not uh, not too pricey, I think, um, yeah, something there. Who's the player that you're most looking forward to playing with? I'm sure you've watched Collingwood from afar. They've had such a fantastic season this year, making the preliminary final. Fell just short of the grand final, of course. Who are the guys that you're most excited to team up with? Yeah, um, super excited to play with um, sort of the whole back line in general. But Braden Maynard, someone um, I think most people who watch footy um, admire him from afar, the way he sort of just goes about his game, uncompromising and um, 100% effort all the time. So, I love playing with people like that. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Darcy Moore, just how good he is um, as a defender. And then, um, yeah, I was pretty hard to go past Pendles um, with what he's done just throughout his whole career. So, I've been around guys like that. Um, only be a positive and, yeah, can't wait. 
We've just had Colin Youngwood, who's a, a part, of course, of Colin, Colin's uh, management team with, with Andrew McDougall as well, who's looked after yeah, your yeah. move. How have you found the last week and a half in terms of um, as it's played out? Did you get antsy at all as it dragged on a little bit? We thought it might happen early on. You had to wait an extra week before it was absolutely delivered. Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit of a nervy wait, to be honest, as, a, as time goes on and um, your family and all that start hitting you up about what's going on, um, if it's actually going to go through, sort of made me a bit nervous, but um, I was always pretty calm, pretty um, confident it was going to go through. Um, Andrew and, and Colin are really good and, and open with me um, in that space, and, um, and Colin would sort of gave me their assurances too, so um, I think there was a little bit of haggling going over, going on about um, sort of what my value is, but um, I was yeah definitely confident it was going to get done and um, even though it was late it was, uh, yeah we definitely take that Well Billy thank you for joining us on Trade Radio and you can't go wrong with Richmond it's very central and you'll get to everywhere you need to go in about 15 minutes so you're on the money there thanks for joining us That's it thanks guys thanks for having me, me. Billy Frampton off to Collingwood He's going to be, I think, quite a handy acquisition for them. Well, he's one of their priorities, wasn't he? Uh, Bobby Hill, uh, Dan McStay yep. as a free agent. Of course, Billy Frampton comes in to help add some depth and, and structure to that backline slash ruck roll as well. And now we wait and see how they go in the final day. Do they land Tom Mitchell? I think yep. the likelihood is that they still can get that done. Um, and Braden Freer, and he was probably at the back end of that priorities, mm. and that won't happen now. Stick with us on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Still plenty more to come. It's Deadline Day. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. So far today, three deals. Sam Wiedemann to the Bombers, Josh Shackey to the Demons and Aaron Francis off to the Swans. And that's why we head to our reporter, Josh Gablich, who's with Kinnear Beatson. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, I'm standing here with Kinnear Beatson, one of the most experienced men in the caper when it comes to list management. Kinnear, we spoke to you yesterday on Trade Radio about Aaron Francis. You got the deal done. Talk us through it. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to be able to get it wrapped up pretty quickly um, before lunch today, which was good. Um, in the end, we were happy to just slide back a couple of picks in the draft. We're expecting at least one of those selections to be gobbled up in um, matching uh, the bid for uh, Will Ashcroft. So we'll come in one further. And then to get the deal done, we threw in our future fourth to just get it done and move forward. And it was done separately in the end. At the early outset, it looked like it might be a three-way trade with Melbourne and Essendon. How come it was done separately? Oh, just easier to do the paperwork, to be honest with you, Josh. I mean, the deal between Essendon and Melbourne uh, was going to get done by itself. It didn't really de- uh, depend on us once we'd agreed to slide back to 42. So that gave Essendon 37, which we knew Melbourne wanted So for Wiedemann. So once that's done, yeah, it's um, pretty simple just to do it your own way. Let's go back to the test with Cal Toomey. Can you, when did you identify Aaron as your guy and, and start to meet him and talk about a potential move? Uh, Chris Kane, um, the guy that works with me in pro scouting and uh, data analytics, Cal, he'd been onto it pretty early and did a lot of work watching Aaron live and on vision and just felt that he plays his best footy in defence um, and the role that we're looking for. Um, he's got good athleticism in terms of his closing speed and ability to uh, intercept Mark and we're still looking for another one of those type of players. 
So I would have said halfway through the year we started to focus on it, but there hadn't been any real contact with Aaron or his management till the finals because, to be fair, once you're involved in finals, um, you've got to be really careful that information's not getting out because it can upset the playing group and just the harmony within the club. So I know, having worked with Lee at Brisbane and, and now John and Rusey at um, Sydney, the coaches don't want that type of <laughs> distraction. In distractions was one that put away in terms of uh, Buddy Franklin's deal as well. Was that almost a, a little bit of, of a sigh of relief to get that one done ahead of the grand final as well so that didn't carry on into the off-season? Yep, and I think it was for Bud as well. Um, just gave everybody some clarity in what that situation was. Um, took the pressure off us in terms of, well, if he's not there, where's another 50 goals coming from? You got a future first round pick last year in a deal with Melbourne, so you started the draft with 14 and 17. The club's been quite open to the fact that you had looked to potentially package them up. Is that still an option for you going into the next six weeks heading into draft time? Yeah, either to package them up or see what clubs might uh, come forward with regarding one of the picks. Uh, Riley, we're open-minded with that. If nothing happens, we're more than happy to go to the draft with 14 and 17 too. We think we'll get some good players there. But we'll, yeah, we'll have a really open mind of it. I'm not expecting that anything will get done today on that. I think that will be something that will occur once everybody's had a chance to catch their breath and potentially on draft night. Have you surveyed the talent come draft time? What type of players you might be looking for? You've got Angus Sheldrick last year, who's one of Cal's personal favourites, as we know. <laughs> what, what type of player would you be looking for this year? No, we haven't looked at the talent pool yet, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> That Touché. is one of the dumbest questions I've ever asked. I've ever heard asked, Riley. Seriously. No, look, we think the draft's really strong for midfielders and sort of running half backs and wingmen. Uh, not so strong in terms of the key position stocks and the ruck, but. Yeah, we'd, we'd be happy with taking players at those selections. Bailey Humphrey the other day actually said, who's a potential top 10 pick, he, he will be a top 10 pick, a player of the Gippsland Power. He said that you were the most entertaining um, club interview he had, which is unusual because you're not generally entertaining. <laughs> no. No. The, the one thing that I'm really disappointed about here... Cal is that I didn't get the opportunity to go and sit in Matty Lloyd's chair and have some makeup thrown on because at my age I need it. Hey, well, can you congratulations because you're also a newsbreaker uh, this trade period, breaking the news of Harry Cunningham and his new two year deal. But how buoyed are you by all these players signing on with the Swans and some really lengthy contracts to some up and coming stars too? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point, Sarah, because it's something and it's a reason why we haven't been terribly active in this period. Um, and we weren't last year. I know some pundits sort of ripped into us a bit because we lost Jordan and George. But similar to this year, we're pretty buoyant with the young group coming through. A lot of those players are still really young, like Tommy McCartan's 22, for God's sake. Um, Dylan Stevens is young. Chatty Warner's young. Robottom's young. Uh, Millsy's still a young man. Um, so we still think that we've got plenty to come in that age bracket. Um, what did surprise us a bit towards the end of the year was the seasons that Foxy, um, Ryan Clark and Sammy Reid had, and they were all deservant of extensions of their contract. This time three years ago, Tom Papley was the talking point. You're in the midst of his trade request to Carlton. Since then, he's had three back-to-back-to-back career best years and now re-signs for five years, a year out from being out of contract. What does that say about Tom, but also the club in, in welcoming him back and getting him to play his best footy because it must be such a relief heading into next year knowing you've got him sewn up. 
Oh, absolutely it is. And we've worked really hard to have players like Tom, um, Isaac Heaney, Cal Mills, those sort of players locked away, and, and Chatty Warner now for an extended period of time. It's really important to have those players locked in, and then you build your team around them. What it says about the club, I think it says plenty about how hard our welfare department works. Um, previously um, under the direction of Dennis Carroll, and those that have been around footy for a while know what a terrific person um, Dennis is, and now Brett Kirk and Phoebe Yago run that program and they're similar quality people but it is an area that we take great pride in and we have to because we still re relocate so many players so we've got to get it right and you know we're reasonably confident that we do a good job of it. Kinnear, thank you for joining I'm scared us. To, I'm not asking any more no, questions. No, no, you're done, you're done. Thank you for joining us on Dead Light Day. Thank you for delivering one of the true zingers. We're cutting that up, Riley, and putting it's that on up. replay. It's already on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I love do it. Some I love it. Just do some homework. Kinnear beats in there, the Sydney Swans list boss. Of course, the Swans getting the deal done for Aaron Francis. And you were saying, was it Bailey Humphrey was saying that the Swans yeah. are such a... A boring interview. Well, I don't think that would be the case, would it, with Kinnear? No, He's no, always no. got something up his sleeve. He normally waits till that draft show before he burns his kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone a little bit early. He's going to have two cracks at it this year. Look, they're going to be really interesting to see what they do take with those picks once they've surveyed the market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him enough Nablu games this year, I should have realised. <laughs> uh, and it, I think it's going to be difficult for them to package them up and get inside where they want to get to. I mean, if you're packaging up two first-round picks at that point of the draft, 14-17, you probably want to be inside the first six or seven selections. I don't know if they're going to find a taker to slide back that far because, in my view, there's probably eight players who've pushed themselves into that very top rung of the draft. And there's Will Ashcroft. We know where he's going. He's going to the Brisbane Lions, but then there's Elijah Sardis and, and Harry Sheasel. Aaron Cadman looks like being the number one pick uh, to the Giants. Uh, there's Ruben Jimby as well, who's come through. Um, George Wardlaw, I think I haven't mentioned yet. Um, there's Bailey Humphrey too. So Cam McKenzie's in that group as well. So look, there's a really good star quality about that. And Jai Clark's another one as well. So I think that group has separated themselves from, from the rest of the draft and, and to tap out of that, knowing that Ashcroft's one of them and unavailable, essentially, would be a big call. Stick with us on Continental Ties, AFL Trade Radio. It's deadline day. Oh, it's under three hours to go. And if you want to re-watch that zinger from Kinnear Beats and to Riley, it's already on Twitter, so go and have a look yourself. We'll be back soon. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. It is deadline day. Sarah Ollie Kaltumi and Riley Beveridge just coming to the end of our two-hour stint here at the desk. There's still a fair bit to be done, Cal. We know that Aaron Francis is off to the Swans, Wiedemann to the Dons and Shaki to the Ds, but there's a lot that needs to be done. Yeah, big dominoes still left to fall. Clearly, Josh Dunkley being one of them. Jago Mira's move mm. to Fremantle is a significant player now in this last under three hours that we have mm. of the trade period. Tom Mitchell within that too. Uh, Rory Lobb, Jeremy Sharp's clearly tied into that. Lockie Hunter now, um, his manager Paul Connors saying today that he's 50-50 to stay mm. at the Bulldogs. Melbourne with a level of interest there. Asava Radagalia, don't think there's anything that's progressed there as yet on that one. Cooper Stevens as well um, with interest from the Hawks as well to bolster their Midfield and Lloyd Mee clearly tied up in all that too. So it's a lot to get done. There's a lot to get done, and 
you know, Ollie Henry is uh, is mm. a big piece of the puzzle as well. Look, Ollie Henry's trade probably does live more in isolation than the rest of those. I always say trades don't live in isolation. That one probably <laughs> it's on an island. Probably is a little bit of an island, maybe a little bit of a bridge across. But uh, I think that that's going to be a huge talking point one way or another tonight, whether the Pies let him walk and then trying to get him back uh, at that point or whether uh, a trade is delivered for the Cats. He wants to get there, clearly. We've got some exclusive shots into the AFL drafting, wheeling and dealing rooms. We're really interested in watching the Brisbane Lions and the Western Bulldogs about half an hour ago. Well, that that shot, firstly, there was the AFL rooms. That's where the trades are confirmed by the AFL's list management team. Every club has to get involved uh, once they do a trade and, and sync up with the online meetings and deliver them. And then there's the Bulldogs room there, um, we see their recruiters milling about. Um, and then the Brisbane Lions, just a little bit earlier, we saw Sam Power in the Brisbane Lions rooms with uh, Dom Ambrosio thrashing out a potential deal on Josh Dunkley. So still a little bit of work to be done, I think, on that one. Still sounds like quite a fair bit of work to be done when it comes to that one. Riles, are you worried about any deals not getting there? Ollie Henry is, of course, yeah, one we've been speaking about, but any others? Look, not not the ones that we've cast out over already in terms of the names that have been raised throughout the trade period, like the Paddy Dows and the Braden Fiorinis, that we're pretty confident now they will stay at their remaining clubs. They're both contracted players. We think they, they probably won't move during this year's trade period. In terms of the ones that are hanging by a knife edge still, I think Ollie Henry's probably the biggest one, as we've spoken about. I have a level of faith that, that the Josh Dunkley deal and then all that are related to that in terms of Rory Lobb, Lloyd Meek, Jago Mira. Uh, will get done in the next two and a half hours, just over two and a half hours. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out and how they are eventually played out. But we always see the flurry. There's always the 7pm flurry. That's when they come. They start <laughs> knocking them down and then we align out the door to get into that AFL room that we've seen so many times already over the last couple of hours. There'll be a line out the door to get those deals done, to get the paperwork lodged. Do you just have to be in line? Do you have to be in line by, by 7.30 to get it done? If you're touching someone who's touching someone who's touching the room, I don't yeah. know how, the, how it works, but, but they'll in, be in line, I think. In virtual line. There's, look, there's... Um, just to paint the picture as well, there's a lot of activity in this room now. Yes. We see um, little conversations happening left, right and centre between list managers and and members of the media, and there's press conferences going on. We've obviously had uh, a flurry of guests on our show as well. There'll be some guests coming up soon with, with Damien Barrett, Matthew Lloyd, and Stephen Silvani as well, talking us through the next three hours. But it's it's quite interesting to see everyone on the precipice of action, but just waiting for something to actually unfold because mm. there is still the hold-off that's happening in a number of deals, I think. It is a little bit voyeuristic <laughs> up here. But time, what? time, having time is a bargaining tool as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's where, you know, you can make the trade period three days or 30 days. Yeah. You're probably still uh, going to have... Three hours. <laughs> no, we love, <laughs> we we love the continental yeah. ties trade period all the way through. But uh, you can have it for however long. There's still going to be stuff that gets held off to last minute because that's a bargaining tool for certain clubs. You mentioned the guests we've had on our show today on deadline day. Colin Young, one of them, of course, he is waiting to get the Rory Love mm. deal done. He seemed quite relaxed up yeah. here mm. on the desk. He might have a very good poker face. What needs to get done there, Cal? I think it's pretty linked to Josh Dunkley. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how the dogs are going to be able to satisfy all those deals or be satisfied on a Dunkley front and then satisfy 
the, the lob deal yeah. without getting that selection in. Um, they've sort of been open to doing it with second round selections you know, this year or next year in a combination of both. But uh, I think the, the Dockers are going to want something a little bit earlier. The other part of that now is that the Omira sort of cat out of the bag that he mm. wants to go there has created some other opportunities potentially that they need the pick. There's a desire for them to get a selection in yep. depending on what Hawthorne is willing to pay in that deal. We've seen three trades since the 3 o'clock embargo was lifted. Aaron Francis to the Swans, Sam Wiedemann to the Dons and Josh Shackey to the Dees. Riles, do you get a sense that there might be a hive of activity when it comes to delisted free agents? Yeah, a little bit. I think there's there's so many players at the moment that are without a contract going into this period, without a home going into this period, and sort of just have to wait to see um, what flows through. I mean, uh, Melbourne's a perfect example, but not a perfect example in the sense that if they didn't get Josh Shackey today and they had lost Sam Wiedemann or a club in a hypothetical situation, it's the same. We'll then survey the delisted free agency market to try and see if there is someone that can come in immediately and fill a void for them that has been on an AFL list before. I guess... The other part of this now is that clubs can fill needs right up through to the draft and then beyond that through the SSP period. So there's so many options for clubs to be able to fill list spots and list vacancies. goes right the way through and you'll see clubs hold over picks throughout the trade period and throughout the draft period for that, for that situation to unfold. And the quality of this year's draft has been a topic of discussion mm. between clubs this, mm. this week as well. I'm not expecting a very large amount of selections this year. Some clubs think it could be between 50 and 60 picks, which is obviously at the lower end. Um, there was a, a, a small amount a couple of years ago. That was a COVID-enforced in, in sort of move from clubs to, to make it that way. But I think we're going to see a pretty low amount in comparison to previous years prior to the COVID hit that stopped footy across the country. So that, I think, in a lot of ways has slowed some movement yep. and, and trades because clubs are being stuck with their picks. They can't move their picks. Yep. So that's making deals a little bit more difficult. The grass is always greener, but yeah. do you think the Little next, always the next crop... Exactly. But do you see that? I mean, no one knows the draft crop better than you. Well, I think the, the luxury of this year has been that we've seen under-17-year-old players mm. yeah. play because the last couple of years we haven't seen that. This year's draft is, in the 2022 pool, probably the unknown draft. We didn't see them much at 16's level. We barely saw them as well at under-17's level in, in a national form. So that's really difficult to sort of um, get weight on it. And I feel like there's probably a tax that's been associated with that as well in terms of that lack of development over the previous couple of years. So, look, next year is very exciting. There's a guy called Harley Reid. If you haven't seen his mm. highlights yet, go and find him because if he was in this year's pool, he'd be challenging Will Ashcroft for the number one outright pick, even as a 17-year-old. Yep. So there's a lot of Dustin Martin about him and the way he plays. And clubs are going to go gaga over him next year. But <laughs> he's one of only a few few who are very exciting and there's Zane Dersma, who's the younger brother of course. The Wizard? Of, the Wizard, Nick the Wizard Watson, <laughs> we love Nick the Wizard Watson he, he's a star, Ashton Moyer so there's a lot of players who are in that basket Alright, well you two have been stars on deadline days, you guys have been on the phones 24-7 I don't think much is going to change over the next two and a half and a little bit more hours, so guys <laughs> good luck with that and thank you for joining us on deadline day coming up after five Damo, Lloydie and Sauce, Josh Marnie from the Bombers to join the team, plus plenty more, just over two and a half hours remaining of the Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio period. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Popping butter champagne's on. Running up your mouth like it's all fine She looking like a Ah, oh, 
Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio 2022 moves into the final phase. This is the late trade, and we will be with you all the way through and beyond the 7.30pm Melbourne deadline for the 2022 player exchange series. It has already been one of the more busiest periods in this time, at least historically, recently speaking, guys. I introduced Matthew Lloyd and Stephen Silvani for the final countdown to this 2022 period. And Lloydie, there have been a lot of deals gone down, and we'll analyse all of those over the next couple of hours, but there's still a couple of really big ones that will shape some club seasons next year. It is, Damo, and uh, we're all over the Western Bulldogs and the Brisbane Lions at the moment because that's where it starts. And pick 21 I want to chat about off the top, and so it currently sits with the Brisbane Lions, pick 21, expecting that that'll be part of the deal that gets handed over to the Western Bulldogs for... Josh Dunkley. And a future first and a future as well. First. Yeah. And then also that pick 21 could then go to the Fremantle Dockers for Rory Lobb. And then it could end up uh, with Hawthorne uh, with the Jaeger O'Meara deal. So, uh, yeah, it's a fair bit to play out. With we do believe round. all those deals will mm. go down before close of play tonight. Sauce, uh, you were once uh, on the other side of that glass door uh, in, in a previous guise as the, uh, the boss of a couple of footy clubs. When it gets to this late stage, what, what are you looking for now? I mean, the, the games are over, aren't they? It's just you've got to get deals done. And, and you were notorious for stringing them right out <laughs> to the true. very end. Not true. Um, <clears throat> I, I just think, uh, look, Obviously, it's nice to get your deals done nice and early, um, but obviously there's some clubs right at the minute trying to get some deals done in the last couple of hours. So um, if, we, we, if we talk about the Dunkley deal, for instance, um, look, it's, it's, it's an area that I think probably Brisbane need to work hard at to be able to get him up there. They've committed to him, uh, so they've got to try and get that deal done. It's going to be interesting to see what Sam Power does, um, whether they can... Um, obviously come to an agreement, but uh, there'd be some anxiety, anxiety in both camps here because, um, and, and plus the manager actually getting involved as well because he'd be trying to push that trade as well. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that the manager would be walk, walking in and out of both uh, clubs' uh, rooms. So we're hoping that deal can get done. But look, having discussed it through the week, Damo, the future first and 21, you know, it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. It looks pretty good. Do they need to throw something else in? might just get the deal over the line. You, you put that up on the whiteboard uh, early in proceedings and, and nothing has changed significantly too far away from that uh, that outcome. Lloydy, uh, there's other couple of uh, bits of news, uh, again, that will happen, we, I believe, anyway, in the next couple of hours, and that is that uh, Lockie Hunter um, has uh, has had his people engaged properly mm. today, and it has been going on for some time, for him to, to follow uh, his former teammate, Josh Shackey, who's gone to Melbourne, also to the Demons. And... What do you make of that, just as an outset? It's yet to be locked away and it's yet to be made official, but, but it is in the, uh, the offing as we speak. That's going to be a fascinating one too. Uh, how much of, you know, he'd be on significant money, you'd think. Lockie Hunter, he's been yeah. a consistent top three to five performer. At least two years of remaining of a deal. Of a deal. Yeah. And, and so you look at the Melbourne Footy Club and you know, getting Grundy, and then if they get Hunter, it's just all in in terms of uh, where they are as a, a club in terms of winning next year's premiership and maybe the yeah. one after that. So everyone you know, talks about Richmond going all in, yeah. Geelong being in. Well, the, Melbourne all in at this point if they are to take Hunter as well. It is a further indication of yeah. that, isn't it? And I want to talk to you both um, over the next hour and a half, two hours or so, of the strengthening of the, the teams that have won five of the last six yeah. premierships. We, we've already discussed what the, the Tigers have done. We've, we've discussed what Geelong has done. And Melbourne now with the Grundy deal and a couple of other seasoned players coming through the mix. We, we will look at that issue in isolation in a few moments' time. But, um, Sos, again, you and I spoke on the late trade throughout the last couple of weeks. So 
over about the possibility of Hunter Clark leaving St Kilda and heading to North. Those talks too have reignited today, and, wow. and again with a couple of hours left, that that is still a possibility. So that's come late, yeah. like, which is unusual. Yeah. Um, particularly the fact that they had some interest early on in the trade period, and it just it just went quiet, didn't it? it so. Did. It just seems to suggest that maybe the manager might be um, pushing that to happen, and mm. whether Hunter Clark, knowing that he was a possibility to get to North Melbourne, then it had gone quiet, looked like it was off. Mm. I would suggest that maybe the manager might be pushing that one. Yeah, and there were some conflicting reports as to what the uh, the Saints were wanting to do in this trade mm. period, and then Jeff Walsh coming in relatively late as footy operations boss may have had it, well, well, did have a different uh, view on some of those outcomes, and I think the Hunter Clark situation got caught up in that, but to your point, as the as the deadline nears, it's back uh, it's back in play. So, have you heard, is that a swap for a player, or is it picks? I haven't got the details, yeah. no, and, and there was some uh, angst between those the two particular clubs this time last mm. year over the player Tristan Cherry from North, who yep. um, wanted to explore the possibilities of going to St Kilda, and, and a deal couldn't get done, so whether there's a long memory attached to, you know, St Kilda trying maybe yep. to hold on to Hunter Clark yeah. this time around as opposed to trying to get the player across. I think, Matty, when you've got a talented player like Hunter, for instance, uh, sure, he's had some injuries over time. And it, look, a change of club might be good for him. But you need to know what's coming up in this draft and whether it's going to be a pick in this draft or a pick in the future draft. We're all hearing that next year's draft's a really good draft. So that's a really important decision that um, the Saints need to make, that if they are trading for picks, is it going to be a pick... In this draft, or is it going to be one in the next draft? So it would relative, it would need to be a high pick in this draft because the word around town is that the, 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 the draft team seems to fall away a bit. So, But if they got a nice a first-round type pick next year, I, I, I see that deal it could possibly happen. The talk was, Soss, a future second-round pick plus something else right, uh, was, was the deal. But uh, it's an intriguging one why Hunter Clark, unless it was a four- or five-year deal from North Melbourne, would be looking to make this move. Yeah, you know, it's an intriguing one that uh, why he, he'd look to move from St Kilda yeah. to North Melbourne. So, so th- those two deals, they've been talked about uh, long before today. They were both put on ice for some time and, and clearly the, the, the Bulldogs when it comes to Lockie Hunter's future are, are up to their eyeballs in the whole Josh Dunkley negotiations with Fremantle, which as we know involves other clubs too. Um, Hawthorne with the Jager O'Meara movement desired anyway to, to the Dockers as part of all of that and, and Rory Lobb wanting to come back as, as part of all of it as well. So there's there's a, there's a bit going on in that Western Bulldogs room. It is, and um, you know, the last couple of hours too. It's the one which. What are they going to prioritise here? Is it is it going to be get the Dunkley one done, knowing that mm. he's still yeah. their player? Everything but, pivots off that. Yeah. yeah. It does, and and that was the way it was always going to be, and this was always where we were going to be too. With a couple yeah. of hours to go, this Dunkley yeah. one, when when Luke Beveridge at the Best and Fairest said they're going to have to pony Ma- up, well, yeah. yeah. But maybe if they do do the Hunter one, they've got something in their hands that they might be able to swap picks with Brisbane and also Fremantle. Oh, okay. So that that could be in play as and well. And just on the Dockers, like they don't have O'Meara commit to them this morning. If they aren't going to be able to get this deal done, they currently have selection forty four. Yep. So you'd think that there's going to be plenty of movement that's about to come for them to be able to get O'Meara through the doors. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had him commit to them this yeah, morning. That, that, that is the possibility, but they, they may look. I don't know what their future yeah, picks the are like, whether they, they deal in futures. I think the Hawks might want to look at those future picks. Yeah. So that that might yeah. come into play also, many. Mm. There's a likelihood this, the Hawks will be paying, um, if not 100% of O'Meara's fee for next year only, 
a high proportion of it or a high mm. amount out of it. I, I don't claim to know exactly what it is, but it is a the last of a, a good deal that he's been on. And, and certainly when GWS was engaging in talks with the Hawks about him at that stage going to them, those conversations were being had about the almost the full um, yeah. allotment being assigned to the... Uh, you know, to, to the club that once had him and, and the benefit being that he plays. So, so what, what type of money are we talking about? Uh, it'd be 650-plus, yeah. I, I would think. Um, and that would be slightly down, I think, on what he has been on. Um, yeah. When he first left Gold Coast to go to Hawthorne, it was uh, was more, and I believe he even left the Gold Coast on a, on a wicket that mm. was better than that. But, look, it's all, it's all to, to play out. Um, Soss, the 2015 draft... Um, three players who were taken in the top 10 have all officially found new homes today. Yeah. And it, but we've been talking about them for most of the last couple of weeks. But uh, Wiedemann officially finding his way to yeah. Essendon. He was picked nine in that draft. Uh, Francis, a couple of slots earlier from Essendon, finding his way to Sydney. And and uh, Josh Shackey, who was number two overall in 2015, finds a third footy club, this one, Melbourne. It's, uh, yeah. it's strange to be talking about these draft picks and how you haggle over two, seven, and nine, as those three guys were. And then seven years later, they're, they're basically yeah. moved off for for a third club in, in Shaki's case, for yeah. a, a, a pick in the 40s or 50s. Yeah, it just shows you, doesn't it? Like that, that was a pretty strong draft. When you go back and, and look at that draft, it was a relatively strong draft. So it just shows you there's, there's no guarantees in terms of those early picks. you know. But, and, and if you look at them, they're, they're tall players. So they're high risk when you take tall players. Mm. But you get them right, they're worth gold. Yeah. You know? So the, the man we're about to go to set this trade period alight when he broke the story that Jason Horn Francis wanted to leave Port Adelaide Footy Club. He's dominated uh, trade radio for two and a half weeks and he's got some uh, extra information on the Hunter Clark situation, uh, potentially leaving Saints to North Melbourne. Uh, Callum Toomey, welcome to the, the late trade. Hello, Damo, Lloydie and Soss. Yeah, just further to what you were talking about before, Damo, there has been some movement from, I guess, the Saints' perspective on this one. North Melbourne's pick number three has been open for offers, I guess you could say, since they moved back down the draft for pick two and pick three. My understanding is that the Saints are interested in packaging pick nine and Hunter Clark to get up to pick three. Now, there might have been some other picks thrown in there amongst that, but the Roos aren't going to do that. So that's just where that one sits on that front because clearly the Saints are trying to get up for that high-end elite talent. They, they might be able to get one at pick nine, but pick three obviously is a really different part of the draft. So using Hunter Clark, who has had a keenness to get to North Melbourne as a possible avenue to that, but North Melbourne got, not going to part for that one under that proposed deal. These are tense moments at this stage, Cal. Uh, the, the bad blood, or the angst may be a better word to use, a better phrase to use. This time last year when uh, the Saints wanted Tristan Cherry, North said no. Does this sort of behaviour and attitude and, and past come into it now? <laughs> Soss might know better than me, but recruiters and list managers have long memories and you can always remember these type of things. This time last year, as you say, Damo came down to the deadline, Tristan Jerry. So probably a good decision for him in the end. He became North Melbourne number one ruck and signed a three-year extension during the year. But I think on this case, it's going to be hard to see Hunter Clark move unless North Melbourne's willing to pony up with a pretty good selection. Otherwise, the Saints will probably keep him. Cal, you know the draft better than anyone. You're not missing out on Sardis or Sheezal, are you, for Hunter Clark and pick nine? Or George Wardlaw yeah. as well, Lloydie, who you would have coached against at Halebury as well. Look, there's a, a clear echelon right at that top end of the draft. There's Harry Sheasel, who I think is a very strong chance to end up at North Melbourne if they do keep both of those picks. And one of the midfielders, either George Wardlaw or Elijah Sardis, both players out of the Oakley Chargers program. I agree with you. I think that's the right move to stay at that point. But if they get a pick around the six or seven mark and another first round pick, then maybe that's something that they consider. 
Kel Turby, thank you. And we'll be crossing to you uh, throughout the course of the, the next couple of hours as we head to the 7.30 deadline and, and beyond because Cal will have more information behind the scenes than anyone else uh, in this vicinity at the moment. So it's just back to, sorry, that, that 2015 discussion we're having with the three players now making, making their, their way. D- do you see them playing roles, significant roles at their, at their future clubs? Wiedemann at Essendon, Francis at Sydney and, and, and Shaki at Melbourne. Look, I, I think uh, Francis at Sydney is an interesting one because I reckon that small ground will really suit him. And, and whether he plays back or forward, they do need another tall. And, uh, look, he's not overly tall. Like, he's not that 6'5 uh, type of player. But they need something up forward. We saw what happened in the grand final. They really lack, lack that another avenue through goal. And, and even down back, can he play down back maybe the third tall defender? Whereas a junior, he, he, he dominated when he sort of ran around the ground and was able to take his mark. So I don't mind that look. Um, <clears throat> Also, Wiedemann, he needs another chance. He probably mm. needs a, a start somewhere else. The question there is, is he going to be the tall forward or are they going to try him down back, maybe as a centre-half back, um, which I really liked him in his draft year, to be perfectly honest. We, we, we had him well, I, you know, had him ranking the top 10. Um, didn't play a lot of footy in his, in his 18th year, so he was highly regarded. So I would have thought that he would have come on a lot, a lot um, quicker than, than he has. Mm. And the, the other one is Shaki, and we know well, this is going to be his third club now. Yeah. So he's probably a little bit of a backup, I, I, I think, for, um, for Melbourne, have, losing Wiedemann. So, um, but whether he gets a chance and hit their style of football may suit him. Mm. Shaki and Francis don't have to break into top four sides. Whereas Wiedemann is breaking into trying to break into a bottom four side. So I think Wiedemann can play a lot of footy. I think the other two, for me, are depth players at their clubs. Francis is a, oh, was a high talent. To me, he's never been fit. Uh, he's had a few, obviously, health battles as well, mental health battles, as has Shaki along the way. So I, I think, uh, for me, those two more depth, whereas Wiedemann could play a lot more at Essendon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Different setup. yeah. yeah. Uh, still unknowns, too, on a, on a whole number of other players. The, the Ollie Henry situation, uh, I've got nothing to add to the the, uh, the toing and froing on that. And it was always going to be the one, Lord Owen Sauce, wasn't it, that was, was going to drag right out. I mean, it's, it's had that feel to it the whole way through. And I think it'll still be one that we do uh, are still talking about at about 7.20 tonight, that being 10 minutes before the deadline. Yeah, Lord, I, I see him as probably a late first-round pick. Um, I think the 25 that um, that uh, Geelong cats, yeah. uh, are offering up just seems a little bit light. I think he's ready to go in a sense. So uh, probably you look back on the Tanner Bruin uh, uh trade, that was probably the pick that I would have been trying to get from probably the the Cats to get that deal done. So it's going to be interesting do, are they able to do a trade? Can Collingwood actually mm. convince him that if they can't get that trade done, uh, done to stay at, at, at the Magpies? If you're the list boss of North, would you have already be speaking, have spoken to him by now to try and sell to him? Yep. Okay, because uh, I reckon there's a big... I don't think Geelong will offer better than 25, in my opinion. So then suddenly... I don't think they can. Yeah, so yeah. then he, walk, he says, I'm not going back to Collingwood. Yeah, I, I think the manager would have probably received a call knowing that the manager's going to go straight down uh, down the path. He's not going to buckle. He's going to try and get him to Geelong. Mm. So he'll see see that uh, through right through this trade period. If that doesn't work, I'm pretty sure that North Melbourne will be on the phone straight away. Or what can they do in the national draft to yep. put a huge price on his head? Well, they can. They can. They depending on where they Geelong will have a pick. They'll, they'll have that pick 25. Mm. So they can put a price on his head. 
and see whether he can get to 25. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, that could be a possibility. Mm. But I think another club might snap him up in the teens. Before then. Yeah. yeah. You are listening or watching Deadline Day for MEGT. Build your best workforce with MEGT.com.au and Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll be back shortly and we'll take a look at the Tom Mitchell situation heading to Collingwood seemingly. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. This is Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio 2022. The Hawthorne Football Club is going through a cleansing of sorts from the Alastair Clarkson coaching days and the Sam Mitchell leadership of it. There were a lot of players put up for trade last year and nothing much happened. But it's happened again. It's happened again late as we speak. Jager O'Meara expected to end up uh, back in his home state of uh, WA and to specifically the Fremantle Dockers. And, and Tom Mitchell has been now for some weeks linked heavily and we expect to go down tonight as a Collingwood footballer. What do you make of it, guys, with how uh, they're going about their list <laughs> build under Sam Mitchell? Well, they said last year, didn't they, um, Matty, that they, they wanted to try and get some players out and they, they, they had those really honest discussions with some of their ageing uh, players that they wanted to try and rebuild that uh, that list, that football club. So, And it's probably happening 12 months later, mm. isn't it, with Mitchell and, and Jager going out, uh, looking like they're going to change clubs. Obviously, Gunston's gone as well. So McAvoy really, retired. McAvoy, yeah, so it's, um, it's going to be interesting over the next sort of two to three years in terms of what uh, their performance is going to be like. It's, it, it is, I've sort of been in the situation, uh, even at Carlton, when I first got to Carlton, we probably, we probably cut the list too deep. Mm. You can see that now, don't you? Yeah, I can. Um, you know, it probably wasn't fair on the, uh, the current coach or that coach at the time, which was Brendan Bolton. We, um, we really relied on um, not getting a lot of injuries. When we did get an injury to one or two of our, our, our older players, it really did affect our performance on the field. But I think this has been um, driven by Sam Mitchell, though. This is what yeah. he wants. So... Obviously, um, they're happy to to go into a season knowing that it's a development stage for them. Sure. So, really, what the Hawthorne supporters are going to have to look at is effort, and effort's going to be the one that, that the thing that uh, they're going to have to gauge their their performance on because the way they're cutting their list, I can't seem really, but can't seem finishing higher than probably you know fourteenth, fifteenth. What do you make of it, Lord? Oh, I've been there before too in my last couple of years at the Bombers where we just were getting cut so thin that even the younger players didn't like it because you're getting opportunities but you're also looking for you know, support and you're looking for you know, advice and you're looking to for some consistency but you just can't get any consistency because there's too many kids playing and when you're getting belted and losing every week, it's it's not a great feeling. So while it might be great getting games into young blokes it's also not a great feeling for anyone when you're losing all the time and I talk about it with uh, you know teams like the you know, Gold Coast Suns they don't really know what winning is uh, and, and even the Bombers a lot of them just Michael Hurley just retired and a lot of those guys at the Bombers now don't know what a winning mentality is and that's what I think you've got to be careful of with cutting it too fine like I think Hawthorne are. I, I tend to agree I, I love what Hawthorne how they played this year I love how Sam Mitchell coached this year so 
Um, look, they've obviously planned for this in a sense, whether they go and get some mature age players, you know, that have been delisted that are going to be there for a year or possibly two years. So they probably see some value in Mitchell and Jagged in relation to um, being able to bring in draft picks for whether it's this year or next year. So um, the currency on them, though, isn't isn't what they once were. Clearly, I mean, you're not dealing with a, the Brownlow Medalist currency of Mitchell and, and Jago will. Not require much, no. so that might be that pick twenty-one, but only because that's what they've. No, they've got. it may be, um, and but whether that's twenty-one, what what they can do with that that particular pick, whether they can, whether they see a player there when they go to the draft, will they trade that player out? Uh, sorry, that that pick out for a future pick, but what they're obviously doing is saving a lot of money. Hmm. Um, so they're saving a lot of money. So you would think that in the next probably. I'll go to the draft for the next year or two, try and get as much young talent through the door, but also attack the free agency market to see what they can get back. So I would think that it's going to be some some hard yards over the next sort of 24 months for them, but they'll be in a really good position from a TPP point of view to be able to attack the free agency market or... Um, you know, bring a player in through a trade. But having said that, it's really difficult to bring players in from another club when you're a low club. When when when, when you're we're when seeing you're that this bottom. trade, yeah. So it's yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. But it's it has been done before. And Dave, I'd be wrapped, I'm wrapped for them, and their managers have to work hard to get them because I think we saw with Isaac Smith, uh, he he would have rotted away at Hawthorne. He may well be out of the game if he stayed there because they were moving him on as well. He becomes a premiership player. So Tom Mitchell and Yago O'Meara suddenly a chance to win flags and extend their careers mm. by leaving Hawthorne. So it's a, it's a really great opportunity for them. From what I can gather, though, it has come as a, as a bolt out of the blue for Jager this time around. I know he was thrown up last year, but until the weekend, I, I believe he didn't really think that we'd be talking about this tonight, that, that, that he may be finding a new home. And, and obviously the initial interest was in a GWS. Uh, it then reverted to, well, maybe post my football career, I do want to go back to my home state anyway. The Dockers have got involved on that, and um, he, he's had some 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 moments behind the scenes. I've been told in the last forty eight hours, which which are quite apprehensive for him and, and people around him. How it's all unfolded? Really? Well, I mean, you look at someone like the, the Giants, for instance. I couldn't imagine him going to oh, look. I could imagine because he's good mates with Stephen Cornelio up there, so I could see that. But really, to finish off your career, the choice of going to the Giants or Frio, who are obviously playing finals footy. I think he'd like to try at least get to a grand final, play in a grand final. So by him picking free, I think it's a good move for him um, that you know maybe he can finish off his career with the chance of playing in a grand final. Uh, had he been at the Giants, I think they're a little way off just at the minute. They, they, you know, so, yes, they're going to rebuild, uh, but that might take another sort of three to four years to get them to a, a point he where they're in a that final? Sort of spot. O'Meara, he wouldn't. Yeah, didn't at the Suns, obviously. But uh, would he have Hawthorne actually played in a finals game? So just, just off the top, I don't know whether he yeah. was there when the Hawks were still making finals under Alistair Clarkson. We can mm, check that. Too. Yeah. Tell me, take me through what you you make of the the midfield group that we know to be the case for Hawthorne next year. We know that John Newcomb's now been in the system basically eighteen months, a, a mid season draft selection from twenty twenty one, and stood up as as a, as a seasoned AFL player in a short period of time. You got Ward, you've got Moore, you've got Nash. Warple, Morrison, Impey. It's not a high-calibre midfield, is it? But one that Sam Mitchell is clearly prepared to, to work with and persevere with, with the, with the additions you'd think of some kids out of this year's draft. Where does Will Day play when he establishes himself? Because yeah. uh, Connor McDonald's another one who will be hoping to break into that midfield. But 
Yeah, Will, because I'm saying who's the cream, like the cream of the cake. Like Newcomb to me will never ever be, to my opinion, like a Sal Wood or a high class player like yeah. that. But uh, who? who... I, I think he'll bring. Yeah, I agree to you. I mean, Selwood's almost once yeah. once in a generation type player. So, but I, I think he'll bring that hardness yeah. and, and and that grunt. So, yeah, look, they, they obviously they obviously see that they've got to go to the draft and and try and get some midfielders through the door. And this is probably the reason why they're doing it. Because, in fairness, you know, you look at Jagan, you, you look at uh, Tom Mitchell. They've probably got two years left mm. in them. So, what happens then? You know, so. I, I like their boldness, but the the, the downside is is that they're going to be they're going to uh, face some difficult mm. twelve twenty four months where we could see some blowouts and mm. and supporters, you know they they get restless, but they're, they're going to have to have a strong board. They're going to have to get to their supporter base and, and preach what they're doing, sell the messaging in terms of what they're doing, just so people don't get restless at that football club. And Damon, just want to, on, on Fremantle, uh, where does this, what does this mean for Fife, for example? So you look at the forward line of Fremantle and you go, yeah. so one area, I think the back line's really strong, and then you've got obviously Sarong, Brayshaw, Will Brody, uh, and I thought you know, maybe Fife, yeah. but uh, now with O'Meara coming come in, yeah. do they try and protect I don't know, change the role of the yeah. bang and crash. For so, so I thought, Matty, that when Mundy sort of uh, retired, mm. I thought, okay, they'll they'll put Fife into mm. the midfield now, and he, and away he goes. I think I think he's still capable of mm. being a really really good player. I, I don't know where O'Meara is really going to play, to be honest, because his body is a worry, his knee is a worry. So, um, you know, how much football will they get over out of him in the next sort of 12, 24 months? So. That's probably the question mark, because when I, when, when Jager is fit, he's a really really good player, but he struggles to sort of put four or five games mm. together, and he's he's out for a couple of weeks, two three weeks. And then you had the the other layer of regular long distance travel from being a Fremantle yeah. player. You just don't know what that does to him in this late to yeah. stage of, of his career. Look, we'll continue to look at, at this issue, um, where those players, O'Meara and Mitchell, are in the next couple of hours. Uh, we'll continue to look at the, the wider picture of what's happened in the 2022 exchange period. I do want to desperately at some stage uh, soonish also get the, the intel off, off both of you as, as to the rich getting richer out of this trade period. It wasn't meant to be set up this way with draft picks and, 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 and players being exchanged to help the successful teams instantly, yeah. and that's what's happened here so I want to get what you may both have as solutions for it but we need to take a break now because on the other side of it we're going to touch base with the general manager of footy at the Essendon Football Club Josh Marnie we'll do that next on the other side of this on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio Trade up to Continental Tyres engineered in Germany proven in Australia search Continental Tyres today Good to have you with us on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio 2022 deadline day. We're going to head straight out now to the phones and speak to the general manager of footy of the Essendon Football Club in Josh Marnie, who uh, helped today get the deal done to have Sam Wiedemann head across from Melbourne to the Bombers. Josh, thanks again for your time today on Trade Radio. Just take us through the uh, the background of the uh, the thinking that gets Sam Wiedemann to the Bombers, please. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Damo. Yeah. Good evening, guys. Um, yeah, I think the thinking is that we need some, some more support up forward. You know, Peter Wright had a great year this year and kicked over 50 goals and was our main target and um, yeah, won our best and fairest. 
and we've been trying to find some more support for him. Uh, we've got some young talent coming through and Harry Jones and you know, Zach Reed as well and Nick Cox you know, as tools. We just felt like we needed a more mature player that can come in and play a role for us. And Sam comes in at you know, 24, 25 years of age, he's played 50 AFL games and you know, I've obviously had an insight into the type of player he is and what he can contribute to us. So I yeah, really have to, to bring him on as, um, to join Essendon. I was about to raise that. I mean, you, you as a footy club uh, previously at Melbourne took him at number nine in the 2015 draft. So you've seen him evolve. You, you saw him play a, a final series in 2018 that almost had him poised to, to become a, a dominant forward and it hasn't quite worked out for him since. What have you seen in, in the period since 2018 to now which, uh, where he's crying out for opportunity right now? Yeah, I think there was also a really good period in 2020 during the COVID year where he probably for seven or eight weeks was the main forward for Melbourne and kicked multiple goals for, for that period of time. And then I think since uh, Ben Brown's joined, Tom McDonald's come back into some form, it's just been starved of opportunity. And we know that opportunity is one thing and he's got to grasp it when he does get that opportunity, uh, as a lot of players do. But we think that for the role that we're going to have uh, available, uh, he's going to give him every chance to, to make that his own. Josh, do you only see him as a, a forward? Will there be any consideration of possibly playing playing him down back? Some about uh, down back, Sost. Um, the other part is probably the ruck, that he uh, did play a fair bit of ruck late in the year um, at VFL level. So, yeah, he's got some flexibility in his game that he's, he's probably been forced to um, build into his game just because of lack of opportunities as a forward. And yeah, we see that as a positive as well. This. If that was that ruck option, he could be our second ruck and then Peter Wright can stay stay forward or, if you, as you mentioned, as a key defender. Um, it, it makes sense that he should be able to play behind the ball uh, with the way he reads the ball when he's marking um, his ability to mark the ball. So it certainly gives us some options. Josh, bringing uh, Will Setterfield into the team, do you see him, you know, when you bring him in, you give up a late pick for him, but do you see him as a starting four midfielder to be able to bring some size to your midfield group and allow for other guys. I don't know, do you look at Parrish and, and Merritt and Shield and these guys being able to play forward more to add more to your forward line as well? How do you uh, set a field coming in, what he can do straight away for you? Yeah, good evening. Yeah, yeah, certainly a, a role that we've, we've needed. Um, you know, he comes in at 192 centimetre uh, midfielder and you know, that's just going to yeah, really help with our size of our midfield. And I think we've been trying to add some flexibility into all our midfielders and been slowly being able to get that into some players, um, but it has to be more and more a focus for us is that, you know, Darcy and Zach and Dylan Shield uh, have to play some different roles at different stages. Andy McGrath probably went off halfback a fair bit late in the year, but we think that Will can come into that group of guys. He's shown some flexibility, can play in the wing as well, but to come in and, and play at that height um, and his running ability is, is certainly a, a, an attraction for us. Josh, it was uh, made public in the last uh, fortnight that Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody, was keen to return to the AFL. And there was some links to the Dockers. There was also some obvious links to, to your club. Do, do you know where conversations along those lines are at right now? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, well, I met with Brad Scott last week um, and they've had some conversations. So, yeah, at this stage, it was that he was, was keen to, to look at the potential of returning. And, you know, if that was to be the case, you know, we'd certainly, you know, look at, uh, making sure that Eston was a, a viable option for him. So it was only the, probably the first conversation and we'll look to follow it up over the next few weeks. How do you do that now? Does it need to be done um, prior to the draft with your, your, your swap selections or how do you get access back to the, the player who was yours? He, I suppose he's still in your books, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. He's still a listed player for us. So yeah, there's a number of different list lodgements um, throughout the next two months that you have to uh, put in. Um, so you yeah, will just work through that. But um, yeah, the main thing is that 
he's in a good headspace, which um, you know is a real positive for everyone, and he's thinking about returning because um, you know it's probably a bit different to ultimately why he made his decision uh, middle of last year. Josh, you got selection four in the national draft. Obviously, at that pick, it's, it, most will say it's best available player. But is there a particular type of size player that you're looking for to to bolster on your playing list? I only just pretty much discussions with the guy, the recruiting guys, has been that's probably going to be a midfielder um, at that sort of pick at this stage. But yeah, there's still a fair bit to play out. You know, at the moment, we've we've got pick four, but as you know, you can trade picks right up until draft night, and if an opportunity came out, we'd, we'd definitely look at that as well. But we don't want to waste this opportunity to have high-end talent. But um, yeah, Rob Forster and I and Adrian will do a lot of work on that and we'll make some, some calls on, on who we're really going to target with that pick or if we look at potential options with um, trading that, that pick as well. Is that to move up or, or back in, the, in that draft, Josh? Um, most likely to move back. You've split it a bit, yeah. Uh, well, talk before about the, the 2015 draft, how three players from the top nine selections in that draft have, have moved uh, homes. You've brought one in in Sam Wiedemann. You've also lost one in uh, Aaron Francis, who you've uh, allowed go to Sydney to, to continue his AFL story. Yeah, we have. And, you know, Aaron, you know, very similar to the same, the same draft, probably not played the same amount of games. And um, there's going to be a number of players also during this trade period to probably put Will in that category as well that um, you know, changing clubs are changing a new environment can sometimes create some opportunities you can see them at their best and that's certainly what we think for Sam and then you know, Sydney obviously see that for Aaron as well so yeah, Aaron uh, was a, a swing man for us a lot of the time um, the last few years he played he tra- tried to play a role up forward for us uh, we know he's a talented player and you know, wish him all the best at the Swans it was uh, announced, I think, yesterday. Or an email was sent out about uh, part of the review and where, what you want to bolster within your footy club. Uh, one of those roles was in bolstering the development, uh, the development of your your players coming through. Have you identified or you're close to appointing someone in that regard of you know, heading up the development program at, at the Bombers? Yeah, it's part of we're going through that process at the moment. It's really sitting down with with Brad Scott, and he's just only just started you know, a week and a half ago. He's looking through the structure and and looking at uh, what we've currently got. Uh, we have added um, some roles in development already with Michael Hurley coming involved and also Travis Cloak um, coming to be involved in development. So headcount-wise, there's going to be a few more coaches in development, but yeah, we certainly want to appoint a head of development as well. So we'll start uh, moving on that as quickly as we can. We do need to ask this question when it is uh, deadline night. Uh, Josh, uh, with the one hour and 47 minutes remaining, is there anything else that the Bombers may be doing? No, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and it's going to be pretty exciting uh, last couple of hours, but um, yeah, nothing uh, right in front of us right now. Appreciate your time tonight, and, and again, thank you as always for your uh, input onto uh, each and every single trade radio and trade exchange period. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the night. Enjoy the night. Josh Marnie, head of uh, the Essen Footy Club, and uh, as he did allude there, and, and once Brad Scott was appointed as, as coach of the Bombers, guys, they, they weren't going to be doing anything um, extravagant in this period and, and they've uh, they've treated it that way and, and got in a, uh, a player of sizable talent. Um, it's up to him and them now to make it work. They haven't given away a lot, have they? Like, like they've brought in Setterfield pretty much free, free hit there. Um, you've got, you've got uh, Aaron Francis, uh, he's gone out and that's pretty much a swamp mm. in, in, in relation with, with Wiedemann. So what what's come in and what's gone out is... Is, there's not a lot, so I think they've they've, they've held onto the, the most of their draft picks. They're going to attack the draft like they they pretty much said when when Brad Scott was actually uh, appointed as coach, and um, they've brought in a couple of needs. Um, whether they're going to be 
top-line players. Well, we'll wait and see. But they're still young. They're right in that, 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 that sweet spot of, of if, if they are going to make AFL football, mm. we're going to know pretty quickly. It's interesting, Damo, the question you asked and the follow-up about potentially sliding back from pick four. I know Sydney Swans have pick 14 and 17. They're desperate to slide down the order. And it's interesting that uh, where they could target a club like Essendon mm. to you know, want more picks, potentially. Um, so that's always a tricky one, I suppose, yeah. Sauce. Uh, if, if you can see a player that you could get a little bit later or do you get two for the value of one? But, um, yeah, a lot might happen there. Particularly when you see the draft where it might be you've got the top end and then it can be very, very even yes. for the next sort of 15, 20 picks. So if they can split that pick mm. um, for a couple of multiple picks, um, clubs are tending to go that way now. It is exciting that they've got an indication at least that, that Anthony McDonald tipping what he wants to resume with the Bombers isn't it? I mean uh, there was a Fremantle connection there at one stage of the, yep. uh, the narrative around it and, and Lordo it's a, yeah. he's a massive loss wasn't he when he wasn't able to play this year and then he made the decision to, to walk away. Huge loss uh, Anthony and he's got so much talent but he lost the want to play the game so that's where yep. for whoever, which, whichever club considers him uh, you've got to look at yeah, look him in the eye and say, how much do you want this? Are you willing mm. to put in the work? Yeah. And so, so, to so Lord, you, you've watched the, the Bombers a mm. lot. So I, I reckon they've really missed him. Yeah. They've missed him speed, his speed. Even when Devin Smith was up and going, I mean, he had speed in that forward line. Take those two players out. They haven't got a lot of energy in mm. terms of their, 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 their small players up there. So to be able to get him back, I think he'd be a huge... Um, a huge plus for that mm. football club, and you'll get some excitement. And just when he's around the ball, even at the, the mm. foot of the small, uh, the, the tall forwards, something seems to happen. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm sure they're trying very hard to convince him to play at that football but club. But I do again. believe, though, Damo, that Justin Longmuir is the one that's triggered off this want to play right through those guys having a relationship. So it's, does he want to go and live in Perth and play for Fremantle or? Yeah, the Bombers who have the rights to him at this point in time. Well, where, so, Where's yeah. he originally from? Is he Victorian or...? or it's a good question. Uh, or New yeah. South Wales? Yeah, I'm Western. not sure. Tiwi Islands. We're going to take a, a break because on the other side of it, we're going to touch base with uh, a gentleman who is still very busy in this trade period. Chris Davies of the Port Adelaide Football Club have already landed the, the big one. The, and in fact, the big two, actually. Two of the big three. Jason Horn francis and Junior Rioli. They do want to also have Asaba Radigalia on their books before 7.30pm Melbourne time close, which is deadline of the 2022 trade period. This is deadline day for MEGT. Build your best workforce with megt.com.au You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Welcome back to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio 2022. We're down to uh, an hour and 38 before the deadline, the 7.30pm Melbourne time deadline. We will be with you, Stephen Silvani, Matthew Lloyd, Damian Barrett, with you all the way through until that moment and beyond. And Soss, uh, we've got access, exclusive access on afl.com.au to the locked-off cameras where all the meetings are taking place. Now, while there appears, as we can see there, to be 
Not a lot of activity, and there's uh, we've got a, about ac- access to four or five cameras. Now, there's the Brisbane Lions room. That, that's a key one, given their desired acquisition of uh, of Josh Dunkley. And in a few moments' time, we'll flick across to the uh, the Bulldogs room. There it is. And there's not a lot going on. But tell us what does happen in these moments. You're just waiting till it gets to 7.23 before you pull the trigger. Is that a manager in the bottom right, too? Is yeah, that it's Colin, Colin Young? Young. Yeah, it's Colin's bit of movement. Well, he's the manager you know? of uh, Rory Lobb. So he's yeah. desperate to have Dunkley transacted so that... Uh, he can then get him off the Fremantle books into the, the Bulldogs. And then there's Jager O'Meara also waiting on all of this and Hawthorne wanting the pick 21 that's involved in all of it. But what do you do in these moments, Sauce? Do you just wait until and it's, just keep not, everyone... Is it make it about you as well? Is no, it's not pleasant when you've got a lot to do. I can tell you the last hour. So, um, look, it's nice to get all your all your work done before you get to the, uh, to the last couple of hours. But um, Well, speaking of that, there is someone who's done uh, a lot of heavy lifting to this point. And we will go across now to the... Uh, Deadline Day Plasma, where Cal Toomey has got a man who has, uh, I think, probably won the trade period to a certain point. Uh, Cal? Yes, I do, Damo. It's Chris Davies, the head of footy at Port Adelaide. Chris, massive period for you I've already. You've landed Jason Horn francis and Junior Rioli. Will you add Asava Radicalia this afternoon and tonight? Look, we're trying. Um, yeah, clearly Geelong have, you know, have got the, uh, the whip hand there. We, we've had pick 33 on the table for a couple of days and... Uh, you know, with with Geelong, you know, up to making a decision. So, you know, what's happening in our room at the moment? I think uh, we brought the old Test match, um, you know, board game in, and I think Anthony Parkins in there you know, batting at the moment. So we'll just have to see how uh, Geelong go. How are you hitting him? Uh, I'm hitting him still as well as I used to as when I was a cricketer. Yeah. I've only seen that footage of Ian Harvey bowling you though. There's a lot of that sort of vision that comes out when uh, when there's in Harvey's birthday or the you know an anniversary or anything like that, isn't there? But uh, yeah. Will you try and get a second-round pick in the future? Is that more appealing for Geelong, do you think? And do you think if you could land one of them, Asava could be yours? Well, I think, in fairness, Jason Cripps has, has done the rung around and I'm not, you know, not really sure that there's, uh, there's anyone who's interested in that at the moment. So, look, we'll, we'll keep trying. But, um, yeah, I think the longer this goes on, clearly, the less likely it is. What percentage chance do you think? Uh, let's say 50-50 for the moment, Cal. And, and uh, in half an hour's time, we'll, it'll probably be less than that. Damo, over to you, Sauce and Lloydie. Yeah, just I know you've spoken a few times, Chris, since the uh, exaltation of, of landing Jason Horn Francis. Uh, now that it's done and you've got him, was it relatively an easy process given the complexity attached to it from the very outset that you were about to rip the, the number one draft pick overall from the other club that had him, North Melbourne, after just one year? Well, look, I mean, Jason Cripps, let me be really clear, Damien, that uh, I'm not the front man for these things. You know, I'm, I'm just the good-looking bloke on the media at the moment. But, um, look, you know, Jason and, you know, Rowan O'Brien, um, you know, Brady and Jason McCartney, you know, Soss would know, some of these things aren't necessarily adversarial. You know, you go into these things wanting to get an outcome, and in fairness to those four guys, it was really clear what they all wanted to achieve. And so being able to, to pull it together is a is clearly... You know, something that uh, needs to be worked through. But I think, in fairness, um, everyone got out of the trade what they wanted to. Chris, how many scenarios were there in terms of trying to do that trade? Yeah, there were, look, there were, there were a number. And, um, you know, Jason lobbed on me on, on Friday that we had to go to the AFL and see if they would allow us to trade our future second pick. So, you know, I asked the AFL late on Friday night. I'm not sure... Andrew Dillon was expecting the email, but he came back to me pretty early on Saturday and said no. So uh, yeah. we moved on pretty quick from there and, and the, the group got together and, um, and were able to rehash you know, the deal that was on yeah. the table. Congratulations on, on, on your trade period to your footy club. You've done an amazing job. Jess on Asava, do you think the fact that he's still contracted and that 
what you've brought into your football club is actually going to help you, that this is almost a missing piece for you in some sense and you're going to be competing against Geelong. Do you feel that this trade is more unlikely to go ahead knowing that he's going to make you a better football club? That's probably a question for Geelong, Sauce, really. But, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, we wanted to bring in a, a midfielder who's got supreme talent. We were able to tick that with with Jason. Obviously, we, we had discussions with um, Jack Graham uh, and Josh Dunkley before that. So, you know, we end up with Jason Horn francis We're really, really pleased with that. Uh, Junior Rioli comes into an area of the ground that we've probably, you know, struggled in. So, um, you know, we hope we can get him fit and, you know, get Fantasia fit. And, you know, adding those two should make us better, I think. Um, you know, we've certainly missed a taller defender over time, and um, and Asava, you know, fits that bill. Um, you know, pick 33 in the draft. If if we don't get him, then we'll you know we'll look to attack that in the draft probably. Chris, I'm always fascinated on who gets the ball rolling or what gets the ball rolling. So you only let us in with Jason Horn Francis. Is it that you guys initiate and ring, or does a, a phone call come from the management of Jason saying there's an opportunity if he could come, he'd like to come? Be able to let us in on how this first started with Jason. Yeah, I mean, the responsibility for us in South Australia is to really keep in touch with any South Australian player who goes into state. So we, we take a great focus, as I know Adelaide do, to, to make sure that we're staying in contact with all of those players. You know, in this situation, obviously, we had a couple of things fall over. And so you know, I think Ben Williams you know, ultimately you know, came to both Adelaide clubs and, and said, look, Jason's interested in coming home. Um, and then it was up to, to both clubs to put their best foot forward. Clearly, we had probably a bit of an edge with um, with Fabian, you know, his father playing for, for our club. So we're just really pleased to get through that period and, and you know, now to, to have him at our club, you know, we think he's going to make a difference. And the ability to, to transact as you have without losing a player yourself, you adamant that was the case. Other clubs asked the question. Dan Houston was one of those players. There were others. Um, that must be satisfying too, to, to emerge with that still all intact. Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, you know, Jason Cripps was very clear from the start with the clubs that we didn't want to um, you know, trade someone of, of Jason's calibre in and, and just have another one of our talented players leaving. You know, we've taken seven first-round picks in the last four drafts. I think it's, you know, third, the third most behind Gold Coast and, and GWS. So really keen to hold on to all of those players. Chris, um, just with what you've been able to do and the, the fact that you've dealt with future picks, do you think there um, should be any loosening of the rules in terms of dealing with future picks? Yeah, we, we had a crack at it, as you know, Sos, um, and the AFL clearly had no discretion this year. I think in fairness to all of the list managers here, if you ask that question, um, if everyone knew going into the trade period that you had the capability to trade multiple future round picks, uh, you know, future picks in, um, in the next year's draft, I'm sure that the clubs would be um, willing to look at that. I've, clearly, it's a conversation that the AFL have, have, have wanted to have. You know, they're in a position where they don't want to have clubs mortgaging their future. But um, you know, I think the balance is struck. I think we're, we're now maturing as an industry that we're probably it's the next iteration of what the AFL need to do. And I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if it's not in for next year. Chris Davies, thank you uh, for your time tonight on Deadline Day of Trade Radio. And, and as always, each and every year you do uh, present and you, you give us the up-to-the-minute information as best you can. And you've done it yet again in 2022. And it is greatly appreciated from all of us here at Trade Radio. Good on you guys. Thank you. Chris Davies, who, as Kel Toomey did allude to, is a, or was a very, very handy first-class cricketer um, many, many years ago. Um, they are going to be, I reckon, considered sauce. When, and you will at some stage of the next hour or so just wade through your, your, your assessments of how the clubs have performed. You've always been one, and I subscribe to your theory too. These are 10-year assessment projects, aren't they? You can't judge what they do. But 
we react off what is happening in, in yeah. every single trade period, and it's going to be hard to beat the club that uh, landed the last year's number one pick. Yeah, well, well it is, and um, you know, it's it's uh, everyone loves that number one pick, but it's it's what uh, what price you give up, you know. So the Giants have got the number one pick in in terms of this uh, national draft, but the fact that Port Adelaide have been able to get Horn Francis through the door. Um, and, and do it relatively late, in a sense. Um, to get that deal done, you've got to take your hat mm. off to them. They've got a really... I think they've got a really, really good player. It's how quickly, probably, um, emotionally, he matures. And, and, and there's going to be some pressure on him going back to Adelaide as well. So there's going to be that ex- uh, expectation. I think there'll be some niggle in terms of other teams with him as well, knowing that you know you might be able to get underneath his skin. Mm. So he's going to have to mature quite quickly from a mental um, a mental stance in a, mm. in a sense. Look, they seem now to be, if they weren't already, absolutely all, all in mm. on on what happens in twenty twenty two. And and while Jason Horn Francis himself has referenced the stability aspect of that club against the instability of the one he's leaving. He won't be saying that if they're 0-5, and five, as they were in 2022. And that was coming off consecutive preliminary final appearances, wasn't it? So how do you see them right now? I mean, do you, do you see the 2020 and, and 2021 Port Adelaide before the prelim final loss to the Bulldogs? Or, or are they what we saw in 2022, the 0-5 and five team that's scrounged itself out of that position but ultimately was a fair way off? Good question, uh, Damo. I think that uh, they're far better than what they showed. Uh, I think that their midfield, though, did look off off the best sides at times. So that's where Jason comes in. It's just, what can Jason offer? He's only played, what, it's a 15, 16 15, game player. Yeah, but I think, I think, you know, Bokes, that year older again. Willem Drew is just an honest guy. Uh, Wines didn't have the year he would have hoped for. Uh, they got better improvement from Marshall, Georgiades. The back line still, this Radigalea piece, sauce it's a real weakness for them no it is and and that's 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 why i just don't think they still get done because mm. i think geelong know that if they hand them a sava they're, they're right up there so mm. um I, I'm, I'm not confident that mm. deal's going to get done i just want to ask you about the uh port ollie wines like he's a big piece of them when he's when he mm. is playing well he was injured at the start of the year like coming into the year yeah, was he? yeah. He, he, he did he missed a, a game didn't mm. he um after after one particular um in match uh situation uh, he came good though i thought i i felt he's uh, there, there were patches of the the back half of 2022 which were akin to what he did in 2021 when he won the brown line now maybe just a, a slight step back from it but yeah to to your point, he did take a while to get going. The fact that they didn't play finals, they're going to come back earlier than the than those teams that have played in the finals, and I think that's that mm. that's a real advantage for that for that football club. And where they finish, they should get a reasonable draw with the influx of players they've got, and they're not really waiting for those players to physically mature. Mm. They're going to be able to slot straight into that team, so they should we sh- they should be able to jump a f- few spots. Yep. We're going to take a break now on deadline day of Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio. Uh, we're going to take a look at the the players who are still being discussed in the rooms just to the, the left of our uh, stage here at Marvel Stadium. There's a, a lot of players still wishing to and hoping to find new homes, and we'll bring you all the latest as we work the phones in the ad break on Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. 
Well, inside 90 minutes before the close of play on the 2022 Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio period. Stephen Silvani, Matthew Lloyd, Damien Barrett with you. We'll be taking you all the way through to those deadline movements and we'll stay around to dissect all of it beyond the 7.30pm Melbourne deadline time. Guys, I've flagged the conversation before. I want to have it, if we can, now for a few moments. The ability of, of clubs that have won five of the last six grand finals, Melbourne, Geelong, Richmond, all being able to use the past two and a half weeks and, and the build-up to it and the promises out of it with draft picks... To, to better themselves inside the trade period itself amidst a system where it's designed at least as a starting point to assist the clubs down the bottom of the ladder to use this period to get players in and to get the better draft picks. It's a, it's a system that these smart clubs are being able to use and, and, and I'd say manipulate positively in, in a way that, that might somehow makes them better on the back of what they've been able to do having won the part five of the past six grand finals. Yeah, well, well, if I'm an established player, Damo, I'm, I'm not going to a club outside the top four or five or a premiership team. So aside from Isaac Rankin, who's going home and he's going from a club like Gold Coast to the Adelaide Crows, like they're all yeah, joining teams that can give them an opportunity mm. and a chance and a chance to play in front of big, big crowds, I suppose. And that, that's where you look at, Choss mentioned O'Meara, a decision with Fremantle versus Giants. Like it's... It was always going to be tough for the Giants to win that one. Yeah. So, so, so we've seen Melbourne bring Brodie Grundy in, a two-time uh, All-Australian, a two-time best and fairest winner at Collingwood. We've seen Richmond bring in Taranto and Hopper. And we've seen Geelong bring in, as we speak, two players who were formerly first-round picks at other clubs and in the, in the remaining 80 minutes want to bring in a third former first-round pick on top of getting pick seven as one of those transactions. Uh, it's not meant to work this way in the ideal world when it comes to the reigning Premier being able to do all of this immediately. Well, uh, it's not. But what they've been able to do is manage their total player payments. And, and that's why they're good clubs. They, they haven't put themselves under pressure. So what they've been able to do is swoop on two clubs, pretty much GWS and Gold Coast Suns, whose, whose TPP uh, payments were probably not in good shape. Mm. So they've Which actually is the problem had, in itself. Yeah, yeah. So they had to get players out. And as we look at this board here, the, the player they still are hoping to, to get, and it is at best a line ball outcome for them, that being Ollie Henry from Collingwood. The, the pick that they're, uh, they're, they're got, hoping to use on him is pick 25, not pick 7. They want to go to the draft with that, with that pick 7 to take a player who Matty Rindell has described as the, the next Joel Selwood. So here we go again with the legacy piece. But that's, uh, that's a pretty impressive uh, transaction inside this period. No, no it is. And um, look, and that, as I've just said, it's, it's about having your list in good shape. Yes, they're, they're, a, they're a premiership team, but generally when you get to a premiership, you, you're paying a lot more. You're paying your players top dollar. Mm. They've been able to manage their total player payments where they can actually bring players in. And, and, and particularly when they're, they're up the top. So, but you're not meant to also have the draft picks available to get good players from other clubs. And not only were they able to get a good player from the club in Jack Bowes, they were able to get a pick seven attached to him as well. Yeah, well, that, that, um, look, that's not a common occurrence, is it? That, that's one from real left, left field. So um, well done. Well done to the Cats. And, um, but if you also have a look at, say, the Melbourne situation. I look at that one. They've lost, they lost Luke Jackson. So they were able to get a Grundy in. Now, because they were able to get some of his money in that, Collingwood needed to get him out. They didn't have to pay as much in terms of um, doing the trade. Pick 27, I think it was. So they've been able to 
at least cover that, but by getting a really good player in. There's Melbourne. And what they've done, Grundy and Shaki come in. Obviously, Luke Jackson, the big one going out. Hunt, Bedford, Wiedemann, more depth players for them go out. So, but on, on the Ollie Henry one, I want to ask you, what would it take for you to send a player through and get nothing for them? So pick 25 versus, okay, I'd rather not give them that and let's send him to the... Uh, if, if I'm Collingwood, yeah. I'm, I'm backing my club in here to be able to talk him back to come yeah. back to the club. He, I, I think you'll find it very difficult for him to get to Geelong, mm. um, even if they, they load his money up. I think the only way he gets to Geelong if he goes through the national draft, if he goes through the, uh, the pre-season draft, I'm, I'm not too sure there's much hope there. I may be wrong. I guess a lot of these clubs probably know where player, where, where club salary caps sort of sit, so they know. So who... you're saying with that pick 25, which they've put on the table, yeah. to, to, to put a price on his head that, in your eyes, would eliminate the 24 previous picks? Yeah, so that's that's probably the only chance. Just Just looking at... Yeah. Just now, yep. but if he does, he'll probably go into the uh, national draft rather than pre-season. So you draft. wouldn't concede and take twenty-five? No, because I'd back my club in, knowing that you know what the player is. It's not as if the the pies are a struggling team. I think you can talk them around. There, look, there have been it's been done before where clubs where players have actually wanted to get to other clubs, mm. and you know you talk them around and and you know, just give us another year and we'll see whether we can do a deal. Luke Ball was was. If not the last, one of the last players to, to leave his club, St Kilda, yeah. going into that 2010 season, who went through the national draft at pick 30. 28. Oh, yeah. Or 30, yeah, 30, yeah. 30, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can't recall it happening beyond right. that point. So, so, I mean, you you got Jack Martin at Carlton. He through went through a pre-season. A pre-season where, where Gold Coast got nothing for him on the yeah. back of the breakdown of communication yeah. there. I just think there are a number of teams that have got some... Um, um, some cap space and, and to get some of the quality of um, Ollie Henry. And I, I don't know all these, all these deficiencies, and but what I've seen is that he's a really talented player. He's a forward. He's exciting. So, and a lot will depend on where these teams actually see the depth of the draft. Because they may, if they put him in the draft, where do they rate him? Do they rate him top 10? Mm. Do they rate him top 5? Mm. Um, do they rate him top 30? So they're the questions that need to be asked. Well, what, what do you see? A guy who was a, a, a late first-round selection yeah. two years ago, limited opportunities since. Yeah. What do you see? Oh, from a Collingwood perspective, I see him as a first-round pick. Yeah. I really do. So, um, and... Obviously, that's all the Cats have really got to, to play with. They've, they've got pick 25. They have got their future pick, um, but are they prepared to be able to, to, to trade that? So, um, so I, and, and a similar discussion, would Adrian Dodoro, knowing him like you do, have made the call to Josh Dunkley's management and said, if he has walked uh, and they won't trade him, yeah. would you be willing to come and play for Essendon? Yeah, well, possibly. Mm. It just, it's just whether the Bombers have moved on from that, okay. the fact yeah. that they couldn't get it done. Mm. So I think with um, I think with Dunkley, is if he doesn't get through, the, uh, if they can't do a deal today, certainly whether it's through the pre-season or the national draft, if he's going to try and get there that way, that's where it becomes a little bit complicated. I would think that, um, and, and that's what probably I'd say Brisbane would be looking at. Where's the best opportunity if he does decide to uh, nominate for one of the drafts? Which one's the best? Gives us the best chance? Is it the preseason, or is it the national draft? So they got pick what pick twenty one. Well, 
there's probably a chance he could possibly get there. I'm not sure, but um, I think if well, he they've, they've got it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're all the things, but I'm pretty sure those two clubs are trying everything to get this deal done. So I, I think the onus is probably on Brisbane to get this done. Yeah. Um, he's committed there. You don't want to send a player through to the draft. The manager doesn't want that to happen. So, uh, t- sorry, to uh, uh, the pre-season draft. So he'd really want to get that deal done. It's a stressful mm. time for players. Just repeating what we said uh, earlier today on, on the late trade, that um, Lockie Hunter from the Western Bulldogs is, uh, is being discussed about having a future with the Melbourne Footy Club. We're now down to, what is it now, 73 minutes to, to go in this trade period and that we've got no traction that we're able to, to bring our listeners and viewers to on that. But um, it was being discussed this afternoon and uh, the Bulldogs, though, as Soss has alluded to a, a few times throughout the last couple of weeks and particularly this evening, uh, they are deep in conversation over, over what happens with... Uh, with uh, Josh Dunkley. Hunter Clark also too. The uh, rejuvenation of talks there to, to get him out of St Kilda to the North Melbourne Footy Club. They are ongoing communications as we speak. And, and by the end of the uh, the deadline period of 7.30 tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if that one is uh, is across the line, that Hunter Clark would be at North Melbourne. But again, we await the final 73 minutes of trade period. So we've got various names. We've got Henry, Dunkley, O'Meara, Hunter, Lobb, Radigalia, Mitchell... We've got Meek, we've got Crouch, we've got Clark. We've got Jeremy Sharp also. There's, these are all the names that are still being discussed in the final closing periods of this trade period of 2022. We'll continue to look at the developments in those stories before the close of play today. And also, Sauce, on the other side of this break, you've been made aware of something that Jason McCartney of the uh, GWS Giants has had to say on Trade Radio today. And I think you want to have a... Uh, your take to balance the ledger on what he did to say. So we'll have a look at that on the other side of this for Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio 2022. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Welcome back to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres. AFL Trade Radio 2022. The Western Bulldogs continue to be the club in focus. Their meeting room is... uh I wouldn't say it's an active uh, place right now, Sauce and, uh, and Lordo, as we look. I mean, they're clearly doing a, a lot of things in there. The main one will be the Josh Dunkley discussion with the, the Brisbane Lions. And I just had the, uh, the feeling that this was always going to get to this time on deadline day. And we are now down to uh, 67 minutes before that has to be uh, transacted. And you can see Danny Daly there taking the cap off his head there, uh, just stretching the arms. Um, the, the pressure kicks in right now, doesn't it? The, the rubbing of the face. It's, uh, it's high stakes because they've identified Josh Dunkley as a player they want. He has done the same thing with them and there's still a fair bit to play out. And, and as it's being played out, uh, other clubs are coming to the Bulldogs for uh, other transactions. And we mentioned before about the Lockie Hunter situation where he might follow Josh Shackey out of the Bulldogs to the Melbourne Footy Club. And Cal Toomey has got the latest on that scenario. Dama, yeah, the latest is that Lockie Hunter is set to join Melbourne in what is expected to be in exchange for a future third-round selection. So, obviously, this is bargain basement for Melbourne Footy Club to get him on board, uh, revitalise his career with a couple of years left to go on his contract, likely to be a financial element to this deal as well as he does cross from the Dogs to the Ds. So, that one, I think, will go through in the next half an hour or so and give the dogs who are in the middle, as you say, of a number of other discussions, some breathing space to get some of those done. 
Thank you, Cal. Uh, as always, uh, first with everything that's going on, and those discussions also stem off, don't they, with the the Dockers over the, the Rory Lobb acquisition once, and uh, I say when the Dunkley deal goes down, because obviously they then will then want to bring Rory Lobb off the off the Dockers books to, to get their way, and then uh, Hawthorne's waiting in the wings there with the Jager O'Meara part to this uh, this transaction and as you said before, Lordo, pick 21 central to all the movement around those players and those four clubs. Yeah, it might change hands three or four times and interesting sauce that, uh, that the Demons have always liked two Ruckman, so they went for Braden Pruce, uh, that didn't work and now they've gone uh, Brody Grundy and they also bought in Ed, Ed Langdon <laughs> Uh, and now they bring in uh, Lockie Hunter. So they value the wingman and the role yeah, they can some play. run, haven't yeah, they? The run, yeah. So, uh, look, it's, uh, hopefully it's a great move for, mm. for, for, for Lockie. Um, obviously, he needed a change of club. So, and I think that um, the, the, the Bulldogs were happy to facilitate that. And it's probably a good, a good time for the Bulldogs to do it, the fact they've got one off the books already. So um, they've probably got another, what, two to go now, possibly. So, you know, w- w- what's their... What's their focus going to be? Is it going to be is it going to be Dunkley or is it going to be Lob now to get him through? So, because I'm sure Frio would like to see a deal being done here as well because yeah. they've got a bit to play out. So, do they go down? Okay, let's just do that Lob deal uh, in isolation with the Bulldogs rather than wait to see what actually happens with with Brisbane. And even if again, it's no no point us now speculating on how they may do that in isolation to the the Dunkley deal because there's not a lot of time left. But uh, I mean, that could be a, a scenario for them. So, Jason McCartney. Um, spoke earlier today on, on Trade Radio and the, the go-home factor is always at, at play in, in whatever dealings are going on in the trade period. Um, he had a, a version of it today when he expressed this and I want to get your view on on the other side of it. The draft board for us and maybe some other interstate clubs, it's not the same draft board and that's okay. That's a reality. We're not complaining about it. So we do have to be yeah, we do have to look at things a little bit differently because everyone can throw up the players and, and we love all the players that are being talked about but there's some we can't pick. That's a reality. That's a reality. Some you can't pick. And again, there was a deeper conversation and I'd encourage everyone to, uh, who wants to explore this particular part of what happens in a trade period to, to go and access it on the social media platforms attached to the Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio. But it was about the access to players not from the state where the club's based, Sauce. Um, obviously, it's been an issue with, uh, with some of the exits from the, the Giants and, and the Gold Coast. You've always had a different view, haven't you? You've always just oh, look, take the best player. Yeah, look, within reason. I mean, sure, when we um, our first year we set up the, uh, the the GWS Giants, it was always we always looked at the go home factor, and the one player that we didn't pick was Chad Wingard because we thought he would go home. But anyone else, um, we basically we, we, we took. So my, my my view on it is that. Um, you know, I think all clubs, all clubs face go-home factors with all players. We see Horn Francis get, leaving North Melbourne to go to to to, um, to Adelaide. I experienced at Carlton where we had Bryce Gibbs wanting to get back to Adelaide. So, um, I think all clubs go through all that. And 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 really for the Giants, I think what they need to be looking at is actually keeping their their zone players because they've let a lot of zone players go over the last sort of three to four years. We've seen Jack Steele go. We've seen Cameron go. We've now seen Hopper go. So they're, they're their zone players that they really should be. I'd be walking away being disappointed that we're let, they're letting those type of players go and knowing that they're in their backyard. It's interesting... Um 
perspective on, on it, so I'll get back to it in a moment. I've just been told that uh, the manager of Josh Dunkley's just wandered mm. into the uh, stadium here Look at Marvel Stadium. Too, he did. Well, he was gr- he's always grumpy, mm. Liam Pickering, mm. but he uh, I haven't spotted him myself, but uh, oh, someone... You saw him? Yeah, I saw him, yeah. Right. Was he up and about? Was no, he... he wasn't. Looked angry. He, he just barged through cameras and go, which, which entrance do I go in? Because there's a left or a right here, so... Wasn't happy. Well, he made some comments on the weekend. Mm. Uh, was, was he? He was bemoaning the Western Bulldogs yes. holding on to uh, to Josh Dunkley. So the fact he's here, though, um, with an hour to go, would suggest that uh, something's loosened up for him uh, to be here. If we've had a long week, imagine how he's gone with this <laughs> this this uh, deal, uh, just banging heads against the wall. Him saying, "Well, you know, how silly would that be if they sent him through to the preseason draft?" So. Uh, let's see. I, I'd be shocked if that happened by the end of this. So let's just back on to the, the go-home factor. Um, is it a cop-out? Is, is it too harsh for me to ask you if it's a cop-out to have that type of oh. outlook going into a, a trade period and, by extension, a draft period? Uh, all I'd say is that I think all clubs go through it. Sure, that the, the, you know, the, probably the establishment clubs go through a little bit more because they've had a lot of high-end talent. So... Um, you know, and Graham Allen initially and, and Dave Matthews did a great job in terms of setting up that club in relation to making sure that w- they were able to trade back into the draft and get early round draft picks. So this has been all by design that you were always going to lose some players knowing that what you were training out, you were going to get early picks. And it's quite evident that what the, um, the Giants have had, they've had a number of early picks, particularly in this draft, that they've been able to trade into you know pretty much the number one pick, so that's come from having elite young talent. So it was set up by design to be able to do this. So I get I get Jason's frustration a little bit that, but I think all clubs go through the home uh, go home factor. Um, we've all got to take it into consideration. I just think going away from what he's actually spoken about is that um, that that. The one thing I'd be disappointed with is that they've lost a lot of their own zone players, mm. which and they've been good players. And as you said, Lord, that's happened to the Gold Coast too, hasn't mm. it? Um, on, on a couple of occasions, Jack Bowes being one of those yeah. well, linked yeah. players prior to being drafted. I know there was a draft my brother had at Fremantle where he had picked, I think, three and f- or two and five. But you know, Brayshaw was always going to be two because he was so keen to come to the club, being a Victorian, and said, "No, take me. I want to play for Fremantle." But five was Chera or Davies Uniac, and both said, we don't want to come and play for Fremantle. But, you know, but one of them was always, Davies went at four, Uniac, so yeah. then it was Chera, and he spent, oh, what is it, four, four or, years, four yeah. years and, and walked. So, so he's true to his word. You hope to change them in that time, but unfortunately it happened to yeah. Fremantle in this case. I mean, Chris got... Judd gave uh, West Coast six years, didn't mm. he? Um, and a Brownlow and a Premiership as a captain before he, he left, but he still yeah. had the go-home factor, even with one of the greats. And, and that's where Cadman, you'd think, Toss, has yep. said to the Giants, I'll, I'll come. Yeah. And that, that would play a big part in it too. Yeah. But, but it's really interesting when you talk about all this. You've got Ollie Henry wanting to go 50k mm. up the road yeah. to get back, mm. back home. So they, all clubs go through yes. it. Now, we might just go back into the Brisbane Lions meeting room. There's a, a couple mm. of small smiles on faces yeah, there. And the reason been. we're going to go back, uh, Liam Pickering, we're, we're being told, was in there, and, there. and was shaking hands. That's Are you him, saying that's him that's in the him black in the jumper? jeans and the, and the sweater? With yeah. his hand, well, now, he, he did shake hands, so we'd like to see his face here, Pickers, but we can't. We just see his hands here at the moment in his, uh, in his blue jeans. But the fact he's in there, uh, well, again, let, let's let's wait for official notification. But that, that's David Walls. It looks like he's walked into the is it the Bulldogs? Bulldogs, yes. Yeah, so yeah. the, okay. lob, the lob, the lob thing could Peace. be getting done. Yes, 
Okay, so we, we might just, um, if we mm. can, Jack, go to the Western Bulldogs room just for our, uh, our viewers here. So you're saying David yeah, Walls David has walked Walls. into yeah, there? that's him. Okay. That's him with Sam Power at the back there, Damo, looking at the uh, laptop. There you go. So as we've known for some time, this was all linked together. Josh Dunkley, if it was to happen, leaving the Bulldogs to go to Brisbane. Um, then the Bulldogs wanting to get Rory Lobb off the Fremantle books. And as we've said before, Hawthorne now waiting in the wings with the Jager O'Meara attachment to, uh, to the Dockers. But, mm-hmm. so again, we, until we get official confirmation as to what's happened in there, just tell us what you're observing, because you've been in this situation many a time. Yeah, well, I, I just think from a Bulldogs point of view, they've got one deal done, they get one off the books. And they got Lockie Hunter off the books. They've got that one done. And it was interesting, we, we spoke about what are they going to? How? What are they going to prioritise here? Is it going to be the Dunkley one, or is it going to be the Rory Lobb one? So it just looks like now that they're going to go down the Rory Lobb path, see whether they can get that one done, and they'll sit on Dunkley and and pretty much wait and see what Brisbane do. I reckon they all happen, Sauce, because Dunkley yeah. Dunkley is managed by Liam Pickering, um, and so I think that they're all going to tie in with each other. Okay. That's how I reckon mm. it's going to unfold. That Dunkley piece. I, to me, is central to it all. Yep. Even though uh, Liam walked in angrily before. He did angrily, <laughs> but I think, think it's he flexed a, his muscles uh, in there. But as Damo said, I saw smiles with Liam pickering in with the Brisbane Lion camp. You it saw moved, it? Yes. You saw it? Yep. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think they're all going to unfold here in the next uh, half an hour. Okay. We, we will bring you up to speed with everything that has just gone down in those rooms. Liam Pickering uh, flying in from his, uh, his home to, to get to Marvel Stadium to, to sign something. Um, and we'll bring you the news of it. So we need to clear one more break. Uh, we'll do that now, and then we'll just go all the way between uh, coming back and all the way through to the close of the 2022 Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio period. So off to a break now, and then back more with uh, Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Coming back to you there with live vision out of the Brisbane Lions uh, meeting room here at Marvel Stadium. The uh, manager there was Colin Young, who does have control of Rory Lobb's future. And while uh, Brisbane Lions doesn't have a direct link to it, um, the freeing up of their pick to get Josh Dunkley from the Bulldogs does. And... uh, it's dangerous to read too much into body language at times, but um, having said that, we have in the last ad break, and there's a lot of happy, or happy earth faces, aren't there, in the rooms that were very tense there for uh, the best part of two and a half weeks, and certainly all of today on deadline day of Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. So we do feel we're going to get official notification of what's been happening with Josh Dunkley and uh, Rory Lobb, and then what that means and how it works for Jager O'Meara to become part of that uh, move from the Hawthorne Footy Club to the Fremantle Dockers. Colin Young just leaving the uh, Brisbane Lions room now. He would have to sign off on a, a sort of uh, arrangement, wouldn't he? Um, sauce in, in well, terms of did. his I player? Think, I think yeah. electronically they, they do it a bit different these days, but I'm just looking at Cam 6 up there. There's some, some uh, playing managers or, or, sorry, list managers look like there's something going down. So we might just go back, if we can, please, Jack, to the Brisbane Lions room, because yeah. as we speak, Liam Pickering has just put himself into the uh, the signatory chair there now. So 
Again, we won't jump the gun, we won't jump to conclusions, but we uh, are thinking that the big smile on his face now, and he's talking there to Dom Ambrosia Sauce, the, the list manager of the, the Lions. Yeah, he is. Um, look, they do look happy. I think they spotted themselves on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so just on that, just for everyone at home, uh, Josh, uh, obviously Liam Pickering is the manager of Josh Dunkley. Uh, Colin Young, who we just saw earlier leave, he's the manager of Rory Lobb. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they're all ecstatic. That uh, like, And David Walls was involved, obviously being uh, with Fremantle, who, which moves on Lobb to the Western Bulldogs, who was with Sam Powell. So, all intertwined, these deals, by the looks of it, uh, which is really exciting. The, and next we'll be looking where Tom Petroro is, Damo, because he manages O'Meara well, and Mitchell. Well, Liam Pickering, I'm going to say this on air because he has realised he is on camera and he's saying he's just popped into the Brisbane Lions to say hello to all these people. So um, <laughs> I, I think we'll take that as as, much, as close to, to a confirmation as we can. But I think you were right, Sos. He has, uh, hasn't been become aware that he is on camera. But uh, officially, he's just popped in to say hello. It's a normal greeting of friends, he says. So um, we'll wait the official paperwork out of the AFL on it. But it does um, look like it. I mean, tell me, though, Sos, in that situation, would there be any reason for him to be with a smile in the team that he wants to get his players to, and unless he's about to sign something? No, I think, uh, look, the managers try and help each club and try to get the deal done and... and Sometimes having a view from outside the two clubs can they, they can put something across and, and be quite helpful. Sometimes they can be um, they can get them, get in the way a little bit. But uh, look, my, most my, most managers are there to try at least relay a message on what did you have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? So just a couple of options. So. Um, you know, deadline's coming under 50 minutes. Yeah. The deal hasn't been done. So, um, you know, whether they're haggling over uh, back-end picks, who knows? So, but it uh, looks like um, I think the, the Rory Lobb deal might be going down at some point. But, um, yeah, let's wait and see. Yep. As we do await confirmation of whatever it is that they seem to be talking about, let's head back to the uh, the plasma with Cal Toomey. Uh, got news, Cal, of a, of a deal that was nilly. Nearly. We've already had a mega deal already this week, boys. But there was some discussion, I can tell you, around a five-club deal this afternoon that would have obviously involved the Bulldogs, Fremantle, uh, Gold Coast, the Hawks and, of course, Brisbane that would have seen all these players switch hands. Now, that one's fallen through and there are some clubs that want to do these deals separately. There's some parties in this that want to do this all in one hit. But we've already had the mega deal earlier in the week. This would have been a pretty big one as well. But at this stage, unlikely to go through in that form. So... Are you suggesting that it is just the Bulldogs and Brisbane in isolation to to, to lob, and then and then uh, the Bulldogs will negotiate with the Dockers over that? I think there's different parties who want to do trades in isolation, and then there's some who want to do it as a big hit. So there was the discussion earlier this afternoon, and it was shut down around that five club deal, which some clubs were happy with, and other clubs weren't. So just some discussion around that coming through over the last couple of minutes. Was anyone involved in that, Cal? That uh, we didn't know about. Not that I'm aware of, Lloyd. It would have seen, of course, Jago Mira and Jeremy Sharp get to Fremantle. Rory Lobb get to the Bulldogs. Brisbane uh, get Josh Dunkley. So they're obviously the, the key players within that, but uh, fallen through at the moment. OK, Cal, thanks as always. And we'll be heading back to you, uh, no doubt, regularly between now and the time we come off air. The deadline is uh, 46 minutes away. We'll be uh, bringing to you all the latest out of that particular deadline just to uh, make sure we dot every I and cross every T and bring up up to speed with everything that's happened. But, Cal, uh, thank you for that. Um, big names still 
yet to find homes, and even the Josh Dunkley one is yet to be uh, relayed officially. But uh, Ollie Henry, what it means now for, for him, uh, Lockie Hunter's uh, desired move to Melbourne, Cal has told us, is for a future third-round draft pick. Uh, Jager O'Meara clearly caught up in all that uh, negotiation now. So it's just... Do you get a feel for what for what lies ahead now? Do you, do, is there one that worries you more than others when it comes to, to what may be left on the table? No, just, just looking at the action in the Bulldogs room, I, I've got a sense something is happening there. Um, the Brisbane room, not so much. So I'm not too sure it's going to be the Brisbane, the, the Dunkley deal here. I, 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 I well, why, is Dun- why is Pickers there, though? It has to be. Well, he's, he's probably supporting Brisbane here, yeah. um, you know, just waiting and, and seeing what's going to happen and whether he's got to walk into the Bulldogs room and, and, and flex a bit of muscle and see what he can do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure this deal's been My done. Body I, I might be wrong. It, I'm, I'm reading that it's done. It's oh, yeah. paperwork. I'm reading <laughs> yeah. that it's a matter of time before Lobb, Dunkley <laughs> yeah. and have made their way to their clubs. Well, it yeah. looks like there's been a deal done mm. um, in the uh, Continental Tiles room there yeah. uh, in the where, where they lodge all the uh, yeah. all the lodgements. But yeah. um, but I, I'm not too sure it's that deal. On your question, Damo, it's Radigalea and Henry. They're, they're yeah, the, the two, two that yeah. in my mind that... Uh, May miss out, and we wait on O'Meara and Tom Mitchell as well, but more likely. Yep. yep. And as, as we as we can see, and, and, and you can inadvertently or, or, or spontaneously uh, see uh, Liam Pickering there just uh, head in hand, uh, reading a document of sorts. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm one to wait for official paperwork, but uh, on the run you do read uh, certain things. Do you think it's it. done? I'm, I'm more leaning toward Lloydie uh, Sauce, but you have got to know me over the years, and you know that until it's done, it's not done. Well, you've got, you got the direct line to pickers. Why well, he just, just told text? me he's, he's having a meeting. It's done, he, he, told me, he told me he's having a hello. This so, is done. You don't, you don't often say no, that, Lloydie. No, I'm just no. saying this is uh, yeah. Can, can a Keen to move on to the, uh, the Tom Mitchell situation too. Uh, he, his desire and, and also Hawthorne's desire to have him go to, to Collingwood. We're yet to hear anything official on that at, at this stage, and and how that works financially and, and draft pick wise. So uh, again, an, another you know Brownlow medalist uh, yet to find uh, his future home with 44 minutes remaining. And really important for him uh, because of where Hawthorne are going. Uh, and for the second year in a row, his name has been brought up. So I think for him uh, and his longevity in the game, it's just an amazing opportunity for him to get to Collingwood. And his fingers will be crossed, in my opinion, uh, that this deal goes through. A bit of news coming through, is it? I'm just going to keep bombarding yes, people keep with bombarding. text. Yeah, yep, so uh, as we talk here, yeah. we'll, we'll keep bombarding. And uh, Jeremy Sharp, Lordo, yeah. uh, have you heard anything on, on his potential movements today from the from the Gold Coast Suns back to Perth? I, I haven't. Uh, n- nothing official in that it one. It could though. be one of those real no. late uh, Hail Mary type ones. Sauce couldn't, mightn't it? Um, yeah. Well, it just depends on whether uh, Fremantle have sort of fallen off Jeremy Sharp and, and put their with Jagger O'Meara. With Jagger yeah. O'Meara. So it might have been the case, mightn't it? Because you, you talk about this and you give our listeners the, the insight into, into how this works and, and, and you regularly say clubs know what they're doing long before the official trade yeah. period opens. But then there's always the curveball one. The Jason Horn Francis was one of those. Yeah. Well and, he and, was, and the Jagger O'Meara he, he, he was early in the week, but I just the, the stuff that's come late, I, I've sort of haven't seen a lot of that in my time where, you know, um, these players like Amira have sort of popped up late, and uh, yeah, I don't know why it's happened uh, this year, but um, you know it, it's happened, and whether it's going to happen continually or more more frequently over time, but um, yeah, look, this what what are we? Forty two minutes 
to go and um, still these deals haven't gone down. Yep. And, Lord, to your point too before about the Asava Radigalia uh, assessment, um, it, it along with the uh, the uh, Ollie Henry one, mm. like your view on it, are the two that I think could be could be in jeopardy yeah. right now as we speak. Yeah. I think so. I think that, uh, for, as Soss makes a great point on, on Radigalia, like pick 33 versus Radigalia, you'd argue what's better? Like Radigalia's already been in the system for, what, five, six years? 2016 he was drafted. So they've done a big apprenticeship for pick 33. Yeah. I, look, Matty, I, I just I just think Geelong are holding him back purely. He's got a year to go. He's actually going to make Port Adelaide better. So why would you be trying to make a team better? Um, he, he's a needs player for Geelong. Sure, he's not a, a regular player, but he's they've got some ageing tools that uh, could be finishing up in the next 12 to 24 months. Yep. Just getting some texts uh, around the scenes and not involved with the people in the in the shots that we're, we're seeing now, but just what they're hearing, maybe uh, in passing, that they're, uh, it's not yet done, that there is a, uh, a, a different offer for, for all parties to consider and what to make of that, we don't know, but that's what happens when you get to 41 minutes remaining of, uh, of deadline. And we can certainly get nothing official from um, any person uh, involved with the clubs and also Liam Pickering, who's, uh, who's shut down his phone, at least to, to we in the media at this stage of proceeding. So it's getting tense, Sauce. It, it really is uh, clearly not yet done. And, uh, and as such, uh, there's a few people uh, now nervously waiting because the last thing you, you do want to do in any situation, and you've alluded to this regularly uh, on your time in trade radio for the last three or four years, that for, for the individual, particularly the player himself, doesn't want to have to go through not knowing where he's going to be and, and then need to go down the, the pre-season draft No, you don't, you don't want that to happen. Um, the, the player, the manager, the clubs, but um, it could, um, could work out this way. It, it just doesn't seem to be a lot of action in those two rooms at the moment. There's a lot of sitting around. Generally, if you're getting a deal done, someone's doing something. Um, the Bulldogs are sitting around... Obviously, the Brisbane are up and about, but there's, I don't know, I, I just can't see much happening there. Yeah, and you're, you're the one who's got the intel of what goes on in those rooms at this point in time, and uh, these exclusive uh, live vision here for afl.com.au just give, bring you in a, an insight into into it, and uh, you can see the, the tension is there, despite the smiles that we did see some mm-hmm. time ago. Um, Paul Connors has just wandered out of the, uh, the meeting rooms, and I think we are about to go down to him, not just at the moment. There we are. In a few minutes, so Kel, Kel Timmy's uh, Kel Timmy's with him. So he's always, uh, in fact, he might actually know what's going on in those rooms, even though they're unusually for him, not his players. He got a lot of his deals done yesterday. What I'll be interested in, though, when, as I said, when this comes out, I think is how detailed, how much there is into this. So, you know, like for example, they may have agreed. As I said, I think Picker's body language from when he walked in to <laughs> yeah. now, he seems they seem so relaxed to me in some of the, some of the smiles in that yeah. Brisbane room. Just how full on and detailed this will be between a number of clubs, I think, when these deals go through. And it might be a variation of, yeah. the, of the super deal that Kel Toomey just told us. Uh, I nearly I, happened. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking they're not relaxed. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, Matty. I just, I just like I sort of know Dom and and, and Sam and yeah. thinking their body body like Generally, when there's a deal done, they're moving. They're, they're they're doing paperwork. They're doing something, you know. And I know a lot of the stuff's electronic yeah. now, but there's just not a lot of movement. It has become the the big unknown right now. With uh, what are we under? Thirty nine minutes now to, to go, and uh, the the one that we knew was going to be causing all sorts of grief to everyone attached to it, and the 
The, um, the veiled threat that Luke Beveridge made on their best and fairest night. Uh, you've got to pony up, Brisbane, if you want to get this deal yeah. done. They haven't ponied up to the well, I extent yet. I, th- I think they're coming up with one last deal right now, Brisbane. So right. there's pretty much, you know, 40 minutes to go. There'll yep. be one last deal put across. And you know what? Each, each uh, club can have a think about it. But uh, this will be it, I reckon. The last roll. The last roll. The last roll. Yeah, he's on the phone. Here we go. <laughs> Who, Pickers? No, 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 Dom. Oh, Dom. Okay. So, so again, so, so I know I'm going through you here, but you've been in this room at these at these points in time. You've, there's nothing left. You've wrung the towel dry, haven't you, on, on the options at this stage? I, I think there is a bit of planning and it's a bit of holding on. So the, 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 the big thing for Brisbane is this is their final deal. So how, how far down the line do they want to take this? Um, the Bulldogs obviously have got a couple to do, p- yeah. possibly. So... Um, they're waiting for someone to buckle here. I know it's it's not it's not um, it's there's a negotiation part. And we're dealing with people's lives here, but um, they're obviously valuing the picks for next year, or whether it's at some point they've got a player in mind in the middle of the draft this year. So. Um, yeah. And as we know, they've got to, uh, to, to use Luke Beveridge's terminology, pony up for their own father-son selections this year with uh, Will Ashcroft and also Jasper have, Fletcher. They might have to send Paul Connors in there. He'll fix them up. Well, uh, he, he might be a gun for high right now because I think he's got all his own deals <laughs> done. Uh, Cal Toomey grabs him as he uh, leaves the room. Uh, I'm assuming, Cal, having signed off on the Lockie Hunter deal to, to Melbourne. That's right, Damo. As we reported earlier, Lockie Hunter goes to Melbourne in exchange for a future third-round pick. Paul, how did this play out? Uh, Oh, sorry. It all came out about really today, mainly. Um, we'd had some interest in exploring. Both parties were happy to, you know, explore a fresh start. And Melbourne committed today and, you know, there was a lot of toying and froing on a few things. But a future third, they gave a future fourth for, for Shaq. So they were comfortable with a future third. And, and Western Bulldogs has been great. What appealed to Lockie about making a change? I think he's just had... Um, he had an up and down year this year and... He just wants to start again. He, he he thinks he's made some mistakes in the past, but he, he's really keen on his football to just to progress. He thinks he can play a wing, Langdon on the other wing, and pretty good side of the D's, so um, let's go. Was that the sell from Melbourne's point of view to play on the wing opposite it? Yeah, I think Melbourne would like him to be able to play different positions, whether that's half forward, wing, or half back. I think they don't love, except for Langdon probably, but they don't they love multiple position players. I think he'll play the vast majority on the wing and I think he'll complement them really well. All right, Damo, over to you, Soss and Lloydie. Just before we let the call go, have you got Hunter Clark to pull? No, I think that's Hunter's going to stay. You're going to stay, is he? Yeah. Okay, so North had the last ditch bid and yep. can't get something done. Yeah, the Saints are, uh, you know, they're sticking. They've got a newfound policy at the moment. They want to invest in their youth and um, he's contracted, so it's their right. Yep. Yeah. And so with 35 minutes to go, we, we take that one off the table? Yeah, well, that's why we're... That's why you're leaving. You'll be able to exit. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're comfortable that that's over. Yeah, thanks as Paul, always, Paul. Paul, we, we, we've got thanks a situation seven. here. I just uh, your experience, okay? Yep. We've got the Bulldogs and also Brisbane Lions trying to do a trade here, obviously for Dunkley. Yep. We've got uh, Liam Pickering in the uh, Brisbane Lions um, uh, room. Bunker. Seen Liam. So can, can you can you just explain to our listeners the role of the manager in this situation? I know I know you don't want to comment on yeah, no, other they're, managers. They're, they're what, what's the to, role? They're just trying to broker. If there's just a little bit of um, friction between the two clubs. They're just trying to get in and and work both sides. So even though Liam's trying to get Josh to um, to Brisbane, he might be telling Brisbane they've got to pony up a bit more. Yeah. So you can work both ways. As much as you're trying to get your player to that club, 
um, there's been a few instances where you know I've had to yell and scream at the, car, the club you're going to. So um, I'm confident that'll be done as well. What would you do? I know you don't like talking about other people's deals, but what would you do right now in, in I, the specifics I, of this one? Because I've just been concentrating on mine, I, I don't know the intricacies. I'm, I feel that Josh is out of contract, so when they're out of contract, there's just a bit more freedom. The, the only catch to that is Brisbane's got some points they need to use for... Um, for the two boys coming through the draft. So that's complicated. Well, what's your thoughts on when you hear we'll walk the player through to the pre-season draft? Do you, what's a, my my first it? thought always is they always say that, mm. but what about the national draft? Mm. So in the old days they could... And look, I don't like it, mm. but um, you can go to the national draft. There's options now. So and you, you did that with Luke Ball. Luke Ball, yeah. End so of 2009. Feels like yesterday Luke came up through the kitchen. Sauce was involved. Uh, we came up through the kitchen. <laughs> I was very, very... You're, you're I was fired quiet. back. Uh, the great oh. Ross Lyon let, let, <laughs> let know who boss, who boss. And John Longmire was the only one who didn't think the deal would be done. You nicknamed him the Iceman that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah John... Yeah, so, no, Ross was. Well, yeah, yeah. John had nicknamed him the Iceman. Oh, really? In an only um, Henry case then, Paul, do yeah. you put such a... Can you put a big price on your head in year one? No, I think they smooth it out okay. to the, the, off the, the money. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it's all it's up to the clubs. When you get traded, it has to be a mutual agreement by mutual agreement. So if there's not mutual agreement, then that's where it breaks down. I'll make one more before we let you go, and, and we do appreciate your time as always. The, uh, the push of some people of significance in the game to have the, the mandated first contract of a player increase from two to three. Your views? I think be careful what you wish for. So I, I, I'm saying on the vast majority of two-year deals, they, they extend for another two. And be really careful that, you know, after three, that they're not more likely to leave. So we're staunch on two years, and um, but it's yep. up to more important people than me to make those decisions. Yep, and your management firm, without you saying, would often say, uh, even go six years at your first term by way of an ideal world scenario. Yeah, we're, we're really strong on, you know, once you get to the club. And it's not, not always the case, but hopefully you can stay there. And we're, we're you know, we're, we're big on that. Thanks, as always, Paul. Thanks, Thanks Paul. for having us, Damo yep. and team. Thanks, Cal. Poor Connor's there. So if he's telling us he's leaving Marvel Stadium, that is it, unless he gets a late call up. And uh, what about his Duraccio Robbie Duraccio. Yeah, little Robbie. Yeah. He's in his Versace. <laughs> I, saw, I saw him before. He's getting wired up. He's uh, mic'd up for his uh, his own uh, documentary that he's doing. So yeah, Hunter Clark staying. So, Hunter Clark staying. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. done. they're done based on that. that yeah. Uh, and we'll just, we'll just make sure they do exit, just to just to be sure they're not going to sneak back into the rooms. But no, look, I mean, they're very open with their information when the deals are done or, or if they're not going to get done. And um, there's no reason to think that that would be revisited now. And for the second year in a row, North Melbourne and St Kilda go to the line, but but don't get anything done. Tristan Cherry was the, the focus of those talks last year, stayed at North Melbourne. North Melbourne uh, wanting Hunter Clark this year. And Hunter Clark, by way of uh, what Paul Connors just told us there, was uh, not going to be allowed to let go Damo, from the St Kilda Footy Club. What I'm finding amazing is the focus here, obviously, and on our, on our cams is, is all on, 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 obviously, Dunkley and Lobb because it's the Western Bulldogs and Brisbane. But just how O'Meara and, uh, obviously, there's so many players, Radigalea, O'Meara, uh, Ollie Henry, yeah. uh, Tom Mitchell... All desperate to find new homes. <laughs> You'd love to be get know what's going on in those rooms. No, well. you would, and um, yeah. I mean, we don't yet have an answer on on, on Lloyd Meek as well, mm. Lordo, and and uh, it's Hawthorne who has shown some significant yeah. interest in him. And so, look, he would be, I'm assuming, caught up in in what happens with yes. Jager O'Meara. But again, it's another individual attached to these conversations that. As we can see, and as we can exclusively bring in uh, our listeners, or our, our viewers, sorry, on afl.com.au and, and can just see that there, uh, there doesn't appear to be a lot going on right now. So uh, with, uh, was it 30 minutes and 
a few seconds r- reminding this is going down to the, the wire. Sosnetis executed officially, formally lodged with the AFL, the, the Lockie Hunter to Melbourne um, scenario. Do you see him playing 22 games for the... Oh, if he's fit and healthy, yeah, I, I do see him playing uh, 22 games, but that's... Um, it's a big if in your eyes. But, well, I wouldn't say big if. I, I just think sometimes a change of environment, a new club, um, new found enthusiasm... I think it's a good move for him because he's not going to a, a club that's going to be battling. Mm. You, you're going to go to a club where you need to be performing every week. You need to keep yourself in good shape to be able to get a game. So um, it, it'll give him a bit of purpose. Um, so, you know, well done both those clubs. And I hope Lockie plays really, really well and, and, and um, enjoys his time at Melbourne. Mm. You, I saw you before, Sauce. It was some time ago now, just in, a, in one of our breaks, having a, a chat to, to Graham Wright without giving up any confidentiality uh, around that chat. Was, uh, was Tom Mitchell's name raised? No, not really. Um, what were you I, doing I know, then? Well, I, know, I actually know Wrighty quite well, so I was just asking him, you know, what he's been up to other than this week. So uh, he seems pretty relaxed, actually. I think He does seem relaxed. I think yeah. he knows that... Um, it's on if, their terms, if, isn't if, it? If the cats don't give them what they want, that they'll be... Happy to try. No, no, with Tom, oh, sorry. Tom Mitchell. Sorry, oh, Tom, Tom Mitchell. Oh, with yeah, Tom Mitchell. Yeah, uh, yeah no, he, he didn't mention him. To okay. be honest. Yeah. So. And it's interesting the dogs too now. Like if they do lose Dunkley and they have now lost Lockie Hunter, the, the we spoke about how deep and Shacky and Shacky yeah. as well. So yeah, from a depth perspective, uh, they're losing a best and fairest winner this year. They're mm. losing a guy in Hunter that's uh, what, you know been top three a number of times. So. Yeah, they're a fascinating watch next yeah, year. Yeah, the they are. And everything indicated, um, again, we're going to find out one way or another in the inside 29 minutes now, but everything indicated that Lob was coming in given that prior to the, the free agency, sorry, the trade period opening, they lost as a free agent Zane Cordy mm. to the, the St Kilda Footy Club too. And another tall yep. Lordo, to, to your point, and with Shaggy coming off. Uh, off their books today officially too. They, um, I mean, they've got enough to cover them, obviously, with, with Norton and, and Sam Darcy uh, there and, and, and others, obviously. But, um, yeah, mm. it's, uh, it's, they're going to be a watch-this-space story, obviously, for a number of reasons. And, and look, I think they think they are comfortably placed, but they, they didn't want to lose Josh Dunkley and, and, and they haven't yet lost him. I mean, there's no movement there to suggest that anything's about to uh, find its way into AFL hands. And um, often a sign, too, when you, you do throw the or casting it wide on, on, on people who may have an attachment to these meetings that are going on and you're getting nothing back. It just goes to show the, the stalemate that is in, um, is in place now with uh, 27 minutes before the, the close of play. So let's, um, let's talk about Rory Lobb for a moment, though. I mean, we saw Colin Young, his manager. He's in the, in the, in the, uh, in the meeting rooms there as well. Do you like the, the move potentially for him to the, to the docks? I, I, I do in relation to they, they're probably trying to find another key forward. Look, we know that Darcy's going to be a really good player, um, but Matt would know more than anyone. It's, it's tough playing key position, and, and often your second year can be harder than mm. your first year. So there's an element of be, being able to protect him and, and maybe even play him down back a little bit where it can be a little bit easier and play him as that third tall roll-off top defender. So... Um, you know, I, I don't mind them bringing something into their into their football club like, like Lob. He is he's an interesting player. Like when he's when he's on, he can take some really good contested marks. But then the, there are times where you know he's just not on, yeah. and, and, and he and he you know drops these marks that he should be taking. So he, he, there's an element of I can see some frustration that he he could bring to a coaching panel. 
Um, but having said that, you know, he's pretty much what six foot, six foot nine, Seven, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, tall. He's yeah. athletic. Um, you know, he can pinch hit in the ruck. So he, he, he brings something that I think the, the Bulldogs can use. Lotto, of his time in the game, he, he played the 21 of the possible 24 matches for the Dockers this year. Obviously played two finals in that 24. He played 21, uh, 36 goals. Um, I'd argue it was his best season of footy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'll, I'd, I can't wait for the game where they play Melbourne and it's, say, it's Gorn versus, and Grundy versus Lobb. And English, like how a match-up like that could go, because Grundy and Gorn, I'm still interested in see how those two will work together. But the mobility of, of Lobb and the mobility of Tim English, I think they've got everything in place, the Western Bulldogs. You do. They, they, yeah. They've got that much talent there. Like, yeah, I think they should... Even with Dunkley coming out yeah. as their reigning best yeah, and fairest I winner. think so. I think Bont yeah. was off. Bailey Smith was off. Mm. Um, I, I think there's enough there. McRae's output was, was, yeah, down, was down, comparatively speaking. A little bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think there's so much upside with Eugle Hagen, yeah. uh, Darcy, bring Liam Jones in, lob in. Yeah, I think it's all there for the dogs. He's going to be 30 by the time uh, the 2023 season starts, yeah. Rory Lobb. And, and look, the way he played this year, there's no reason to think there's not, uh, I'd say, a good three years left, Sauce, if he, if he stays to that standard. Now, you're smiling because? No, I'm smiling because this is uh, this is heating up in both these these rooms here. <laughs> um, both Dom Ambrogio and, and also Sam Power are on the phone. So whether they're on the phone to each other, <laughs> I'm not too sure. But, um, look, they're... they're they're scurrying here and, and desperate to get this deal done. Why so. aren't they in the same room? Because um, often, um, often by this point, I reckon, just get, point, yeah. Then, yeah. no, often it's just, look, one, one club's worried about getting a player through on points mm. and then the other club, you, you're basically trying to get a player done and then do another deal. So, um, yeah, they're, they're on the phones. Mm. Um, it's a fascinating body language exercise we're, we're witnessing right now, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the apprehension is clear in the in the Lions camp there. I mean, they, they've they've got to land this inside 24 minutes now, and they've had uh, well, they've had two and a half weeks, and, and prior to that, they've had brokering where they knew they were going to be in this situation, and you then go to the other side of the fence, and you, we get to the locked off camera in the Bulldogs room, and, and they're not moving because it's not. The, the, the best result for them is for nothing to happen. Just, just have a have a thought of Josh Dunkley right at the minute. Oh, yeah. What he's thinking and yeah. his family. So, and he's been through this um, before. He has we're, been we're two years ago before. when he wanted to get to Essendon, yeah. and the problem he had that year, end of 2020, he was contracted, and the Bulldogs didn't want to want to negotiate. Despite Essendon, I think stumping up a reasonable deal. Um, this time he's out of contract, but. For the second time since 2020, he's in a situation, Sauce, as you point out, with 23 minutes to go. Yeah. He doesn't know where he's going to be in, in 2023. Yeah. Sauce, can I ask you, what do you, is your ideal time when you're involved in it uh, for the trade period? So you'd say you give them 10 days and they'll take 10 days. What, what would you have liked? Oh, look, it's, it's interesting, like, there has been so many trades done over this period and complicated that you actually probably need yeah. the time. And um, on this one, you do, don't you? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like often, even Jason Horn Francis, it yeah. was done officially uh, what yesterday, yeah. but 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 it was a late yeah. So, official so, one. So yeah. if you think of Jason Horn Francis, that he comes the first day of trade period, and all of a sudden you didn't have an inkling mm. of that happening. To, to, to process what you need to process and say, well, listen, what's going to be a fair deal? Can we get into another player? Mm. Which is unlikely, but if you could, we've got to do a medical, have a chat, tour the facilities, all that type of stuff. So it can take time. 
there have been times where you could have got trade periods done in three days mm. because there wasn't a lot going on, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, I think that the process in terms of this period has been good because there's been so much going on. Mm. And again, you're you're seeing what uh, what we've got access to there with the uh, the inaction. It must be said in those uh, in those rooms as it kicks down to 22 minutes remaining. But so, there, so there, there have been some phone calls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's been some movement. The, the one I'm starting to trying to get my head around a little bit is the Fremantle Brisbane one, whether they're trying to get a deal done there for Lob, because it might mean that so, so Fremantle, that's why... Fremantle might need to get Lob out now if they want to get into Momira and and and. And you know, try and work that out. So because their, their concern was to get Jackson officially transacted, and they and they did that. There, there was no way they were going to move Lob off their books until they got yeah. that done. And 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 while the the link to the Bulldogs for Lob is is obviously holding them up to this point, yeah. that they they as you say could like would like to and want to do will deal without the Bulldogs being involved in it. What what, what I'll be interested in here with Liam, Liam Pickering is whether he actually walks and goes into the into the uh, Bulldogs room. He's leaving it late. And, and I don't... 20 think, minutes. got got plenty of time. He might not have the best relationship. I was going to say, yeah. I don't think they've got the best relationship uh, over the over the journey with a few players. That, Who's that? Liam and the Bulldogs. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've got to put that aside. And you're dealing with a new player here, so you've got to... You've got to be able to, to, to put that aside and, and go in there and negotiate or at least try and help this. So so what would Colin Young potentially have been doing, manager of Rory Lobb, when he walked into the Brisbane Lions well, rooms? Would he, that just to be, hey, guys, what are you doing? Would, would it, could it have been yeah. that? Well, he, he would have tried to be trying to get an understanding of where everything sits. So he's got the Bulldogs, who Rory Lobb wants to go to. He's gone into the... Um, he's obviously got uh, Fremantle he's got to deal with. Did he go into the Brisbane room at all? Yeah, That's where I, he was. I thought yeah. I saw okay. him in Brisbane. Okay, yeah. so he's probably saying, he may have gone in there and tried to suggest that um, <laughs> Do this. So, sometimes, because they've all got relationships with clubs and going, well, is this still going to get done? Mm. If it's not going to get done, you know, at least he, he can pretty much inform his player that, look, this is going to be unlikely, this is going to get done, you know, or it's likely it's going to get done. So they're, they're, I'm pretty sure that his players yeah. would be ringing him going, is this thing going to get done? And so Sauce, he, all they're doing is trying to fill, give the, the, the player some information. And Lord and Sauce, is it now possible too that, that Hawthorne is, is actually waiting on, on, mm. on acting on, on uh, Tom Mitchell going out not knowing what Jago O'Meara... I mean, is it possible they don't want to lose both of them? And, and as such, are waiting to see what happens with Jago O'Meara. Because there's nothing stopping Hawthorne dealing with Collingwood. And, and clearly, with 20 minutes to go now, that and, yeah. and uh, for us to get to be receiving of, of any information of a formal nature um, you know, to this point, suggests yeah. that it too is frantically being waded through in this, at this late stage. Yeah, it's... Um what, what were they going to offer the, the future second? Was it or something in the middle? Middle for Mitchell? Yeah, forty-one. Oh, for, yeah, it's in the forties. Oh, forty. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- yeah. I think you'd be Hawthorne. The last thing Hawthorne would want is Mitchell and O'Meara walking back into Hawthorne. Like at least like you'd cop one coming back, but you wouldn't want yeah. two of them. So I'll be surprised if at least one of them yeah, isn't, isn't traded point. out. Um, yeah, in this in this period, or has but, but, but you know happened this time last year too, Lordo. Did yeah. this happen to Hawthorne mm. players this time last year? It's a it's a pick forty ones. Mm. Like you're going to probably you could battle. Like I'm not too sure how good this draft is. So you know, I'm only speculating. Mm. You know, to do you do you go with a a 
a pick that in the 40s, thinking what's the likelihood you're going to strike a little bit of gold there to let go someone like a Mitchell, that, okay, you might get a bit of his money out, mm. but what's the balance in terms of having that experience on the list and, the, and, and bringing in a whole batch of new players? Mm. That, that, that's pretty important as well. Yep. We, we, we've said before, Sots, it's dangerous to read in or out of any body language, but uh, there were two phone calls that ended at the exact same time uh, uh, in the hands of people in both the, right? the Brisbane and Bulldogs yep. camps. They may have been on separate calls. It just happened to end at the very same time. But, uh, again, when we get down to 18 minutes remaining, you, you do start to, uh, to read those types of things uh, into it. Yep. And it's going again. Sam Power has just yep. called. Dom, and Dom's just picking up the phone now. Is that what's happening so there's no doubt uh, that's happened three times. And we're going to go to Cal Toomey, who's uh, picked up some information uh, emanating from those rooms. Cal? Just a little bit of information on that one. They are dealing directly now. So we know that the talk about potential of mega deals and other clubs getting involved, the Fremantle getting involved, and obviously uh, potentially Jagra Amira. Well, this is being directly involved. There was a handshake there, Kel, that you may have just, just not seen. Obviously, you're on, on air, but uh, Liam Pickering shook the hand yeah. of a Brisbane Lions official and... Uh, a lot of phones are now being used there, so it well, does appear something in the move. Confidence was growing, so that sounds like something's likely. We'll go and suss out what the details could be. Thanks, uh, Callan. No doubt you'll have all the intricacies of it because there, uh, there were some tense moments there. It wouldn't be the first time a deal has gone beyond the official deadline. Even mm. Jeremy Cameron's transfer from GWS Geelong. to Geelong. Did that go beyond well, the deadline yeah, too? It did. Yeah. Well, this last sort of 17, 15, 16, 17 minutes is going to be interesting because the flow-on effect that this deal could have with other players. Hmm. Yeah. And there's... Okay, Sos, so let, let's, let's, for the purpose of our conversation now, say it is done, and let, that, that's all it is at the moment. We're still speculating. But if it's done, is 17 minutes enough time to get everything yeah. else that we've talked about done? Two minutes is. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> no, so, you, need, you need about five, six minutes, I reckon, knowing that... You've pretty much got everything planned. So, yep. obviously, I mean, some of these things, scenarios, you can leave late and and you work out, what about if they offer us this? Mm. You've obviously got your last stance. This will be the last stance. When do you play that card? And, um, you know, so that might have just happened now. Um, but having said that, once you get that deal done, okay, we, we need to move on to the next deal. And and you may even have one of your assistants working on that second deal from a, a, a list manager who's second in charge. You look after that one. Once I complete this one, you move on to that one. And, and Liam would also be dealing with Josh Dunkley. You know, Liam's on the phone now. You may well go, okay, the first player I'm going to – person I'm calling is the player to go. Yeah. That's about to be done, which – which would be exciting for all parties involved, don't they? And he'd have to go and yeah. make that call before yeah. he uh, bothers getting back to uh, anyone else. Uh, Cal was about to join us and give it, and he's now not. Um, yeah, just back to that uh, to that Jeremy Cameron deal, which ultimately required three first-round draft picks from Geelong to go to the Giants. Mm. Two second-rounders came back, but that wasn't officially transacted until after the uh, the official deadline of that period. But they were in the same room, and on, on, on that particular year's rules, if you're in the same room and you basically had a line of site with the AFL official, it was okay. Now, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but um, a few yeah, clubs are still yeah, leaving I, it uh, I reckon late. two years ago, Damo, we at 7 o'clock sat here and we go, oh, Trelaw hasn't happened. He mm. hasn't got to the Bulldogs. And then by eight, six or seven past... It was up. It was up. I think but, you're right, uh, he, He'd made, got, that, got his way. So, yep. Yeah. What do you think the deal is? Well, it won't be too far removed from mm. what we thought for some time, would it be? The, the mm. 21 on the books right now and the future first. Yeah. And... Some stuff around it. It's whether it's whether Brisbane get a little bit back or whether um, 
whether the dogs get a, a little bit more than those two picks. Well, that was the argument uh, that the dogs didn't believe they should be getting anything back at all. So yeah, we wonder after all this haggling, who eventually yeah. wins out in this deal and who, who buckled first? Yeah. Oh, well, again, if they've both signed off on it, they're, they're ultimately going to be happy with yeah. it, aren't they? Um, because they, they both, until five minutes ago, had the well, option Scotty of, of not signing it. When uh, the Brayshaw deal went through. but uh, So there might be someone who someone has to give at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to give a little bit, mm. don't you, to, to get it done. Uh, still awaiting some form of confirmation around what we believe we're seeing at this late stage of this uh, period. Um and as you said, Sos, uh, two minutes is all you need. And Cal is back, I think. Yes, Cal? I can confirm the deal is done, working through the picks as we stand, but do believe that uh, a future one, of course, will be involved, 21, and also uh, Brisbane's future two, and then a, a smattering of picks likely to go back the other way. But deal done, Josh Dunkley gets to Brisbane. There you go, Cal Toomey again, bringing the news first to uh, everyone who uh, needs to know on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Josh Dunkley does, after some protracted negotiations and some tense moments there in both those Brisbane Lions and Western Bulldogs rooms, finds his way to the, his club of choice, that being the Brisbane Lions. And what that means now for the remaining 13 minutes for up to another half dozen players who either directly or indirectly through other clubs needing to get involved in their futures, uh, they still have uh, some big decisions to make, the, these clubs. Uh, Collingwood now needs to get involved with Hawthorne, but Hawthorne will first need to go and deal with Fremantle, who is, uh, who is now clearly dealing with uh, the Western Bulldogs over, over the Rory Lobb situation. Um, and as I speak, Brady Rawlings from North Melbourne has joined Kel. Brady, list manager of the Roos, what today entail for you? Uh, today was all about trying to acquire Hunter Clark uh, to the footy club. Um, we was really strong interest there in, in Hunter. We thought uh, he'd be a great acquisition to our footy club. Um, but the Saints obviously feel the same way and in contract um, they weren't willing to deal. We had a pretty good throw at the stumps um, with trying to get him across but uh, yeah, it just wasn't quite enough to get him over the line. It might have been the option to slide back from three to pick nine, get him in board but also give up a future first. Is that how that deal would have looked? Yeah, they had some interest in getting higher up the order uh, uh, from nine up to three. Um, it just wasn't a position we, were, we would consider given how much work we've done to get the two and the three and we're very excited by who we're going to bring in at two and three in this year's draft and our, our two future firsts as well. So um, as much as we'd love to get Hunter in, it wasn't uh, a position we'd consider sliding from three. Do you still keep the door ajar for a pick to a, a potentially be moved out of three if a right deal comes up in that pick swaps window? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. You always listen. Um, now you've got a pretty uh, strong indication on who the players are that... Uh, we might be bringing through the door. So uh, we're excited by the names and um, obviously we've got a few weeks to wait there and see what the Giants do at one. But, um, you know, we're, we're pretty excited who we're going to be bringing in. Damo, just over to you and Sauce and Lordy. Yeah, Brody, was there any, um, I suppose, carryover effect with the conversations you had with the Saints this time last year over Tristan Cherry? I mean, it was, it, I mean the long memories that come, some people in footy have, was it a, at play tonight? Yeah, the shoe was on the, on the other foot this year. Um, but uh, I think we're in a similar position. Obviously, uh, Hunter's a top-end talent, and uh, you'd have to give up a fair bit of currency to, to get him in the door. Um, and Tristan last year, for us, it just wasn't the currency we'd, we'd consider for a contractor player as well. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting how it's played out, Damo. But, um, 
yeah, and the Saints are great to deal with. Um, James is, is an absolute professional and um, I understand their position and not letting him go. Brady, what have you made of the criticism of overlooking another key position player like you potentially may with uh, missing out on Cadman, who may go number one? Yeah, I think there's always going to be criticism, um, no matter what you do. Um, obviously, everyone's got a different opinion of the draft order. Um, we're really excited by our top three names that we've got there. So we'll see what the Giants do and, um, yeah, we'll take the two next best. Brody, thank you for updating us, uh, not just tonight, but throughout the course of the, the past two and a half weeks. Cheers, Damo. Thanks, guys. Brody Rawlings from the North Melbourne Footy Club there. He's been uh, as active as anyone when it's all said and done and uh, very satisfied North Melbourne. On, on the back of not wanting to lose Jason Horn francis how they managed to, to get a lot of picks back, uh, both in this year's draft and in future ones. Um, I think they did the right thing there. Uh, I think you don't move for Hunter Clark. I don't believe you move from pick three to pick nine. Didn't make a lot of sense, did it, to us on the outside? No. And, and not to you either at the time, no. Sauce. No, no I, I just think they, you know, they did the best in terms of that, that, that uh, super trade and um, they've got some really good picks there. They've just got to pick well. That's, yep. you know, we'll, we'll forget about all the other stuff. If they get two genuine stars with those couple of picks and their future picks, we'll look back on this saying that it was a great move, or otherwise it can go the other way. Yeah. Being told now that the uh, the Dunkley deal is formally being lodged with the OFL, that's the procedural side of it. Um, obviously, one of those clubs involved in it, the uh, Western Bulldogs, are, are clearly still in conversation with the uh, Fremantle Dockers as, as a spin off of the the Dunkley transaction to try and get Rory Lobb across. And we're now down to nine minutes remaining in the, the trade period of this year. That That's still to be done. What it means for Jaeger O'Meara inside that nine minutes. What it means for Tom Mitchell. Is Hawthorne waiting to get confirmation of Jaeger O'Meara heading from their club to the Dockers before they speak to Collingwood about uh, Tom Mitchell? Or is that one off the table as well? We're going to get answers to all of those questions and a few others. Asava Aragalia hasn't been spoken about in any form um, in the past hour or so. And, and, and you, and you, Soss, and Lordy were, were both speculating that that was the one that might have been left on the table uh, alongside the, uh, the Ollie Henry. But we're going to get an answer one way or another pretty soon now. I can understand that how long this one was going to take because of what's been going on between Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs. But I'm really surprised the lack, lack of inactivity that we've had uh, with the other deals uh, mm. where, as I said, these players just hanging waiting to know what they're going to do. But uh, so many clubs just haven't been able to agree to terms. So many names just still in limbo, as yeah. we see with uh, eight yeah. minutes to go. And, and there is an obvious link, isn't there, to, to what was happening with Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs when it came to Hawthorne and, and obviously Fremantle. But there's no obvious link between uh, what's happening with the, the, those deals and, and the Ollie Henry situation and the Asava Radigalia. And with every passing minute now, we... Uh, we do get to feel that um, it, it may not be going to happen, which was always going to be the doubt. Uh, the, the Bulldogs are still on the phone, so whether they're trying to do the, the Rory Lobb trade right at the minute, um, we'll find out soon. But they still seem fairly active, and, and this is what generally does happen once they get that deal done, the flow-on effect. OK, we're just getting news of a, of a major deal now, and Riley Beveridge of afl.com.au is uh, about to bring our listeners and viewers to it. 
What do we got, Rolls? I think Ollie Henry to Geelong is just about done now. So that got moving about half an hour ago. Uh, weren't expecting much from it throughout the day. We thought it might be one that goes through to the pre-season draft. But I think it's just about done now. The paperwork about to be lodged on a move taking Ollie Henry to Geelong. Is it with that pick 25, Ross? Still working through exactly what the details are there. You'd think that would be the bedrock of it. But the two clubs meeting in the last half an hour or so and getting that done. Well, it's a, it's a big one to drop at that late stage, given the uh, the standoff between um, the two clubs all the way to this very point. But Rolly Beveridge there revealing that uh, Ollie Henry will be the third former first-round draft pick to find their way to the most recent premiership-winning mm. team, uh, Matthew Lloyd and uh, Stephen Silvani. And it would be interesting to see uh, 25 was their stalemate. So did that end up being the deal or did Geelong cough yeah, up something? I, I, I didn't see that getting done if it mm. was 25. Mm. I really didn't. But, um, you know, as as we all know, as Colin Young all goes right. into the Bulldogs um, office there. So so there's movement there with Colin Young being the manager of Rory Lobb. Yeah. Now, now that we've got some action on a, on a Collingwood situation with, uh, with, with what Geelong wanted to do with their player, does that pick now, if it is 25, free up the conversations around Tom Mitchell? Could possibly. Because you weren't, you weren't too enamoured with the 41 pick yeah, being I, the prospect. I thought that was a bit light. But 25 yeah. is, a, yeah. is a good number? Yeah, I think 25 is probably the number. Mm. Um, but um, time will tell. Um, Just getting some news, Damo. Uh, yep. Asava is not happening. And a three-way deal is happening between Ollie Henry... Uh, Hawthorne and, and Collingwood. It's a three-way deal between Geelong, Hawthorne and Collingwood. Yep. And we will hear from uh, Leon, Leon, Liam Pickering in, in a matter of uh, moments, so I'll get my tongue tied here. Uh, he's still in the rooms as we, as we speak, but uh, he will come and join us uh, with Cal Toomey in a matter of moments. And I think Cal wants us to go back to him at the moment. How are you, Cal? Just a few more details on the Josh Dunkley move, Damo. My understanding is Brisbane will get Josh Dunkley and a future three, a future third round pick and a future fourth round pick tied to Melbourne in exchange for picks 21, a future one, future two and a future fourth tied to Geelong. So then that opens up the question on what that future two might be able to do in terms of the Rory Lobb discussion and also Jeremy Sharp if there's a late play to make that deal done with Gold Coast as well. They've wanted a future second as well. So... Few balls still in the air on that front. Just take us through that again, if yeah. you don't mind, Kel. It's just a. <laughs> we didn't get it down. Get the pens out. Yeah. Uh, Dunkley and a future third round pick that's theirs, and a future fourth round pick tied to Melbourne in exchange for pick 21, future one, future two, and a future fourth tied to Geelong. Okay. So a few picks in there, and in the end, the, the five club mega deal that was floated earlier in the day fell away and now obviously they just dealt direct and managed to get that deal done. And, and Cal, sorry. You I was just going to ask about the pick 25. If indeed that was used uh, to get the Ollie Henry deal done? Not sure at this stage if that was involved or not, but you'd yeah. imagine that would have been well in that swirl of picks if it's included. We know Hawthorne wanted a pick inside the top 30 for Tom Mitchell if they were going to release him. Maybe that one was helping to unlock that. Cal, I just mentioned there, you know, word coming out, three-way deal between Geelong, Collingwood and Hawthorne. Would you think that Tom Mitchell could potentially be part of that three-way? You'd have to say he'd be yeah. right in that mix, yeah. Lordy. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, and Asaba not happening, Damon. Not happening. No. You're going to put a line through that yeah, one? Yeah, put a yeah. line through that one. Okay, yeah. so Geelong holding their ground, but getting their man in Ollie mm. Henry at the very late stage. It's a stunning two and a half weeks from the Geelong Footy Club, isn't it, in so many ways, getting through... Mm. 
what they've been able to do. Jack Bowers, Tanner Bruin, and, and now with seven minutes remaining in the 2022 period, landing Ollie Henry, as well as getting the pick seven that came with Jack Bowes. This is the premiership winning team. And they've been able to, to bolster their list to, the, to that point and then will use that pick seven to, to draft a player they believe is going to be the next Joel Selwood. Yeah, well, well done to them. <laughs> they, they, it's just, um, just great work. And I, I, I just keep saying, go back to your, your, your TPP. You can do a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things when you've got that in order. Mm. Yeah. So we're just going to gradually uh, take some names off the list. Uh, as per Matthew Lloyd telling us, Asava Radagalia will be staying at the Geelong Footy Club. We don't yet have confirmation on Tom Mitchell's desire to get to Collingwood. Lloyd Meek is another Fremantle player. Like Rory Lobb, we don't know what is happening with him. We haven't heard at all about Matt Crouch this afternoon. Just shaking hands, Colin Young and the uh, the Bulldogs. So that looks like that lob might deal might be done. Okay, so we're going to read something into that body language. Yep. We're going to read that's a, a Rory lob coming yep. back to the Bulldogs, having just lost uh, Josh Dunkley to the Brisbane Lions. So these dominoes, which we uh, when you were positioned in place for two and a half weeks, they're starting to fall. They're starting to drop now. They've left it as late as they possibly could have left it. We just keep going through these lanes. So Rory Lobb, we think we'll get confirmation on now. We're, we're yet to hear what happens with Jager O'Meara. He's now with Tom Pretoro or, or the TLA camp. He was formerly with Colin Young. It would have been a, a nice uh, seamless transa- transaction there had that still been the case, but that's no longer in play. Ollie Henry, as per Rolly Beveridge moments ago, will find his way to the club he wanted to get to after two years at Collingwood, that being the Geelong Football Club. A whole raft of futures picks attached to the Josh Dunkley movement from the Western Bulldogs to Brisbane Lions and Lockie Hunter-Dunn. Like his teammate at the Western Bulldogs, Josh Shackey, finding his way to the Melbourne Footy Club. Last 90 seconds. Mm. And, and Damo, as I said, the Ollie Henry deal linked into Hawthorne. Uh, Ollie Henry... Geelong, Collingwood, all involved in a three-way deal. They're all involved. Hawthorne, Collingwood, Geelong, yeah. And Cal Toomey's back with more news. Well, Cooper Stevens is part of that deal as well that involves Ollie Henry. So Cooper Stevens, the young Geelong midfielder, will get to Hawthorne, who have obviously identified him to fill the midfield breach that will be left if Jay Gramira and Tom Mitchell do depart. So that one is done. Also, Rory Lobb is done. Confirmed he'll be at the Western Bulldogs next year. Okay, so with the remaining 54 seconds, Kel, we know you only deal in fact and not speculation, but what is it you can see happening before the official close? Well, I've lost track of what's been done. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got left? That's a good reason, because you're the one who blew this trade period up on the Sunday before it started when you said that uh, Jason Horn francis wanted to leave North Melbourne Footy Club, and that set in motion arguably the, the busiest trade period we have seen in its, uh, in its recent history anyway, and you started it, and uh, you continue to bring the, the news to us. Uh, Matthew Lloyd revealing that Asava Radagalia not happening. And uh, Mitch Cleary reporting, we're just seeing now, is off to the Magpies, Tom Mitchell. So all these deals that you were saying, Lord, are connected to each other, they're just starting to drop. We're uh, not going to do a countdown uh, to launch Mm. the rocket with eight seconds to go, but you can do your own countdown, and there is four seconds to go now. So what will need to happen now is for these clubs wanting to get these deals, they'll need to at least have a form of nudge-nudge, wink-wink, or a text message communication with the AFL officials to say we're still dealing with it. We've got it done in principle. That's the only way deals can now be done. There would be precedent for that. There is precedent for that. Jeremy Cameron 
Adam Trelaw, two massive names in recent trade periods, both requiring time beyond the official deadline time to, to find their way to their next homes. And that is what is happening now. It's officially shut the 2022 trade period for Continental Tyres, but the deals are yet to be lodged with the AFL. We'll continue to bring you up to speed with what is going on there. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And it uh, sounds like most of them are going to find their way. Uh, we just now got to wait on Jager O'Meara, confirmation of that deal. Uh, we understand, obviously, Osava has missed out on getting his club. Uh, yeah, Lloyd Meeker, lower end sort of player, but still hoping to get to the Hawks. But I think O'Meara's the one of all the big names we're waiting on. Yeah, and, and it and could well be caught up with the O'Meara stuff, uh, Lloyd, because of um, obviously the... the Dockers wanting to uh, to move Lob once they they got uh, got it done through uh, through the Dunkley transactioning and so Lloyd Meek could be caught up in that whole yeah. Jager Omera situation. So mm-hmm. Hawthorne losing uh, one of their superstar midfielders in in Tom Mitchell to the Collingwood Footy Club. We'll get the details of that. And as you said, it was a it was a it was a multi-team yes. deal. Bringing Cooper Stevens in the Hawks. Yes, that's a good get. Mm. Like an, another really good young mid. Couldn't he was quite... a first round selection, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so obviously can't break into the the, the, the Cats midfield. No. So I I think they've done well there. Mm. No doubt. Yeah, I think he would have seen a lack of opportunity going to come with Jack Bowes uh, joining Menegola. Didn't get a game. Parfit not getting a game. So I think yeah, he's made the right move. Cooper Stevens moving on from yep. Geelong. Yeah. Everything, uh, or pretty much everything today that we've uh, reported and had for two and a half weeks ha- has been as it was expected to happen. But there's been a few curveballs along the way, haven't there? And a few roadblocks and, and some maybe still happening. Um, again, we've got vision still. We might just go back to the, the Western Bulldogs room there, Jack, if we can. We can still see uh, the, the big man at the back there is Colin Young, the, the manager of Rory Lobby. He's just wiping there's his brow. There's Pickers. There's Pickers leaving mm. the, uh, the meeting room. He's... He's about to come around to uh, the uh, plasma where Cal Toomey has based himself this evening on deadline day for Trade Radio. And a uh, man well known to uh, all our listeners on Trade Radio, Liam Pickering with Cal Toomey. Liam, you've got the deal done. How's those final moments? Uh, no, it was pretty good. Yeah, they, uh, they worked well together in the end and uh, Dom did a great job. What was the final piece that needed to be over the line before this deal could get done and your man Josh Dunkley could get to the lines? No, it was just a future pick. It was a fourth, I think, so... Anyway, they dragged on a bit longer than it should have. How's Josh? Oh, he's over the moon. He's wrapped, yeah. Really good. Were you on FaceTime with him as it went down, or how did he get the news delivered? Uh, well, we were in there. I didn't even realise there was a camera in there, so I was a bit wary of what we were actually doing. But, um, no, it's messaging him. I'll give him a call now. Just the stress that was attached to, to what happened to Josh two years ago, Pickers, where it didn't happen, and to get down to the last six minutes tonight before it did, um, how was he? Well, it got, went, went down about... Well, just after seven, Damo, to be honest, ten past seven or something. So a little bit more time than we've had in past years, but it was good. It was great to get it done. And uh, as I said, there was a bit of haggling and whatnot at the end, but, yeah, really happy for Josh. Um, he's gone to the club he wants to go to. In the end then, Pickers, you can sense the frustration a little bit that it drags out like it needs to, like over some, you know, future fourth or whatever. Could this have been done days ago? Yeah, I think it could have been yeah. done the first thing this morning, to be honest, yeah. but, mm. you know... Haglin over a pick that's in the future and, you know, pick, fourth round pick that probably never going to get used anyway, but anyway, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go and see the Bulldogs on the way up? No, no, they're way down the other end. It's in alphabetical order, so I'll, I'll probably dodge them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> go have a stiff drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you're attached to that, that we may get yet to see? No, no, no Damo, no. Done. I've done my bit and uh, 
I'll be heading off home. <laughs> well, you, you do get your man to the club of choice as a rule, so well played, well, as always. A couple of years ago, it didn't work, but... Uh, he was, was contracted then, though. Out of contract, yeah, so we were confident yep. it was going to get done. I was glad that we, the Bulldogs were able to help out, and Dom did a great job, right. as I said, and so well done to the Lions. He's a Lions player. Did you actually have another club call and go, if he does end up in a pre-season draft? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, we, we yes. Would, Who was yes. it? We would, no, no, no. To be honest, we didn't. We didn't. I think my comments on the weekend uh, might have upset a few of the dogs, <laughs> but I mean, maybe those dogs fans that are, that are hammering me on social media now can probably give it a spell, but the deal's done anyway. That's the main thing. They'll ramp it up now he's gone. Oh, well, that's all right. Bring it on. <laughs> what, what, what was it you said on Saturday? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Don't, don't, look, don't, don't send the pre-season draft. It'd be a ludicrous yeah. decision because yeah. you get nothing for a, gut, a really good player, and, and they didn't, which was good. Yeah. Hey, well done. Well done. And thanks, thanks, thanks as always, for the, yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> he makes a good point, doesn't he? I mean, we've ultimately haggled over... Was a future fourth? Mm, yeah. what, what's that in the range of? 70 or 80? Or, what, uh, well, 70? Yeah. yeah, it's in the range of 70. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, and, and value in points is minimal. Yeah. Like, all right, well, let's get to uh, to Kel again as Dom Ambrosio comes across from the Brisbane Lions. Kel? Dom, you're pretty happy to get your man across the line? Uh, very happy, mate. Very happy. Took longer than we hoped, but very happy in the end. How stressful was the last few hours? Oh, I was reasonably stressful. The heart rate got up a bit. We saw the cameras across the day. What was the, the final linchpin that managed to, to make this deal happen? Oh, there was a the, the swap for us. The most important consideration was points. So those swap of future thirds was crucial to us. Just have enough points going into the draft. Are you comfortable with that? If a bid comes at number one for Will Ashcroft and potentially in the first fifteen for Jasper Fletcher, you got enough points to match without going into a deficit. We think we're pretty comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Over yeah. to you, Dama. No, that's all good. Thanks for your time, Dom. I know you need to get, need to get elsewhere. Okay. And uh, Lordy. Yeah, uh, Mitch Cleary confirming that O'Meara gets the Fremantle and Lloyd Meek gets to the Hawthorne Football Club. There you go. As part mm. of all of that uh, three-way club deal that uh, you were alluding mm. to. So uh, it's all starting to fall. Uh, we'll continue to bring it to you. We won't be going anywhere until we get the official and final paperwork from the AFL. Everything playing out as we thought. It got tense. It got close. It. Uh, it got frustrating. If you just listen to Liam Pickering, who I think he's off to go and have a, uh, a quiet one somewhere. Yeah, so uh, Jeremy Sharp at this stage looks like a, you know, one disappointed player not getting the Dockers at this point in time, unless it comes through soon, along with Asava Radigalia and Hunter Clark, who they couldn't agree to a deal. But other than that, everyone got to the club of their choice. Yeah, and then the only Henry one is the mm. is arguably the is nearly as surprising as the the Asava Radigalia not happening to me because that was the they were the two going into the the entire period and particularly today that were going well, to be line ball at best. Was the curveballs Cooper Stevens being involved there? His name emerged somewhere. I'd like to attribute whoever it was that did reveal it, but it, yeah. in the last 24 hours, it, it did emerge, Sauce, and, and clearly it's freed up a, some yep. movement out of the out of the cats, and um, it allowed Ollie Henry to to get there for for something that the Collingwood Footy Club uh, said they weren't going to uh, entertain. That being the uh, the cats pick 25, and. We're just awaiting confirmation as to as to how the deal that sees Tom Mitchell head to Collingwood, the club he wanted to get to, uh, will get official uh, transactioning details too on the uh, Western Bulldogs and requirement and acquirement of uh, Rory Lobb. So it's saying uh, pick 30 and a future second selection for Rory Lobb. Pick 30, pick future, 30 and second. A future second. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. And do we know what's going back at this stage? Or? No, that, that's, that's... Yeah, that's pick Kel. 30. And, here's Kel now with that detail. 30 and a future second and of course throughout that that meant that the dogs kept um, pick 21 as well so uh, as part of that Dunkley deal clearly that gives them two picks inside the first 21 now as well and a strong hand at the draft.
So where'd that 21 end up, Cal, after all that? Still the, with the, the dogs. Big, still, still with the, the dogs. dogs. Still with the yeah. dogs. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Lloyd Meek off to the Hawks. He's wanted to get there for the last month or so. And Jago Amira gets to Fremantle, which was obviously a bombshell over the past couple of days. So Jago Amira traded for Lloyd Meek and a future second-round selection. Future second round. Future, Lloyd yep. Meek and a future and second And there, there will be a, a significant amount of his salary still being required to be paid by the, the Hawks. Mm. The way I, I read it, and that was the conversation that the Hawthorne Footy Club was having with GWS when it was possible he was going there. I can only imagine that has just been transferred to the the new club and, and the ultimate club that uh, Jager O'Meara finds himself at. It's all happened really quickly for, for Jager. It, it was sauced, to, to your point, one of those ones that came late. And it came really late. It came as late as the weekend just gone when it when uh, it became real, that uh, Hawthorne was, was, was more than happy, in fact, encouraging him to explore an option which at that stage was GWS, where he has the connection, the tight friendship with uh, Stephen Canelio, the captain. Um, ultimately, it opened up the thought processes in, in Jager's head to, to, do I maybe make this call that I'm going to make probably when I finish my career, go back to Perth? He's made it, uh, he's made it now. Well, I think it's a good call by him. He goes to a club that's going to be competing in finals. I think the Hawks are probably at least two, three years away from being able to do that. Um, so he gets a chance to, to play some finals footy and, and obviously play some football in his hometown. Yep. And how that looks for the, the Dockers, you, you both have touched on how that midfield looks, what it means mm. for, for Nat Fife. They're, they're good problems to have because uh, obviously Luke Jackson coming in allows this footy club to, to dream very, very big, having won a final in 2022. Cal? Just absolute confirmation here, Damo, that Jeremy Sharp will stay at Gold Coast as well. So you never quite know late in the period yeah. if any paperwork's been lodged, but clearly Fremantle uh, prioritised the addition off Jay Gromira ahead of Jeremy Sharp. Jeremy Sharp's contracted, goes back to the Suns. They didn't want to lose him. They want a, a future second-round pick to get that done. They're happy to keep him, of course. So that one doesn't get done. Yeah, and Matt Crouch, we also think too, Kel, is, is in that same boat uh, as Jeremy Sharp, someone who uh, wanted to find a new home but won't. Um, there's not many of them, when it's all said and done, who, who won't find their new homes. Asava Radigalier what that means for him, how it looks. He managed only uh, four games of footy this year. They tried him as a, as a backman. That appears to be where his future is going to be, at least in the short-term future. It was something that appealed to the Port Adelaide Footy Club, and they were desperate to get him, but just in the end didn't have the currency to rip him out of the Geelong with the contract. Mm. That's right, Damo. And I think Geelong have done the right thing, uh, keeping Asava Radigalea there, as Sos has said pretty much early on. I'm just looking forward to hearing the, the, the deal that the got details. Mitchell... Mitchell, yeah. the Mitchell deal to Collingwood, Ollie Henry obviously to Geelong, uh, obviously uh, Cooper Stevens involved in that deal as well to get to Hawthorne. So, big three-way deal. So, you're not one to immediately rate each club's performance because it is a long-term game and you play the long game on it. But uh, just as we do in our final moments here on the 2022 Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio, as we await the official paperwork uh, attached to these deals that have come in, come in really late. I'll come back to you in a moment, Sauce, because Colin Young, a man who's central to each and every trade period, uh, joins Cal Toomey at the uh, trade deadline plasma. Cal, Cal. You look relieved, Colin. Uh, I don't know if that's the word. <laughs> it was, uh, as you can <laughs> say, I, I, it, was, it was a extremely difficult trade period today. So. Are you satisfied now, though? And, and oh, mate, I'm just happy for Rory and all the clubs involved got what they wanted to get. So it was a good result for everyone at the end of the day, but it was just um, a long, drawn-out process. So. How worried were you at about 5 o'clock this afternoon? 5 o'clock this afternoon, I was in a good space. I actually thought it was going to get done OK. 
And then as, it, as a lot of the guys have been in the same, as it got drifted and drifted and the goals post changed, things popped in, third club, fourth club, all of a sudden, you know, you start to panic a little bit. So um, credit to David Walsey and Frio, they did a great job again, and, and Dom and, and Sam and all the guys. It was just uh, it was unbelievable, to tell you the truth. Well, you've got a player like Rory Lobb, who last year went public with his desire to, to leave. It then happens again. He's still in contract. The, the Dockers needed to get Jackson across, and then he needed to wait for the machinations around the, the Josh Dunkley stuff. How, how difficult does that make it for you? Well, we, thought Jackson, we thought Jackson was always in play, just from the, the innuendo and rumours in June, July about the break. And then it just sort of reflected on some of the offers that Fremantle might be a bit tight. And so we just thought something was going on then. But we always thought that if Jackson was to stay, we'd probably be in trouble. But if Jackson was to go, then Roy would be a chance to go because of you know, the spots uh, forward back line where they play and all that sort of stuff. So we, we thought it would be there. But then, of course, Jager popped up this morning and threw another spanner in the works. So we didn't see that one coming from a mile away. So anyway. Yeah. Cole, uh, we, we saw you on the screen a couple of times going into each of the uh, club's um, <laughs> yeah. rooms there. Just explain to our listeners your, your role in, um, in relation to trying to get that deal done. Both because there were so many clubs involved, um, you just needed to keep on top of what was being presented at all times. Because sometimes, you know, there was a future third or Hawthorne's pick or that wasn't in there 20 minutes ago. So you're trying to make sure that you're on track where it's going because there was a lot of chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> so you just got to make sure that what we're being told is true so we can make sure that if we you know, got to the end where there's 10 minutes to go that we're on track for what everyone needed at the end of the day. Yeah, and your, your feedback to Rory through that period? The well, last I actually said to him, look, mate, try and take your... Don't, don't think about it. I know it's, gonna be, it's not going to happen. Maybe go and play some golf. Maybe have a couple of froffies. And <laughs> I said to him, I had a go. He goes, I reckon I played the first hole. I heard it was about an hour and a half in, and then I was, the club was gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. So I don't think he finished the, the game. So. Yeah, Cole, was a lot of the fight or the tension around that they want to pick 21... Uh, the dogs and it eventually rent, went it to 30 or that wasn't... No, they, just no. the goalposts changed all the time. Like 21 might have been in play this morning mm. at 6 o'clock, you know, and then all of a sudden it's gone again and it mm. changed. So it really did shift all day um, for what was being presented and Hawthorne, Meek and Jager, you know, that popped into it. We probably didn't see that coming. Mm. I don't know what happened. Did Mitchell get done in the end? Yes, he did. Yeah. So that yeah. popped up again as well. So there was just all these dynamics happening around you. So you just needed to keep on track with the clubs, what we're all doing at the same time. So... Yeah, and a few Ks up and down the hallway. Yeah. So. Well done, mate. No, I appreciate done. it. It was good. Thanks very much. It's cool. Uh, Colin Young there with Callum Toomey. Uh, continuing just to get the the drip feed of, of official detail. And the AFL officials, as uh, as you can see, uh, are still working through all of it. Uh, we're not going to go anywhere until we do get all the official paperwork. Uh, we're still waiting on a, on a fair bit of it. But um, so, Damon, just on that deal, we were intrigued how it happened. So the Cats received Ollie Henry. The Magpies received Tom Mitchell and pick 25. And the Hawks received Cooper Stevens, pick 41 and pick 50. Okay. So the Pies, Tom Mitchell and pick 25. Um, Cats, just Ollie Henry alone. And the Hawks, Cooper Stevens, 41 and 50. So that 25, uh, where did that emanate from? It's gone from uh, Geelong. Geelong, uh, yeah. To, to Collingwood. To Collingwood, yeah. Mm. And they get uh, Mitchell Pretty in the process. Nothing, yeah. and, and as I, yeah, I, I don't know what his financial arrangements mm. are. I, I do believe that Jager O'Meara's uh, finances will be um, covered significantly by the Hawthorne Footy Club when he plays for the Dockers next year. I, I don't claim to know what's happening with Tom Mitchell, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit uh, there given that the. Uh, 
the Pies uh, are already playing the contracts of, uh, or partial contracts of Adam Trelaw and Brody Grundy to be elsewhere next year. Craig Cameron now joins Kel Toomey. Craig, Jeremy Sharp didn't get done. How close was it? Um, in the end, not really close, to be honest, Kel. Um, as we said all along, he's a contracted player. He's only been with us for three years. Um, they, we had to get something compelling to make us move, and oh, I think in the end, Fremantle prioritised other things during the trade period. Was there much discussion late? Uh, there was some discussion late. Would have liked a bit more, to be honest. Would it have been a future third-round pick? Is that their ceiling, do you think? It appeared that that was their ceiling, but it certainly didn't get close for us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. No worries. Kel Toomey there with Craig Cameron there from the uh, the Gold Coast Suns. We are of the belief that we're going to be speaking with Sam Power of the Western Bulldogs, a central player to today's actions. We'll also be touching base with uh, people from Collingwood and Geelong. Collingwood picking up Tom Mitchell and pick 25. Geelong picking up Ollie Henry just as the, uh, the deadline got into the last uh, few moments. They've had an extraordinary two and a half weeks. The, the Cats, Cooper Stevens comes off their books. But it's about the only uh, thing of note that did come off their books. Everything else that uh, they transacted was of a positive nature for them. So we'll hopefully touch base with them. And again, just to speak to Graham Wright or someone else from the Collingwood Footy Club over how they managed to, uh, to at, the, at the very late stage in play, bring Tom Mitchell over, the, over their way. So, so I don't know how you did it because see how frustrated Pickers are stormed out. Frustrated. Uh, I think Colin Young's <laughs> walked he out of there. He and, needs to go over soy, but and Craig, and Craig Cameron, I think, getting caught up in wanting the sharp deal to happen, yeah. but getting not, not being able to happen because of everything else going yeah, on. It's, look, it's, um, look there, there, there's times you walk away from a trade period where things work smoothly, mm. and then for other other times you walk away you just can't get a deal done so it can be frustrating at times and um, look the one thing I respect all these 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 list managers because what they're doing is they're fighting for the best deals for their club and 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 that's all they can do and sometimes you get the deals done sometimes you don't um, and it's tiring at the end of the day this is a long process <laughs> you know what is it 12 days where you you're pretty much you don't really sleep that well because you're dealing with how do we get these picks in what else can we do is there is there another club trying to formulate a deal that's going to actually um, inhibit your your dealings on, on, on another player or another pick swap so um, it can be there's a lot happening in that that, that 12 days, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of these list managers are either going home or they might have a beer or two yeah, I think over the next couple of hours. They might, they might have earned, uh, earned some beers, I think, Sauce. Sauce, as we await Sam Power from the Western Bulldogs and, and one of Andrew Mackey or Stephen Wells from Geelong and, and most likely Graham Wright from the from Collingwood team to come and tell us what happened in those dying moments, can you sort of take us through what, what, you've, what you've made of this trade period? It's, it's been a dramatic one in, in the history of the... or the recent history of, of trade, and certainly I think since we instituted Trade Radio about a dozen or so years ago, it's, it's been as dramatic as any. Who has performed well in it? And again... And this is not a judgment on who's going to win over 10 years, but no. who, who has had a good two and a half weeks? I, I think the obvious clubs are the ones like sort of Port Adelaide and, and, and you look at um, Richmond and, and Geelong. The fact, the positions they're in and, and the plays they've been able to bring in. So it's a tick. Um, but certainly, I think when you when you look at the clubs and their trading over the, over the last 12 days, you just have a look at what's come in and what's come out. Um, and what's gone out. So, and then it's about you can't really give judgment. And, and I'm not in, I'm not into rating, you know, a club A's, B's, or C's for this actual trade period because 
often a pick. It's what you do with those picks that come in. And then how you develop that and, pick. And, and then what's in the draft and yeah. how you develop those picks. And, and often we don't look back and go, you know, we look at a trade period and go, oh, well, they've done really well or they've underperformed. But we don't really go back and have a look what they've done with those picks over time. Yeah. And the flow on from those picks, have they traded them out to get something? That they might have picked players, but have they traded those players out to get something? Yeah. Because it's in-depth. Yeah. So um, It is hard to go past, though, what, what Port Adelaide has done, though. N- not lose a player. Obviously, they've lost lucrative draft selections, but they've brought in someone who was the number one pick in last yeah, year's they, draft. Yeah, they have. But at the same time, and I, 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 you give them a tick. There's no doubt about that, but they're giving up a lot of picks as well, like you to know, get it. To, to to get it done. So, um, but they, they know what they're getting in the door. Often you can go to the draft and you go, well, we've got pick two or three or four, whatever it might be. There's no guarantee you're going to get a play, a really good play. So we see what's happened in that two fifteen drafts where lots of early picks have been moved on. So um, you know, as we say, it's how you're going to. You've got to pick well with your picks. Mm-hmm. For me, Damo, uh, it was Graham Wright's about to chat to the full press. Uh, I, I think even should underestimate Brisbane. No, they've knocked on the door, knocked on the door for years. And yeah. to bring in Dunkley to boost the midfield, where I think that they probably lacked a little bit, you know, because it was Zorko or it was... So now they can go Lockie Neal, mm. you know, Jared Berry, uh, you know, Josh Dunkley, you know, there's other players in. Well, they also that. brought in Jack And Jack Gunston, Gunston yeah, which is yeah. a big upgrade for me on... He's older than uh, McStay, but he's, he brings a consistency and a mm. class to them that they probably don't have. And a goal-kicking goal element kicking, to yeah. his forward line uh, Which is, yeah. they've often crumbled a little bit in big moments. So that's a big win for me. And, and Horn France is the biggest surprise, Damo. When you manage Ben Williams, we, we just heard from uh, Chris Davies say that Ben Williams called and said, which of you two clubs would like the number one draft pick of 12 months ago. I think that, that was a big surprise. And that, that catapulted this trade period to be one of yeah. the biggest we've seen. And it's hard to go past what Richmond did too, yeah. coming off a, uh, a loss in an elimination final, having won the, uh, the three flags in the four seasons they did. And to have Taranto and Hopper come in, um, for, for, for again, not losing a lot. Now, yeah. you can look at that and you can say they've, they've given up some good picks, but uh, they will happily argue that Taranto and Hopper coming in make them a better team for, for that period of time. So, so if it works... If it works, yeah. If it doesn't work, yeah. And this, this is to your point, and this is the way you judge it, and that, that's why you've always been. But um, how does it not work, sauce? By um, well, you've the... got you've got these these um, teams that are up there right at the moment that have loaded up mm. in, in some way. So you've seen Richmond load up with some mature players. Mm. I mean, Hopper and Taranto giving picks away, early picks. It worked. Like 12 months ago, we look at what Geelong did and we, we questioned bringing, giving all those picks away for Jeremy Cameron mm. and we think, oh, they've got old, they've got to go back to the draft. Should have they done that? But yet, 12 months on, they've won that flag. So... You need to give them time, yeah. but if it and they got it done, but it'll just be interesting to see whether it works for the, the, the Tigers and Port Adelaide and and, and so forth. Yep. Uh, Sauce Slaughter, we'll head across to Cal Toomey now, who's got a man who held the fortunes of so many people in his hands right to the very death now today. Sam Powell from the Western Bulldogs. Sam, thanks for joining us. What moved the needle in the end for Josh Dunkley deal to get done? Um, yeah, it was a lot to work through. Um, obviously, they, they had a lot. They had to take into consideration as well with their points. Um, and, and obviously having enough to 
match bids pretty early in the draft this year. So, you know, from us, it was just about trying to take that away from it and what was fair for Josh. And, you know, clearly a, a very good player, best Paris winner. So, yeah, with that sort of additional second-round pick, future second-round pick, um, you know, that sort of moved the needle and we were quite comfortable to give back some later picks in the third round as we go back. How tense were negotiations across the past couple of weeks because there's been the threat of the pre-season draft and, and how real was that tonight if it didn't get done? Um, I, th I think the intention is always to get something done as long as it's fair and I'm pretty principled into how I operate. So, um, you know, not lying, there's sort of discussions and you have to have all those discussions, but clearly the intention and the preference was to get something done. There was discussions on a five-club deal in, earlier in the afternoon involving all these big deals in one. What fell away for that one and, and why did you want to separate these deals? Oh, I think it just gets too clouded. Um, I think probably everyone just starts looking at everyone else's and you just need to sort of hone in on what you've got coming in and out at the end of the day and not sort of worry about what everyone else. And that was part of us. We, we weren't sort of completely comfortable with, with those deals and we thought the best way to get it done was to separate them and uh, and then work with each club individually. Damo, over to you and Lordy and Soss. Yeah, just the whole Rory Lobb acquisition. It could only be done, obviously, in your eyes, I'm assuming, once Dunkley got sorted out. Is that uh, the way it did unfold? Uh, there was definitely considerations around that, but what we actually ended up doing it for, we had those picks all along, so which was 30 and our future seconds. So um, we're obviously negotiating, you know, through that with those picks. So we, it, would, it actually wasn't um, the Dunkley stuff didn't have a, a bearing on it in the end. It was um, we were confident that we could get it done separately and then focus on Josh, but Josh fell first. And, and Lockie Hunter leaving the club as yep. Josh Shucky had done earlier in the day to uh, the Premier of 2021 Melbourne. Yeah, I mean both of you know. Had, I mean, Lockie, premiership player and had a great career at the Bulldogs. And, um, you know, Josh probably just hasn't had the opportunities he would have liked over the last couple of years. And, you know, he's a fantastic person and works really hard. So, you know, we're wrapped for him to get an opportunity and, and hope uh, for him that he has a really good career at Melbourne. Sam, we discussed in the last few years your midfield, just chock full stocked. You've let go now a couple of, like, Dunkley leaves and you let go Hunter. Um, how do you view that going forward next year? What was your... Emphasis, you've, you've re, you know, got uh, Liam Jones in, you've got Rory Lobb in. Was that what was missing in terms of going the next step and now winning a premiership, you think? Yeah, we feel so. I mean, the key defensive stuff we've been looking for a while yeah. to bring someone in and um, we were wrapped to bring Liam in. And yeah, it's always difficult. You're always trying to balance the short yeah. term with the long term. And we've got some really up and coming um, good key position players, but we just need to give them time. And um, we've also got high expectations right now. So I was trying to balance that. That was, you know, the reason for getting Rory in. We, f we feel he'll take the pressure off Aaron Norton, but also take the pressure off Tim English in the ruck. Do you walk out today happy or frustrated uh, with, <laughs> with this period for you, for you uh, and your club? Uh, no, I'm more sort of happy and satisfied that we, you know, achieved what we set out to do. Um, you know, we clearly lost, you know, a good player, you know, in dunks, and that was a tough neg negotiation to work through, but... Uh, objectives to bring in a key forward and a key back, and we did that, so we're happy on that basis. Sam Powell, thank you for your, your time today, and thanks for the uh, the time prior to tonight, uh, throughout the last two and a half weeks on Trade Radio. Uh, thank you, appreciate it. Thanks. Sam Power, Western Bulldogs. Thank you, Cal. Uh, we're just seeing if we can get access to Graham Wright. Um, we're just yet to get confirmation on that, and we still have yet to see anyone from the Geelong Footy Club emerge from their uh, their meeting rooms. They're the two clubs we would like to speak to on this program before we sign off on now. The 2022 Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. As we await that, uh, we'll just uh, also await the official paperwork from the AFL that is still yet to come through. We think we've got everything um, reported now. It's just the logistics around all of it. But Soss and Lordo, you, you both have given your, your, your views on, on what you thought was the, the positives and the big line stories out of what's happened. Was there a, a surprise amongst the two and a half weeks? A lot of it seemed to be well forecast. I, I, I think the... 
Jason or Francis thing sort of came out of left field. Um, you know, possibly a little bit of speculation through the year that you know he might might go home, but it looked like he was going to stay. So that that probably ignited trade you know, this trade period at the start of it. And as we uh, speak, Graham Wright is coming over to Cal Toomey at the Plasma. Cal? Righty, big day. What initiated this three-way deal that's have seen you move on, Ollie Henry, but bring in Tom Mitchell and pick 25? Uh, yeah, well, it sort of happened around 7 o'clock tonight that, um, that it started to, to come together. We thought that the Mitchell deal would be a possibility um, with, uh, with some picks 41, which will probably come into 35 um, after the, the father-son picks come. So we felt that that was a, a part of the deal that might have been there for Mitchell and um, then Cooper Stevens obviously uh, wanting to get to, to Hawthorne so um, Geelong come in and sat with us and, and said we'd be able to put something together. We were trying to grab Hawthorne though a fair bit going on right at the end obviously so um, from that perspective yeah, we were able to get together and get something done. Until then were you thinking Ollie Henry was not going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I think at 6 o'clock I... Uh, I texted the coach and thought that Ollie will be uh, staying with us and um, and also to our uh, our footy director and CEO and, and president that we, we thought he'd be staying with us. and um, Yeah, we knew he wanted to get down the highway, and, but you know he's a 20-year-old that we didn't want to lose and didn't want to lose without uh, being compensated well. Do you think you could have talked him around? I know it's a hypothetical now, but do you think you could have talked him around had he stayed? Yeah, we would have been hopeful. Um, it's a difficult thing for a player to put himself in the draft or the pre-season draft and not know where you're going to end up. And we would have hoped that Ollie uh, would have seen that, um, that you know, we were an attractive proposition to stay and um, you know, see where things land in the, le- in the next year or two. But he's a 20-year-old he's that we would have liked to have kept. But unfortunately, he was, he was very keen to get down to Geelong. Just a final one. I know this one can be a little bit delicate sometimes, but is there a financial component to the, the Tom Mitchell edition as well from Hawthorne's end? Oh, that's that's Hawthorne to, to comment on. Um, he, he's a contracted player for one more year with them, but um, you know, we'll look to, to have him come in with, to us for three years. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to get involved in hypotheticals about what others are doing. I can ask. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kel, and thank you, Graham Wright, for your your time. As uh, as has been the case regularly throughout the uh, 2022 trade period, and I think by the uh, the way you answered that question, I think we can assume there's some money coming from Hawthorne towards uh, Tom Mitchell. As, as Graham did admit without putting a figure on it, there is money going from Collingwood to Melbourne to have Brody Grundy play for, for them next year. It's just the way deals are done these days, Soss. And a three-year deal for him, which is, deal. is a great result for yeah, Tom it's a Mitchell. Good result. It is. Yeah. Really and Braden Fiorini's the one that also misses out probably in this. Uh, he was talked up a lot mm. about going to Collingwood, but maybe they prioritised Tom Mitchell. Now, it looks like we do have the official draft order, and there's no one better to bring that order to our viewers and listeners than Cal Toomey, who uh, has got that order on the plasma. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It's sent a fair few shuffles up the top end. Obviously, the Giants took on that number one pick as part of the mega deal. North flip back down to two and three, and the Bombers at four. Gold Coast at five, as per that Isaac Rankin deal. So I'm fascinated to see how this top end plays out. We think Aaron Cadman is the likely number one pick now. They've gone up for a reason, a key forward who doesn't have the go-home tendencies that potentially some of the other prospects do have. North Melbourne with the two picks there. We heard Brady Rawlings before saying there's been offers for pick three. They'll keep that door open, but the likelihood is that they keep those two picks going to the draft. I think Harry Sheasel's a very strong chance to be one of them, and George Wardlaw as well would be a significant option for them. He's a bit of a Jason Horn Francis of this year's crop, guys, once he gets going. The Bombers I'm fascinated in. Lloydie, I'm interested in what you think they might need a pick four. I think Elijah Sardis would be a good option for them. Uh, Bailey Humphrey's another one as well who will be in that top rung. And the Hawks at pick six. The Cats at pick seven. Jai Clark, we 
in, think would be in that mix is the local lad, the midfielder from the Geelong Falcons. West Coast shift back to pick eight and pick 12 as part of that multi-club deal earlier in the week. We talked about the Bulldogs being there at pick 11. And, of course, the Swans a little bit further back down the draft order with two first-round picks. So... I still think we'll see a few moves close to the draft. We know the, the trade period for, for swapping picks can t- continue for another few weeks up until draft day and then again on draft night. But there are a few of the names who are going to be right in the mix at the top end. Thanks, as always, Kel. Uh, you've brought everything that anyone needs to know throughout the course of this uh, two and a half weeks and, and again tonight. And that, uh, that draft list is also going to be your domain for the next... Uh, when is the draft? November? November 29 and... 30, I think that is, Monday and Tuesday of that week after the AFLW Grand Final. So, full steam ahead. We'll have a couple of days off, though. Yep, and you'll then do your uh, phantom draft, with it, which everyone then formulates, <laughs> oh, clubs included, how it looks. Don't, don't even go there yet. <laughs> We're still in the trade period. We'll get to the phantom draft in a month or so. So, you put Cabin though, number one? Yes. Yes, yes. okay. Alright, thanks as always, Kel. Well, that may be the last time we hear from you tonight. It may not be, but if it is, uh, thank you. We're, we're still just awaiting Geelong, but we're not getting any confirmation, I don't think, are we? No, we're not getting the uh, shakes of the head there, so we might... Um we might just wrap it up, I think, guys, because we... Uh... Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I started, we started losing you yeah, yesterday, Sauce, and you somehow got through to, what is it now, 8.03 Melbourne time tonight. Yeah. He shut the computer, he's he out. shut down at 7.30. <laughs> yeah. I did, I was gone. Yeah. <laughs> I was done. That's not what you do on broadcast media, Sauce. That... You continue to stay oh, right. up until you finish. Oh, so, no. so give us a smile <laughs> as we say goodbye. Can they close it earlier next year? <laughs> <laughs> 6.30. Well, people like you would drag these deals out oh, unnecessarily. Okay. Yeah, as we saw, Pickers thinks it should be yeah, done. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. Pickers, he, he was he good. Up. Yeah. All right, all the, all the deals got done, bar a few. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. It was, again, in record numbers this year. Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio 2022 done. Back next year for the 2023 version. You're listening to Deadline Day on Continental. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.